what you do Cuts for the Get Fresh crew You review the books Get shady dirty looks Now let Ron Tuck just say poop poop Hello and welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm the birthday boy, Eric Shea. Oh, and I am Jim Warner. Happy birthday, And this birthday, is the Eric. Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 389. Holy moly, I forgot. Keep all I comments had all these to the things. end of the intro, Jim. I had all these things going. I can comment when the hell I want, <laughs> my man. Uh, you know what's weird, too? As I also now realize, I forgot my son's birthday. Oh, my goodness gracious, because that's usually the tell that I know. But, hey, happy birthday. I had a bunch of things planned, and now they kind of fell through. I guess we're going to have to have a belated birthday next week with big stars calling in to wish you a happy birthday. Big stars, Eric. One bigger than the next. Well, maybe. But I, I, I had things set up. And now I'm upset. You want you want to hear a little hint of what it was? One of the calls, Eric, actually from Optimus Prime. Oh so that my will tell God. you a lot of nonsense. Yes. It was going to be, and I I completely forgot this this past week because last week's show. If you're not aware, we didn't just fade away. We had a Patreon only show. I hope they and, know there was an announcement on the main feed. Well, there was, but some people see what announcement three minutes. I yeah, I wouldn't download that, that right now. So if you didn't know. And that actually is usually kind of a time where we reset the batteries a little. Like, it, it, But it, it, there was more work. And if you don't know, because oh this my, is something maybe, maybe people wouldn't know, it actually was a back to the basics, maybe, because it was a seven hour and Basic 40 or 20 you. minutes, seven hour and 22 minute podcast is what I think it was. And boy, it took a lot out of me. In the meantime, I think the Marvel podcast was almost five hours. And the manga podcast, Luke fell asleep like five times. See, there you go. But yeah, it really took a lot out of me. I ended up getting sick because of it. But we're back on the regular feed. Limitations. There's limitations now, There Eric. are you limitations. See? There are. Limitations. Limitations. We're, we're back. I don't know if I could deal with these limitations. I have broken I think through the fine. chains. I, I can't stand these limitations. limitations. But welcome. The Get Fresh Crew. Beep, boop, boop. And Weird Science Nation, Eric. Uh-uh. Here we are, we're back, and we have what I think is a stellar, stellar way to get back to the regular feed here, because if I'm not mistaken, this might end up being the most positive podcast that we've ever, ever had. You might be At a little mistaken, from I don't me. know. I've, I'm telling you, the books that we end up, one of them, yeah, it skews the deal, but hey, you can't have all winners. But overall, even with our Patreon spotlight, which was World of Krypton number one and One Star Squadron number one, we thought that we were going to go into that and really be upset and not like those books. We liked them more than we thought. That's a little bit of a commercial, Eric. If you want to listen to that, go off to patreon.com slash weird science and you can get a bunch of shows, including that weekly, very weekly, Eric. Oh, no. <laughs> Patreon spotlight there. And yeah, uh, the stuff that we're going to be talking about, including and, and some big books, Joshua Williamson taking over the Batman book. We have Huge. the continuation, Dark Knights of Steel, and even a Superman annual that, you know what, 
I'm glad it was delayed. We didn't need a nine-hour podcast last week, so it evens up things. Why and would that one book make it another hour and a half? Because I have a lot to talk about, Eric. I have a lot to talk about in that because, yeah, boy... do you really have anything to say? No, I don't. That's <laughs> that's the point. It's just I'm just going to babble on, right? That's where I live. But not only do on. we have all of these other things that make this a big show, we also have the amazing return of one of my favorite characters, Lex exactly. Luthor. Not one, but two books. <laughs> I was going to say them. Yeah, you're right. And one a little sexier than the other, right. uh, which I ended Sexy up. Lexi. I ended up, and it's weird because that was part of the title of last week's deal, which was weird because then it changed there. Because last week's Patreon only show, you know, that had no limitations. This week, though, limitations. limitations. Uh, a lot of black pink talk. Eric, a lot of me talking about black pink, and you yes. said, yes, you couldn't stop talking about it. Why isn't it in the title? I'm like, Holy crap, what am I you doing? You put in like I'm two phrases game. that came yeah. in like the last oh, five minutes of the show in the trying, title. I'm like, what is wrong with you? That's all I remember. I'm like, all right, sexy. Let's you spent like we four go. days trying to torture me with black pink. You're like, nowhere to be seen. Torture you with black pink. How dare you, Eric? How dare you? Also, dare I think you? that I have turned Brandon in a full out blink last night. Sent him a couple of videos. I'm video. so sorry. Just, is going to be okay? Random people on Twitter last night just got different videos from me with no explanation from like that happens sometimes he, I used, ended, I, i'm used to ignoring him brandon's deal was he he gets back to me and goes hey are they speaking english at some points i'm like yes they are and he's like i am intrigued those are and called names brandon he ended up <laughs> no he ended up watching and actually got back to me and said i really think i like this group i said damn right you do you're a blink now buddy and there you go and i said just don't let your wife see that, that, that is problems with Look, our if that, age, if that right? is a problem, then maybe you guys shouldn't be watching and listening. I'm watching in the basement. Nobody sees Again, what goes is, on down here. You just keep getting creepier and creepier as you keep talking. In the basement. Maybe don't let your wife let you know that you're watching this. Thing. And me, I'm watching no. it in the basement. No, like, last night, I couldn't sleep. Creeps. I had uh, what they like to call, I don't know, a scientific term, the runs. Uh, though it was the sprints. I also told you that last night I decided finally... To try to make buffalo thighs, uh-huh. which uh, unfortunately was my nickname in junior high, Eric. But I ended up making them. They were awesome. It, not later. And in, in fact, Logan missed today's tournament, basketball tournament, because he had diarrhea as well. I don't know what happened. They were so good. I even that, That's how I started talking to Brandon. Brandon gave me advice. I gave him black pink. It was even. Eric, it was really even then. But I don't think you yeah, have to talk to each it, other. Everybody's sick. And I, I had the sprints is what they really were. And I was up all night. But then that gave me time to watch just random Blackpink videos of like Rose's funniest moments. Like, mm, it was my night, Eric. It was great time. Great time. But speaking of Blackpink, we have what we call the Get Fresh Croup. Sure do. Croup. <laughs> there in your area, Eric, is what I say. And here is their roll call. Ah. Uh. Uh, yeah, yeah, Eric, come on, let's do it. You got it? No, I'm we down. got it. <laughs> and we have a couple new badasses, so I want to give a shout out to the two new recruits, Jacob Benson and Ronnie Saunders. Welcome and then we'll continue you. on. Yeah, and Ted Probst. I love Punchline. I told Punchline a little wink wink that we'd get a little punchline this week. Seemed 
kind of you weren't excited lying. about it. Well, we did, but didn't. Michael asked. Some people thought that was punch actually line. punchline, by the way. Forrest, Polly, Cam, Joseph, Logic, Matt, a Razor, Demet, 3000, Lady, Abby, Little Deal, to Lord Andy as well. We met DMC this week. Matches Balone, Niels Keyword, David Fink, Stephen Baum, Jason C, Sue42 to you and me, Michael G, Ken Howard, Comic Boom, Rock A, Cellar Dweller, Mark Jager, Aldrin, Stoja, Nick Adams, Phil Beer, Ruben, Carlos, Lone Wolf, Marv, Luke Hollywood, probably sleeping, Simon, Luis, Manship, he's having some problems, that Manship, the problem is he likes really bad books. Andrew and Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, Dalton Edom, my man Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond, Mark, our man Rob Lewis, B. Muir, Blink Murray, they call him, double A run up in Minnesota, and a shout out to the all-time great Reggie, there we go, Eric, that, uh, and all the people on the Patreon, all the peoples on the Patreons out there, and everybody else listening to this, just a little shout out, if you could, End up rating, reviewing, subscribing to the podcast anywhere oh, you boy, listen do I love to that it. Shit. That'd be awesome. And Eric's like, that's my shit, baby. That That's not limitations. limitations. What's up with these limitations, Eric? But we're going to throw off the shackles of these limitations, and we'll be right back with the books. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love. The meat and the cheese and Yes, Eric, an era has ended. I was going to say, we're out of the magistrate city. It sounds weird. It's almost been a year since we've been using that magistrate city. We need a new intro. Yeah, I I think I do. When I heard that, and I love Dancing Mike's intro, that's fine. But it feels like, yeah, it feels really odd doing that and hearing that and not hearing magistrate city. Not that that song was any good, but just a weird deal. Because like I said, it's been about a year. With that heavy magistrate starting, you know, January, February of of this year going with all that. So with that, we have a new, you know, regime, Eric. There, there's a new sheriff in town. There For is. Long, it's though? not Reggie Hammond. I don't know. Well, when we end up having solicits coming down, a lot of people thought that you were going to get maybe Joshua Williamson for just, you know, a couple things, an arc, a, a trade. But there is a crossover coming up that he's going to do himself with this book, the Batman book that we're going to talk about first, Robin and Deathstroke, Inc. So I don't know. And maybe it'll go by the idea of sales and things like that, because James Tynan was only supposed to stick around till issue number 99. Then they were going to have that big 100. And then we were going to do whatever at 1.5 G, all that stuff. 
And then they But we did Fear State Yeah and then they asked him to continue then And then when they asked him again he said no And got his ass over to Substack Where at this moment I think he is Laying on a bed of money (laughs) Substack baby Yeah there you go and that's where he's at now. Of course, that's where it's at. Continuing Jim. some things. <laughs> that's where it's at. Yeah. And that's where the money's <laughs> at, it seems. And it was funny because people were losing their minds over Substack, and that's kind of died off as you kind of see the lay of the land. Yeah. Some people continuing stuff anyway, some people leaving, whatnot. Uh, unfortunately, I tried to explain to somebody who really thought that I was an ass, right, Eric? So, like, you you really need to broaden this out, because I'm telling you, I don't know who you could be talking about at this point in time. There's a lot of people. It was my son, Rafe. That, okay. that was it. I, he just thinks I'm an ass. No, somebody asked me, like, oh, man, are you excited about James Tyne and stuff at Substack? And I said, I will probably never read it. Yeah. That's not shade. It's just the idea and how I tried I to explain it. And I tried to explain, I even explained it in the Slack to some people when this ended up coming down and whatnot, is the idea that, again, I am an Eagles fan. This, it, usually with me, it goes sports or Aerosmith, so you can understand the Aerosmith. Uh, yes, but you'll it. understand this. Am I talking to you about Carson Wentz lately? Because no. he's not on the Eagles. He's gone. He, he left. And so he's on another team. I don't care. There's him there. And that's kind of how I feel, unfortunately. With the idea that I was more of a DC fan than a James Tynan fan, obviously. And so when he goes and does his own thing, that's fine and dandy, and that's great. He's cashing in. That's awesome. But I don't like, I like know good writers, gonna... too, but I'm a DC Comics fan. I'm not a fan of individual writers and follow them wherever they go. Exactly. And it's funny, too, because we're coming up to possibly year-end awards. We didn't do it last year because we were down and we were miserable. But there, and we might have a shortened version of it this year, whatever. But when you come down to the thing, and people will ask me all the time, hey, who's your favorite writer? Who? And there are a couple of people that I do like, but I'm not really that gung-ho about a writer themselves. I like certain runs and books, but I'm more character guy. And that's, you know, the thing. I root for the laundry, like they say in football or any sport. Where, I don't, I've never heard that before in my life. Yeah, that's a big thing. That's, you know, the whole idea that I root for the Eagles, whoever has on the jersey, jersey or whatever, guy. they're, they're my guy. And so, New jersey. yeah, or a girl, you know, with that. But you root for the laundry. That And there's other things. Now, with that, I think Tom Brady's a gem, right? I mean, isn't he, Eric, a gem? So I will peek in. Peyton Manning was a guy that I would follow, but I, I don't have that really that much in comics. So the idea of James Tynan's done, he's done. Hey, thanks a lot, sign our sucker. And if I see him, you know, broken down on the side of the road, I ain't stopping, Eric. I might even swerve and get a puddle. Right what on. What's wrong with you? Some mean. That's that's just me having fun. You know what I mean? I, I like to do actually I say that, yeah, and you're well aware that at times when we have storms. I have this really shitty gutter out front that I have to go out and rip Don't call leaves that. out of oh. it. No, I said gutter. <laughs> so I'm doing that because of the street floods, and then we end up getting the flooded basement. I am doing that. And when that happens, it's when there's a lot of water and stuff. I might as well get out the surfboard and be Johnny Tsunami or Toonami, Eric, because, boy, people do not try to avoid getting me wet, so I'm taking it back, and I'm giving it to James Tynan. They, I'm they, the get universe it. knows what you're all about, so they're going to give it back to you threefold. I, I hear a lot about this karma girl, and I don't know if she knows the nasty things they sing about her. <laughs> Boom, there's a joke. We're going to start right now with a book. Joke's over, Eric. Uh, Can the joke yes. begin? 
Yeah, yeah, because uh. they said karma's a bitch. See, I, have <gasps> I wouldn't to explain. do that. I have to explain. I don't no, know who this didn't. karma is, Sarah. She, she better watch out. They're throwing shade at her. We're going to start, though, with Batman number 118. That seems to be something we would start with, right? Batman broke so. big deal. And we end up having a new run starting here, though, to me, it's kind of played safe at points. And again, we're going to get a bit of recap of what ended up happening before, but we'll get into that. Written by Joshua Williamson, art by Jorge Molina, Mikel Janine, Tumo Moray, and Clayton Cowles. Joshua Williamson takes over Batman, and while this is a safe first issue that recaps a bit of Batman's recent troubles, I thought it was cool seeing Batman, Inc., and the sexiest Lex Luthor you'll ever see. I also like seeing a front and center Batman who's confident and capable because that's something that we haven't really had enough of in quite some time. And I don't mean the idea that, oh, he goes out and like trips on his ass and falls down on the stage. I'm Not saying Batman. that James Tynan's Batman seemed to take a second fiddle to a lot of his other characters, but also Good. even in James Tynan's Detective Comics run with Batman, Batman is always a step behind the big things that are hitting Gotham, always, you know, caught off guard by things. And I think that Joshua Williamson well, does a really good job here. you kind of the whole thing off with the New 52 and it's all of a sudden the court of the Alice are secretly running Gotham. We just got to keep going with that idea like Batman is fallible. And I, I like that. Yeah, I, fallible. Yeah, it's funny because that was the start of the New 52. By the end, people were so upset that it was the Bat God, God, but it really wasn't. And me and you thought that it wasn't. But everything ran through Batman, well, obviously. Well, the guy did die and come back to life well, with I'm a new body. I'm saying everything did run through, but it scarred he up became body. A, he became a portal to a dark dimension. I can imagine now because when you did end up having Batman get a new body, comes back, I think that beforehand, Alfred's just like, he's there like Zaz, and he's, you know, scarring, pre-scarring things and stuff. But with that tiny in that thing, he, Snyder thing. Not even that. Like, Alfred had his hand cut off, which I think people forgot about, and Bruce got him a new goddamn hand. I mean, there you go. I mean, really. Thankfully, that's, it wasn't a serial killer's hand. That's not really guy. <laughs> and we have body parts. You end up where <laughs> that's more just a rich guy. How do you think I got so rich? Not but Williamson comes in, and the Tynan run, and I'm glad you brought that up because Tynan is a kind of, you know, student disciple of yeah, yeah. Scott Snyder. So when he went into the d- detective run, da, 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 you he ended up having the League of Shadows. You yeah. ended up having all these things. And Batman just continuously was getting duped. And not even just that. Like in Tynan's stories with, say, the Joker War and then what we just ended up in Fear State, he's always just one step behind and then needs somebody else behind. to come in. He is knocked out to the point where he's not even the focal point of the story. We have to bring in other people to do this until Batman comes in for the finale and hits the home run. And that comes after a Tom King run where other people, Catwoman especially, were the ones doing things. And when we all go down to the idea of the big thing that we all hate, I think I could say all hate with this, is Alfred getting killed while he was on a beach dressed up like Magnum P.I. I mean, these are things that you end up where, yeah, there's a bat god. There's (laughs) also a moronic Batman. and It's also an asshole. Yeah, so in this, I like to where... You have Joshua Williamson. He's going to recap. It's a bit of a recap you of the run, it. but that's you got to. But do you? The only the only reason I say that is because we've actually almost recapped Tynan's run himself, two issues. But the people who didn't read that, do they want a recap of it? I mean, it's weird. But I, think I do you want to know say, the status quo of the city and seeing where we came from. I guess I think that maybe you could. I I guess you, you do have to do it, but I just wonder. If it's, you know, something that you needed to see big parties going on, because I don't know about you, but there's been some bad times 
right? We've had some things in the real. Who's paying for these fireworks that are going off as a party of Fear State's over? I mean, this I is just imagine it's such it's a like weird David Bowie, so everybody deal. can go dancing in the streets. I, I get the idea. <laughs> Gotham, Metropolis, Central City. I'll just do the whole thing. So it just made me dancing laugh. In the street. People are throwing like. Gotham parties of no more troubles, but even as these guys, all right, we can't be afraid no more. The minute it, I, I'm telling you, me and you Bunch live in idiots. Gotham, and not you going say, on these freaking street parties. I'm thinking of the idea you that these are just those assholes that set off fireworks when it's not the Fourth of July well, here in the, the U.S. And it drives these, us are, nuts. these are the assholes who put on all the clown master and look the Joker, where just coming out saying, "Hey, we're just happy too. We didn't do anything wrong a couple months ago." Hooray! This is, I'm telling you, the minute that you do have a fireworks display and parties how the party's going to be cut short with somebody getting killed this is the whole thing and what makes me laugh about it is the idea that Tynan was setting up is that Gotham's a shithole that always has problems we know this right and eventually hey I'm going to elevate this that's all I know it didn't really seem to really end in a way that I thought was like a boom ending of Let's party, baby. I'd still be running you scared. Worry about scarecrows no I'd more. Trauma bombs. That one guy in, in the, I think it was the annual, uh, or the, um, it was actually the Omega was saying that his mother was sitting and slicing people. I mean, there's a lot of problems here. But yeah, they're not gotta pe- worry about traumatized pizza mamas parties? locking themselves in bathrooms anymore. We're gonna go freaking have pizza parties, block parties, dancing in the streets. This is the time to celebrate before we all die. It just made me laugh. Just that, and it's nothing really, but it no, made me laugh not. like, Who's setting up? It, I here's the deal. You want to really show? Have Nakano in one panel going, yo, these heathens. They're, they'll be pleased no, by he's, anything. He's all happy about it. We even see the one captain, but I don't think I've ever seen Mayor Nakano smile. I think he's the one doing that. He's trying to convince everybody that things are great, so that they forget he's that he's pulling a flash and getting pizza for everybody to try to make them think that he's the hero. <laughs> the hero who set most of it up. Really? He's like, hey, sure. yeah, go We all it, made right? mistakes during the last year. Yes, we did. I, I wanted to have this where now we're going to have... Hindsight's twenty twenty, but it even is. with him, it's a little hard. Well, it's 20, is what it is. <laughs> it just stops at 20. I want people to... Uh, where's the scarecrow, Hunter? I, I need to have some assholes out there. Don't you say things scarecrow like that. Master. Somebody's like, hey, look at me. I'm the magistrate number 720. I'm the peacekeeper's. Uh, but you have these guys, and they're out, and I, I disagree with them as well. They're there, you know, breaking some laws, right? Doing some crimes, yeah, they're gonna break making up some rhymes. Everybody's dancing in the street. Yeah, they're dancing. I mean, seriously. And they're like, nothing good happens in Gotham before midnight. I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. But yeah, they're going to go and break For into the a punch up. the shop. streets, it doesn't. You know what the funniest thing is, is in my mind while I was reading this, these guys break into the pawn shop. They steal all this stuff. And then the other guy goes, okay. Where do we go to take it? And goes, oh, we sell it at the pawn shop. Oh, shit. No. We didn't do it right. <laughs> I'm like, where are they fencing pawn stuff? Very odd. But you end up where they're going to do this. And the one guy's very paranoid. Oh, my God. I think I see Batman. There's gargoyles. Oh, that guy who made this city was wacko. And then you do end up, boom. And that's a really good panel. When you see Batman there as just ba-boom, and he doesn't have to do anything. Just he standing is over scare- these, looming over these two scared criminals that I'm a little upset at just because they then run out the alley right to a police officer and say, arrest us, arrest us. We don't want none of them Batman beats downs. And I'm like, in my mind, you haven't done anything too bad yet. You could just run home and I think Batman might leave you alone. 
anything bad yet. They didn't do anything bad. Yeah, they're trying to Jimmy Adore, they're but maybe inspiring maybe Jimmy Adore. <laughs> he's he's filming it. it. It ends up being very much like Lex. Right before he goes to Lex in the Superman, uh, you know, Son of Cal annual, he ends up with this, and he's Jimmy in the door. Oh my goodness! But yeah, by the time I get down that alley, I'm forgetting about turning myself in. I just run home. Uh, but they end up. It's a nice, cool thing where you see that Batman is trying to get back to, you know, the superstitious, cowardly lot. It's a nice little wink, but wink. The as thing Oracle is, talks it doesn't on. last great in my mind because you want this whole new status quo for Batman, where the city is now safe. Barbara's in his ear talking as Oracle. Nightwing is coming. And she wants them all to go out and have dinner and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is all I want. Batman and the Bat Family doing Gotham Bat Family stuff. And immediately Batman is all like, I got to take off in the, for the next 48 hours. So we immediately get Batman out. I said, I already knew this was going to happen. It's just yeah. when they like the idea is where there's finally time now. We can be a family and do like, you know, Bat Family stuff. And now uh, he's fucking off somewhere to go well, do Batman Incorporated. Here's the deal where he ends up and, you know, Oracle's there for some recap as well. Hey, I know things have been pretty tough on you lately. I mean, who could forget that fight with Brutus? That's the thing is, like, the Brutus, Brutus the mouth monsters, and <laughs> somebody, I, some Batman looking This has intrigued everybody. Is. Like, is I, this a future issue that hasn't come out yet that's been delayed? I don't know, but that wouldn't be the case because she's saying, I know that you've had troubles up to here like it's the thing weird. is like this is an urban legend that hasn't come out yet that like takes place but during this time i mean really if you're gonna do that you're really saying that it's like something really really bad i actually thought that it was kind of the thomas Wick. you have the red eyes that you, yeah but nothing else matches and it's very odd but you do end up having you know dick grayson back there maybe the the rick grayson stuff i don't know it's a very odd thing of batman going yeah it's not more than usual well, batman big... with shoulder pads wearing a domino mask and that's it with red eyes putting his hand on a batman who's kneeling down who's shoulder, like breathing like, i don't yeah. even know what's going on it's right now. weird and she ends up oracle ends up saying well can't you hang out with your bro the ghost man, he's like, no, no, he went off to train the ghost or the clown Such hunter. a weird idea. Like, that's the whole I thing. I think like, he's jealous. You've been going through stuff a lot, like, a lot lately. You know, Brutus, Mouth Monsters, the thing that we don't I'm like, where's Scarecrow? Where's Simon Sane? There's a lot. I actually, it was funny because I'm like, ooh, Sinmar, you got dissed. It was Brutus. That was the big deal. Uh, Brutus. I, I keep just shaking my head at the things. But, yeah, there's been a lot of things that are going on that I would have probably pointed out a little more than what you get here. Especially but, Brutus. Yeah, yeah, really. Brutus. And, yeah, Ghostmaker, he's going off, and it Training seems like he's, he's upset. He's a little jealous that his bro is going off. But one of the big things that this does point out as we go is how does Batman end up you know, celebrating after winning the day and things like that. And I think that while you do have the Bat family, it is scattered at this point. And I think that he kind of needs a little time off to kind of get over some things because I think that what it does, it doesn't do it as well as I wish, but I wish that it really showed that Batman at this point, because you end up having this setup to go to the billionaire's ball and they have a party costume party, the villains of Gotham. You get a little mention of, I'm not a billionaire anymore, I, but I wouldn't win anyway. But you go to this deal. Where everybody, the theme this year is to dress up like the villains of Gotham. Everybody's going to do this. It's Batburger. Yeah. I hate all this. <laughs> I hate all of this so much. Because but Eric, I know you would villain... because it's fun. No, no, is what most is, people are pointing I, out. I but... don't understand anything that goes on during this billionaire's ball. Because, yes, these people are billionaires. They can afford some decent costumes, so they look... Pretty much exactly like it's the villains funny because, you'd yeah, that, them that's to. the deal that I left because some reviews said these costumes are too good. I'm like, they're billionaires. billionaires. I mean, it, it makes sense. But the thing is, I don't understand what's going on because 
we have people who are coming in to steal from the billionaires, and they're dressed as villains as well because they want to blend in. And when we have Firefly show up here, is this the real Firefly? Because I don't I, think I, I want to think it is because what he said, like I've worked with you know Killer Croc before. That's no Killer Croc. And then when you have maybe that, he maybe they hired him, but I yeah, don't know yeah, because weird, they never talk about it. But then when Batman comes in dressed as Killer Croc until Firefly burns the costume off, I'm like, what was that? Why yeah, did we need the master up. disguise Batman coming in as Killer Croc? That, think, and was it a hologram? What was that? No, well, it's funny because it is very reminiscent of that beginning of Scott Snyder's run, but yeah. that was more of the hologram deal with Dick Grayson and stuff like that. But with this, you end up, I think that what Joshua Williamson's doing is he wants to have some fun, obviously. You're not having fun, Eric. I you want don't. it to make but sense and understand what's happening. When he ends up doing this, I think that you're supposed to be confused in the way that you are almost because Batman is the guy who knows more and he's setting, but it doesn't play out as well because I'll tell you right now, there's at least three reviews that I read that actually think that these bad guys dressed as, you know, bad guy villains are actually part of the billionaires club that wanted to set this up only to get Batman there to meet him. But that's not the case. You even see these guys. I actually think that would have been a better play. I think that that would have been pretty funny oh, for these Batman to come in. One percenters think they can do anything, and then you could throw some shade at these guys. And why are you playing this? You guys are ridiculous. We just had problems here, and the oh, come on, Batman! But it does get a little bit wonky. But I think that he's showing that Batman, who goes into a room, can tell little bits of things. It's detective work, but done in maybe a fun way. I know what you're saying. Because Firefly, it plays off weird. It should have been a guy coming in like, hey, dead peoples, like really not Firefly, right? Because especially since the last thing we did with Ghostmaker before he left with Clown Hunter was fight Firefly with Batman. Exactly. So I wish that there was more of a case here where- But they never tell you if this is him or not. I just kind of suspected it because of how he talks like, I've worked with Croc or like, you know, and this is no Croc and stuff like that. I just get the idea that some small fry guy who's just dressing up is not going to get it. Well, what I would have liked- is if you ended up having these guys, because again, they're going to a billionaire's club party where they're going to sneak in dressed as a villain. Their costumes are way too int- I mean, Firefly's costume is Firefly's costume. There's yeah. no, yeah. And uh, so guy go his who are these guys? And I wish that what you ended up having was actual plastic surgery. It looks like they look ugly. I wish one guy ended up, it's, it'd be goofy, but I wish one guy would be like, mess something up. Like he ends up saying a, a catchphrase that isn't what his character is. And then you end up, Hey, you know, Tom, we, we talked about this before. You're, you're, you know, Mr. Freeze, you're not Captain Cold, like something like that, but you don't get that. And it does seem to just be something that's supposed to be funnier than it is. But when Brian Michael Bendis, whenever he writes the penguin and says, wape, 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 that's a, that's a billionaire in disguise who doesn't know how to be the penguin. Well, isn't he a billionaire? One of the things that gets me here is later, uh, or at a point in this issue, they do mention, you know, oh, you know, all these, this whole town, we got your jokers and your banes and your scarecrows. And I thought, boy, I think the penguin needs to be elevated a little more at this moment after we found out he has sex with penguins. Eric, I think we need that. more. Oh, it's in Canada. I, it's I, not. I'm just telling you, this, Eric. But I would like a really good penguin. That's a shitty story, Twitter right? account. That's all yeah. that is. <laughs> shitty. Ah, but. Yeah, yeah, you have this fight. Again, I think that it's more supposed to be because, you know, you end up where Oracle says, I can scan the room and tell you who the bad guys are. And he's like, no, no, no. I I got it. They walk different. The gun metal. I'm like, ooh, that sounds sexy. That's also a game for the Neo Geo. And you end up where all this stuff going on, it's supposed to show Batman smart. And he ends up having that costume, Croc. 
It gets burned up. I don't it's, know why. It's a lot well, of how, what it means. I think it's more of a wow moment, but I also think that what Joshua Williamson is doing in this whole issue is showing that Batman is competent, even if things don't make sense to one Eric Shea, but also that he's willing to do things alone. He's stepping it up. I don't mind it. Again, I think that this issue plays it a bit safe and might have even been a little rushed when because they were caught with, and I'm saying DC as a whole, they really were caught with their junk in their hands when they can say anything they want because you ended up having them scramble. And I think that they had to put this together. And I think it's good enough to get going. I don't think it's a great issue, as some people are saying, but I got excited after we get out of the billionaire's ball. It's not my favorite thing either, but I could see what he's trying to do, and I could have a little bit of fun with it afterwards when you have this, you know, little girl come up dressed as It also feels line. weird for me for some reason because it is a billionaire's ball. I expect this shit to turn eyes wide shut real fast, but you have a little girl dressed as a uh, punchline here. It feels like this feels like an adult's party to me it personally. Does feel I don't like know the an rules, adult's but party. this little girl coming up dressed as punchline looking for Batman's autograph where he then gives it to the little girl feels weird. You know what was weird to me? Because you say that, and I felt the same way. That I thought, well, what's going on? This is an adult's party. I even thought eyes wide shut. Yeah. I don't know where the bowl is, where they come in and put their keys. And that's just a key I don't part. know where that's it is. Right? Suburbs. Well, it's all do over the place. They they do it a little different. You can kill every third person who has their keys there. But the little girl, for some reason, reminded me of the court of the owls. That little girl oh, was yeah. in charge. And so she comes up. Can I get your autograph? This is fan service. This is fun. And I didn't mind it. I think the art's great, too. So Little Girl dressed as Punchline. All of this should enrage Batman so it, I much think it for does. all he does. I mean, the way he looks, and I think that y- you could go with it by the end of him like, screw you, Gotham. You, like, you he's nonsense, okay with right? this. He loves Batburger and Joker, uh, Jokerizing fucking fries after this guy has murdered fucking hundreds of people. But it's fine. I don't know. No, what it, I like here is you get that play of him mad. Like, he's not. He slaps her. He looks well, at her sternly. Slap a little girl. No, I'm saying he like looks that. at her sternly, gives her an autograph. It's a girl. It's a little girl. So he's going to be nice. But I love the ideas in the billionaire's ball. He throws a grenade and then goes off. I'm like, you had to do that, Batman. Whoa, what an what an exit. But yeah, everybody's even there. He ended up taking down all those people, and they're all like, yeah, we got the seat to Batman. This is awesome. This is a show, and you get almost that. Eyes wide shut deal of what they think These billionaires think is a grand old time Who knows what these other parties Are like probably like those trauma parties That I heard about and you know Batman goes off and ends up where Oracle Has wiped everything so Batman Is not you know known to have Gone into this whole deal and they're going to end up Saying that this was just you know A robbery gone wrong people yeah. were arrested Things like that again you're giving Oracle A little and bit as of a shout as anybody out knows too, It's entertainment a lot of people think yeah, and that's what they'll go with. And But yeah, a lot of these buildings, and that's what they would think. And they're like, usually our entertainment involves a lot more mutilation, but we'll go with it. Got some weird ideas going on. I'm just talking about banging. These assholes, I'm sure that they, 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 at least half of them have gone to an island and hunted man. Eric, I'm, I'm not telling you. They definitely did. And one of them actually dressed up as a Russian spy. This is why and you ended up going at, money. Because this is what you think you need to do when you after, have it. Yeah, went after Gilligan. He was an exact replica of Gilligan, Eric. You know this happens, but you end up where Oracle. And this is the big moment. This is where I start going, okay, now I get it, and I, I'm looking forward to it. But it's it's a Joshua Williamson thing. It's kind of his vibe, even with, like, the Robin book and things, where you end up having Oracle say, so what do you do when you're done? Now, it's weird that she would ask this because she probably would be privy to what happens. Exactly, because she she's says, been with him a lot of times when they're finished fighting evil. 
Yeah, but when he's not going to hang out with her, she probably had parties at the library. Erica wants to do that. You can't yell. You end up where she says, what do you do? The funny thing is, like, one of the things is, like, well, I hang out with your dad. Yeah, he's gone. (laughs) But he's gone. You end up having Robin, Damien Wayne. He's gone. Catwoman, gone. Superman, gone. Alfred, dead. So it's one of those things that I don't know that it's. More, I think that it's just the idea that he needs some time to because all the things the point out of everybody I loved is now gone. Fuck you, Barbara and Dick. Yeah, really, but I don't think it's just that because you already He's spelled out. No, yeah. you well lost, but you already spelled out that he had no time to grieve, no time to relax and think things through because they pointed out you've been so busy. I mean, you're fighting Brutus, sir. Well, so he, he ends up, he's going to go off. As soon as that happens, somebody else dies. Well, that's true. And he kind of does look like he dresses <laughs> like a bunt. He ends up saying, I'm going to, I'm going to turn off the comms for a bit. I got to work some things out. But it's not because he's mad at Dick. Dick comes in through the window with the coffee and the bagels. You know that Luke Hollywood doesn't know what a bagel is? He's never had a bagel in it's weird. Ireland. I didn't realize it was, uh, yeah, you know, he, things that he happened ended in up, Ireland. Nah, he ended up saying that he, uh, he thought it was a donut. Thing is, people go, like swear by him. I don't think you're missing much, Luke. Yeah, it all depends. I'd rather have a donut yeah. myself. I mean, I would rather, if, if you're just going to eat it plain, but I do like a bagel sandwich now and again, a sizzly, as I call them. But while well, this is going on, you end up having. Batman see this breaking news that Batman Inc. arrested, breaking news. You Man get, of you know, bats, El Gaucho, Batman of China, which it feels weird that he's a part of this because he wasn't previously. The Dark Ranger and the Hood all arrested. Yep, they're all arrested. And I, I think, again, this is like, just the Like, being a where... part of this and not being as heavy set as he was previously in the new Superman feels weird. Yeah, yeah, I'll see, because actually people were... Did, did they say his name in this then by the end? Because I Well, th- he's the Batman of China. Well, I'm saying I think that they might just be going with Jiro. When I looked it up, I think well, it's that's spelled a J- that up. Batman. Yeah, I think that they might be combining. That's weird. But like you said, if it is by G, I ended up seeing one of the fandom wikis that said it was Jiro, but they might be mistaken because of what was before and whatnot but and we'll would be cool because we just saw him in the league of lazarus tournament with damien and i'd like to see more of so him we'll see, but, but I thought maybe it was that's why maybe that's why he did it being there because he was never part of the batman incorporated when it was going you on you might be right maybe because joshua Williamson obviously is writing robin maybe he's smart enough to say okay he knows his own continuity yeah that's cool though it is and so batman's gonna go to one of our favorite places, Badnesium. Nobody's Bad-ass ever said that. Badnesium is where he's going. Nizia. Look at him. Yeah. Look at him. He's sexy. At least he doesn't have a Hawaiian shirt on, but he's going checking out He's some undercover. Things. Millionaire Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he is. Yeah, millionaire. He goes Multi-millionaire there. Multi-millionaire Bruce Wayne. Poor as hell. People yelling about the Batwing and stuff like that. But again, we're, we're going forward with this, and nobody really what nailed down that. fly coach? Well, nobody nailed down the idea. They're like, I thought he had no money. I thought he had billions. It was never nailed down. They just played with it. That was just, unfortunately, not a great thing. He doesn't have as much money as that. He can't go on freaking mass market produce, you know, like bat wings right now. He still has what he's made. He just has to buy freaking, you know, jet fuel. Yeah. So, again, though, I'm just saying some of the people complaining about things, they want this nailed down. They're never going to nail it down because writers need the gadgets and gizmos. So, you end up, we'll have enough of that going. And you end up having, I don't know, you, you got Laura Croft here. Because you end up, and I think that that's a cool look, and going and checking out this crime scene of where Okay, you have a detective coming in and looking this out, and you think she looks like Laura Croft. Yeah, she looks exactly like Detective Keha. Yeah, I mean, even Probably with the way that, right, that but... she's got the gun strapped on, and the it's exactly Tomb Raider as she goes down into kind of a tomb. But she goes down, and she's checking out the crime scene, 
and Batman's there, and also seemingly the Venom symbiote of some sort. It looks very odd. That There's something deal. black and inky on the ground where somebody was once laying dead, supposedly killed by the Batman Incorporated crew. From a, it just seems weird with this assassin abyss who comes in and the freaking Batman Incorporated crew just straight up murder them. And Batman just being all beautiful mind about it, so like exploring the crime scene and seeing in his mind how this all plays. They're like, they did do it. <laughs> I just have to find out why. And again, she even says, like, at one point, what, you think you could just walk into a room and know? He's like, yeah, okay. Road's Grace Detective. Yeah. And she knows the connection with Bruce Wayne. She's I just like, want to oh. know how he changed into Batman so quick. He was just outside all freaking multi-millionaire Bruce Wayne about it. Now he's in the basement of this murder Probably scene dressed as the Batman. The side. He ended up going through the back entrance. But, yeah, it's I weird. I just can't imagine that's an easy costume to put on. It's weird. This stuff seems to react. When they get near it too, that's why I thought it looked more like the like the Venom symbiote type deal. It's it's a weird deal there. I don't think they can use that. Yeah, I don't either. It's the <laughs> Anum Imbiot, but it's something to do with this new deal. And it's weird too because she says, and and very obviously this should be evidence that they had already gotten, but there isn't there. And she goes down. She's allowed to go down and says, "Hey, anybody the around?" The easiest forensics ain't what they used no, to be. No, they aren't. I like what she's like. Hey. Somebody around? Okay. I'll look at it. And that's when Batman comes out of the shadows and they end up talking and he gets more information than I think he is aware of. He finds out about this villain that supposedly Batman Incorporated did kill Abyss, but he For says the last they year, did. they've been terrorizing Badnesia, kidnapped at least 20 people right off the street. People were afraid to go out at night. Then Batman Inc. flew in to save the day, but they turned themselves in after Abyss's body was found by our detectives. And that's the thing is, too, it seems weird saying for the last year, they've been terrified. So are there multiple abysses? No, I don't ab- know. Abysses? I think <laughs> that it's more the case of now with pronouns. Is it? Is it a whole big thing now? Because I don't know. It's, it's just thing, like I don't know the crime scene or the murdered person at this point in time. When they say they, it seems almost like it's a organization like Leviathan along the those problem lines. problem is, it's nowadays I've had this problem like three straight weeks now on the Marvel thing that people go with the they pronoun a lot because of what will be revealed. Or maybe just to put it there, so we don't it's know. It's funny though, because the best just looks a bit like a ghost maker, as well as swords, like cape hood and stuff like that. But also looks a bit like somebody hanging out at the purge, because it's like a black mask with those X's over the eyes. Yeah, it looks crazy. It even looks like almost like a, a, a phantasm look to it as well. Okay. Kind of, you know. But for some reason, you say it to me, I'm like, he does not look like the tall man, Angus Scrim. No, like a boy. <laughs> He's I just yelling. Andrea Beaumont. Ah, uh, that would be funny if it was. But you end up where. Again, Batman says, you know, looking at what happened, he's going, he's looking at the gunshots, he's looking at where Al Gaucho, unfortunately, did, did a face plant and activated this dental plan. Uh, and spells out, she says, isn't that your team? Well, they're inspired by me. And then she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, that rich guy funds Bruce them. Wayne, Bruce Wayne believes in their mission, but doesn't fund it anymore. Yeah, and she goes, oh, I didn't mean Bruce Wayne. And that's where you see a guy coming down, the sexiest man you'll ever see. And it is Lex. Lex is now funding Batman Incorporated. And that doesn't seem like a good thing, especially where it looks like he starts doing it and they're straight up murdering folk. But this is a bad guy. I wish I could, in the last 20 years, seen Billy Zane play Lex Luthor. Seriously, you're the third person who said And you always said it. But legitimately, that has been said to me. And I keep saying that's what Eric's wanted all I've been saying that ever since Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight came out. This really ends up really playing that off. Or maybe a non-muscled, thinner Dave Batista, maybe. But boy, that's a sexy man. And I love, love that he's wearing the color scheme there with his... But he that white suit, that white suit's going to get all messed up. 
It's going to get all dirty and stuff. But hey, what's he going to do? He's got the money, right? He's going to pay him Batman. Do you to think do it. that he would send it to the dry cleaner, or would he just throw it away? Because my uh, my goal would have been in life to have so much money that I just end up at the end of the day, I chuck that day's clothes and then get to the next ones, right? That'd be awesome. You're just a wasteful then billionaire. You don't need you hunt any people, showers. Throw your clothes away. You got billionaire. So you're, you're not a billionaire right now. Well, I know. I'm trying to live the life. Shower, goddammit. is, without the billions, I'm just a scumbag. I would be eccentric I if I was a billionaire. I am just a garbage person. I am just a homeless man. I also like that he has the L. Uh, oh, a little, yeah. But, the lapel pin? Yeah, I want him to give that to Batman. Here you go, buddy. And then send some a- The lapel pin? No, yeah, that and also a gift basket like Derek Jeter. Used to send the ladies after Herpes? a night. Well, that maybe as well. But with all of that, you end up with them like Luther and like boy, right? And I can't wait to see more of this because after, you know, everything that we had going into like death metal and stuff like that, the multiverse being recreated into the omniverse and a place where everything matters. I need to know if Lex Luthor still knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Yeah, and that's a big deal. And the idea that he comes in and kind of throws shade at Batman, but not shade, but he kind of comes in like, Big cock energy of the idea. I'm the one who does it. I hope that he still does. I really do. I hope that he still you knows pick the up identity. Where Wayne dropped the ball because that's the thing. That's not something like a Superman revealing his identity. I love the idea of say doing a story right now over at Marvel with Devil's Reign. If Kingpin knows the identity of Daredevil, he's not just going to go to the press that day and use that. He's going to use it and well, he's going to use it for personal revenge. Yeah, and yeah, that's what I like. That's what I. I'm intrigued by, and I hope that they do bring that up, right? But with all of that, after the beginning, the recap, the partying, like it's 1999 in Gotham, which is nice enough, and it gets you, it does do that transition. It's a smooth transition. You go, Batman says, and I saw not just you, but other people are upset, like, I don't like this Gotham. I have nobody to to hang around with. And you're like, they just, Barbara and Dick just invited you to breakfast. But I think it's more than that. I bet that also when he well, said. I know Dick's will go in the blood, hey, but the, still. The funny thing about it is, I mean, you have to look at the progression. Joshua Williamson's trying to get the heartstrings, but really he saw that Batman Incorporated was wanted for murder, has to leave anyway. So he does. I like this. I think it's a safe kind of deal. I'm really looking forward to with Lex coming in, the Batman Incorporated. But half the issue, like I said, was catching up that billionaire's ball that had some wow moment, you know, some fun to it. But I gave you it, say so. I gave it a seven five, and I, I'm I'm the lowest on the roundup. Now I ended up reading it. To, you know, I do that, Eric. I read the book, uh-huh. and I actually almost was up to an eight. But now that we're talking about it, and you, you know, you bring, I realize again, maybe I was just kind of like, oh dreams. man, yeah, but. I still think 7.5 is a good score for something that's transitioning in that I think was maybe a little rushed, as I said. But by the end, I'm fired up. I want to see what's going on with Lex. Especially. Oh, it's a great Batman Incorporated, I like. I think it's a cool idea. But Lex involved, that ups it. That's awesome. So I can't wait for it. But 7.5 for me, what would you give it? 7 out of 10 over here. I think the art's really strong. I like the transition leading into Williamson's run here. It's just that billionaire's ball thing was unneeded and just was silly and uncomprehensible at times. But once we get the bad knees and figure out the plot going forward, I get excited again. It's just a lot of the issues, just a lot of padding to get us to that point, even though some of it was fun to give us the idea of what the current status quo of Batman is. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm I'm all in with this. I actually had Billionaire's ball was bullshit, more fun. Though. And again, well, it is, but it is, some people had fun with it. It's just there for that. Some but, people. No, some people, people don't have, have joy in their lives. I mean, some people don't have a piece of coal. <laughs> I mean, what what issue are we going to have that your heart's going to grow three sizes bigger? 
when we have all this though sexy one probably say this a seven oh, my heart. five that i gave or a seven that you gave we weren't giving those scores to fear state batman i mean this is oh, no, an improvement was, in my awful. mind yeah I, I thought that that was not good so this is an improvement i'm and excited is, i from where we left off with this cliffhanger which i'm really excited about this next issue should really grab a hold of me because i want to see what oh, they I have going on it. yeah i can't wait it's it's been a long time since I couldn't well, wait. You, gotta, you don't have to fuck Batman around for half the issue now. You can get right into the cool shit that I want to say. And so let's see, because Joshua Williamson, unfortunately, that's one of our little nitpicks with him as he likes to meander. So hopefully this gets right into the good shit, Eric. But we're going to go to the next book, which is Eric Dark Knights of Steel number two, written by Tom Taylor with art by Yaz Amin Putri, Ari Priano, and Wes Abbott. Tom Taylor continues using his or writing his. I don't know why it ended up. I, I put my I things why. on. No, I, I put my things I on know the, why. the Google Docs. And somehow I put continues and somehow it throws uses in. Tom Taylor continues his Game of Thrones in the DCU story. Why. And I'm really enjoying it. Taylor shows us more of his world and it's pretty badass. But it's the character work that is already shining here. Winter may not be coming, Eric. But. We haven't seen Killer Frost yet, Eric, right? Winter's coming. But after, that's all I know about the Game of Thrones. But after the cliffhanger, war certainly is. Uh, and also, you get the bastard son and things like that with Bruce oh, Wayne. Oh, yeah, Bruce Wayne is definitely Jon Snow here. Yeah, yeah. And so with all of that, boy, I, I still really, really like this. And it's going to continue the idea that I, I also like really much, like I still it. Enjoy I it. do. I like this even more. And I like the idea of setting up some things like, what will get a Suicide Squad probably in the next couple issues as well with Amanda Waller and some of the cool characters that we see that will probably be involved with that. But this is more about the upcoming war and the idea that, you know, Bruce the Wayne isn't the supposed Kingdom of Storms. to be. Yeah, like, oh, he's not part of the family. You have uh, Superman kal who's freaking out about, obviously, his dad being killed by Green Arrow and the Green Man. But yeah, they end up where they're going to find though, Oliver. For, for our big thing, though, at the ending of last issue where, you know, Jarell is going to Bruce Wayne and said, you know, your parents loved you and we love you. And there was some, some dalliances made on my end and your mother's end. Technically, Bruce Wayne, you are my son as well. You are half Kryptonian. This is why you have the powers that you have and you can survive what you did. To, who all knows this? Because I want to think that uh, Lauren I don't think knows it something about this. Yeah, I think that Laura will be the dies, one. I want to think that maybe Clark knows as well because he just seems think to think like, you know, my dad is dead and we're just pushing Bruce aside. I'm like, you know, yes, he's I a bastard I don't think that son, Clark knows because to have Clark know would have been something that I don't think that well, Laura Bruce or say him. Something? Because I don't think he would. I Come think on, that he's Bruce. just, I think he's going to say, we could go this fuck. whole, I think we go this whole time and some sort of twist reveals it to Cal. I don't think that Bruce would step up and say, I think that he'd be upset that it would upset Cal. And so he's just I just imagine for really getting this whole issue, though, the idea of the right of succession and stuff like that. We are going to have a Batman versus Superman to see who will become the king. Like yeah, the, I don't the king even think we'll have that. I don't Especially even think we'll have, have that. Especially when you have Arrow show up here and his arms cut off. Yeah, well, that's, you know, Bruce goes a little over the top. But even then, you see that Bruce pretty much seems like he can kind of fly and think I think he's keeping that on the down low as well. But it might be just a giant leap. But I don't think that you'll ever get. A Superman You're versus that Batman. Or what's and actually happening? What I think is what's happening here, though, is that we're going to have this whole thing. And if we do continue after this, maybe you'll get that Cal versus Bruce. I think that this will be more about the family. And if anything, they come to accept Bruce by the end. I, I don't think that we're going to get war between Superman and Batman. I think that they're on the same brother page. They're just brother. upset at each other here. 
And then we're even introduced to a sister. But before we get to that, you do end up having Batman and Alfred go off to get Oliver, who was left by the Green Man. He ended up going. And the and Green Man says, is definitely not like that's going to be a Lex Luthor in my mind for how things are playing out. But it out is here. a Green Lantern type character. But we'll see. They're really being coy of who that is as that character. And I agree. I think it's Lex. But you end up having Oliver kind of screwed. I don't even know what Oliver's doing now because the idea in the previous issue when we had the green man power up one of Oliver's arrows and then he shoots it from a, some super ass distance to freaking jam in Jarrell's eye and then kill him. And the idea then that Batman can go through all the motions of putting his father's head down, seeing Clark, getting on a horse, getting Alfred and running. And Oliver is still just fucking around in that tree. I'm like, get out of there, dude. Well, that's the thing. I think that he even says. Man, how the hell did you find me? He's just in a tree, but it's Batman. But he also tries to kill Alfred, and Batman stops it. He actually catches Get the arrow. And, run. and yeah, I guess maybe he just, or this is part of the you plan. I don't know. And so Batman does cut off his arm and then captures him at a point where Oliver just says, just kill me, you know, to Superman. No. The goes down, but he's like, I'm not like that. But you end up having a green man go back to talk to Constantine. Constantine flip-flopping all over the place where he's like, yeah, I don't know if that is the best Such thing. Such a weird idea, happen, too, because but... you you have the green men going and doing this. There's a prophecy that's going to bring doom to everybody that, you know, King Jefferson's trying to stop the Constantine soul, like, what, 17 years ago or 19, whenever it was. And you have the green man show up here and say, like, it is done. And the idea, like, what about Oliver? Green told me to leave him. I'm like, all right, maybe this is a power ring now because the thing is, this is a dick move that's going on right now. And I, I don't even... I don't even know if it's going to be a green lantern type because, you know, we see the green glow. It's a ring. We have these buzzwords and see like the feet and arms of this guy. And you want to think green lantern from the terms and where you know things. I think it's going to be something completely different. Well, the thing is, I think it's a green lantern, but I think it's full out magic. I think that it's the twist of it being in this medieval world. I don't think there's a green lantern core out there. I, I think that this, if anything, more of the living flame. But I think that also where Constantine starts thinking about the prophecy and things, this might be. You know, just a little piece of the puzzle that you have to do this, this, this to get to that. Almost like, you know, the idea that. Or are we stopping the prophecy or are we creating the well, prophecy by it our seems, actions? It seems like Constantine's like, well, this might not be the greatest of things. I know that's the prophecy. I know what we're doing, but we might want to, you know, look into this as he goes to Jefferson to tell him about this. And you're in, you're introduced to Jefferson's kids really quickly. And, you know, and you get Jacob, who is the first well, one who can control rain. Well, that's the weirdest part because you have Black Lightning's kids, King Jefferson here. You have, you know, Anissa and you have Jennifer, Lightning and Thunder that you've always known before. But in this world, we have him have a son, Jacob, who can control rain to add on to the Pierce family line, which is kind of a cool. But it also leads to somebody like, hey, you don't really care about this character. So it's kind of going to be cannon fodder. Yeah, well, they kind of, you, you try to, you, Tom Taylor tries to do his deal where you do see, oh, this kid's spunky. This is cool. And it's a son. Oh, my God, Jefferson loves him. Yeah, he's he's not long for this world. But with that, and that's you some end shit up back in the day. Yeah, you could have a million daughters, but you have one boy and that exactly. boy gets killed. I think now that's wars what started. Played. And that's why by the end, this feels like a real injustice type deal where it's back to Tom Taylor. Hey, I'm going to make you kind of like this character. And they're doomed. And you get that where yeah, Constantine's talking about. I don't know if this is the greatest thing. Well, it was your prophecy. Yeah, but things are wonky and all this stuff going on. But I don't think that the L's are that. Like, everybody's flip-flopping and kind of trying to Anyone find Anyone demonstrating any magical ability in their kingdom has disappeared. And it is true. And that's where you almost feel as if Cal, even though when he walks through this dungeon, later he has to see these things. 
but he kind of thinks that they're not as bad. The elves weren't as bad and almost, and, and you even have Oliver say, you're just lying to yourself, which he might be as well. But we go back to the elves kingdom and you see Amanda Waller, who's there. And I like the idea that Harley Quinn is the voice of reason when Waller's like, it's war. We're going to war. And Harley's like, war is dumb. You know, Waller. And then the idea that's put out here of, well, we got to do this. You know, Pierce is going to come. He already did this. We got to take back what's ours. We got to go and fight. And Laura ends up saying, like Alfred says, you can't throw innocents to die, leading to me having a suicide squad. They have a lot of people locked up, and you do get a walking tour of that later. And I think that fully they're going to go down and get the people that we see and form a suicide squad that they'll end up having to go. And Amanda Waller's the dungeon master. <laughs> and she'll end up doing that. And there's some cool characters that we see amalgams of. So that I'm looking forward to that. I think it looks that like that you've would got a Flash, cool. Blue Devil, King Shark, uh, the Hawk Girl. No, it's Aerie. Lagoon Boy. Oh, it's it's Aerie. That makes it's sense. Aerie. Yeah. 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 Tom Taylor is always going to throw Bobo. something like that, Bobo. So it's, it's kind of a cool. I, I just saw Wings and I'm not really like, you know. Put the airy in my mind when you have Hawkman and Hawk Girl out there. I know. It really looks like it would be the airy. So that would be a cool deal. And will we get Wink? Uh, who knows? We'll see. But because they kind of go as a tandem. But that that actually got me excited. That's like, okay, we're expanding things. We're going with that. It's a Lagoon Boy. I go with that just because I know the character, but the face doesn't match. So maybe that's a different character as well. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a weird. That one, I, I don't know. But you end up, it could even be maybe like an Aquaman type weird thing because you haven't seen. But it is a bit different. Yeah, yeah. But again, things could be different throughout. We'll see. But it does look like Lagoon Boy, like you said. Uh, but you end up having this whole idea. What are we going to do? Are we going to go fight? Are we going to do this? Bruce kind of, you know, what do you think? But he doesn't have a say. So you're really pushing this anger. You wait till he takes your head and becomes the leader of this country. <laughs> yeah, well, he ends up like, because Bruce brother even says to Alfred brother. that all this anger is warranted. He was, supposed to, protect. He was supposed to protect Jarrell, and he didn't. But they're going to try to, you know, figure out what that they're going to do. That going to bubble up into a whole lot of energy. Yeah. Well, I don't think it will at this <laughs> point because you go forward. But we'll see how it goes. But you end up then going to Amazon Island. And the funny thing about this is you have a medieval DC DCU type deal. And Wonder Woman's just Wonder Woman because, you know, they're Amazons. Yeah. And you go off and it's Lois who goes to tell them what happened that Jorel is, is dead and so, so we you have get to go deal. and talk to his daughter Zala Jorel who's been training on Amazon Island since she was a youngin yeah and so you get a supergirl which makes sense here because they were the the three they'd have to have a daughter as well to have a supergirl if you're going to have that there's no cousin coming in all Such that a weird stuff. idea though because I saw people very upset about what Zala does in this calling it like how dare Tom Taylor do this to Kara or and and or supergirl and I'm like it's, it's a new character. Even this whole thing where they seem kind of upset that she was kissing Wonder Woman at this point in time. I'm like, this kind of makes sense. And then when she goes off to get revenge for her father, I'm like, this makes sense. And also, it's a new goddamn character. It's a new character. And it also en- enrages me that nobody is talking about the idea of the naming freaking, like, you know, reasoning behind girls on Krypton because now she's Kara Jor- uh, I'm sorry, Zala Jorel. I'm like, is it only women who are named after the father's full it. name? Who knows? But you end up having this. I, think I need to know this. I think he's just forced to do that. It so you end up like, so you know. know. But I, she's an Amazon, first off. First off, she's a princess. She's an Amazon. And this is a medieval story where if your father, you the king, all the women. gets killed. And I like the idea that you have that kind of, not a trope, but you have where 
okay, what are we going to do with Sala? Well, we'll send her off to train with the Amazons. And she is a partner with Diana Wonder Woman. She's an Amazon. She's there with the Amazons. She ends up kissing her and going off. I don't have any problems. It's kind of cool I think too it's because it's kind of badass. It, it kind of harkens back to what we had with Red Son of Superman, where the uh, like you know uh, Amazon Island Paradise Island uh, Themyscira—I forget what it was actually called in that story because they always go by different names during different stories. But in that, where they were with Superman and Russia and stuff like that, they had like sided with him during the whole thing. Like Amazon Island is siding with the House of El here. Yeah, and you have everything. And again, isn't it a cool thing that you would think in a you know medieval type deal that this is where you would send your daughter off and not marrying her off, but sending her to become one of the Amazons that ends up making them kind of part with you. And you know what I mean? That machinations that they would do. And you end up having her fly off. She is pissed. At that point, she looks very sad. She's crying, but she ends up being pretty pissed. And you know, the whole prophecy is brought up again, but Superman goes down to continue interrogating Oliver. To I really try wish to it yell was an him. eye for an eye, though, where Zala went to the Kingdom of Storms and straight up murdered Jefferson. Yeah, it would have been cool. But, you know, I guess that she, wa- I don't know, it just wants to really just wants hurt to make him. make him hurt, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. You want to have somebody First hurt as much as gone. you. Yeah, because you go and you end up with Oliver. And, and basically, son. this whole deal is Superman's enraged, but he ends up trying to convince Oliver very quickly, like, we're not bad. We're not the monsters. Oliver says, no, you're the monsters. And I like Bruce and Harley here. Harley you has are not a, a man. Cool deals. You're a monster. You told yourself a convincing lie. You're a destroyer. Now hurry up and kill me. Let's get this over with. I'm not going to kill you. Why not? Because I am not lying to myself. We're not what you think we are. I'm like, anybody who shows any kind of magic or meta ability gets locked up immediately. You're a exactly. bunch of assholes in the house of Al. Again, that is, and even them saying it earlier, where Constantine kind of says, it's kind of that bad guy who does the real bad. And maybe we'll find out that he is not aware of a lot of things. You know, he's trying to do is protect his family. But yeah, he's just protecting him. But maybe Cal will find out. And and again, you almost have that, you know, switcheroo where this Batman might be a little more, you know, a little more not, I guess, maybe even deadly. We don't know that he yeah, has too, a full. We don't know that in this. Because he might be the one killing all the magic people that they bring in. He might torture him. He cut off an arm. He didn't kill. But he might be a little bit more, you know, they're rambunctious. Being murdered, they're being disappeared. No, well, yeah, they're disappearing. I think he's killing them, dungeon. or somebody is. I think that some of these other people are flat out disappearing. I mean, right there, Oliver even says it's not like, oh, they're all here in the dungeon with me. I think some of them are, you know, disappear forever, as in killed. I want to think most of the, the freaking metas or magical uses in House of El got the fuck out of there when people started disappearing. Well, you would think. I think that they have some of these, like an Oliver, not being magical, but these others might even be assassins that came in, whatever. But, and they even mentioned that it's not just the two kingdoms in Themyscira. There's a lot of other things going on, so we might see more of that. Harley has a good line or the one point where, She's like, hey, I'm here to advise. And Bruce says, no, you're here to juggle. So she does both. And she's advising him and all that. It's It's kind of funny with that. But with that, again, we continue where you said Superman says, I'm not, you know, evil. My father was a good man. No, that's not what all the people see. And we end with Jefferson getting woken up because he hears a loud bang. Thunder, was that you? Yeah, yeah, he thinks it was thunder. And no, it wasn't me. And then you end up seeing, you know, Zala there with Jacob, the Busted son. Busted a hole in freaking Jacob's like room's wall right there. Pulled him out and then just dropped him down. Yeah, and just put him over. And he, I mean, he's still pretty tough. He says, I'm going to make it rain 
in your lungs. She's like, no, you're not. Pretty badass. Boom. And throws. It is pretty like, badass. Like, Jacob feels like one of those characters, almost like a Jackson Hyde who can, like, water bend. Yeah, yeah. And some people said to me that they think that he's still alive. That they're like, Could maybe be, he... But it didn't seem like it. Telling you, Jefferson is there looking over. I don't think that there's anything that would tell me that he sees his son. Maybe manipulating water or something. To I'd live. like to see this thing where it starts raining after this whole thing, and the water droplets form together to make a body. Now he's just awesome. like a water elemental. That would be cool. Uh, and then, and that's the whole thing. Jefferson can't hug him because they electrocute himself. But you end up where Kara doesn't, or Zala ends up. I want to say Kara, but Jefferson blasts her, and she's like, "Ah, eh, tickles, sayonara, sucker," Suck it, and leaves, and just like, and I love that la- that last panel of. Jefferson there on his knees, just head and hands, and you see that little character just mm, heading out. You know, take that mic drop. I'm out of here. Now we're even, maybe. But yeah, it looks like even war Steven. is happening, right? I yeah. mean, that, Jefferson's like, up. Oh, we're even he, now. He, it's not going to be like that. There's never an even. No, no. So I, I'm intrigued by what we'll get with a Suicide Squad. I really like the idea of this Bruce Wayne, who is, you know, illegitimate son, but like you said. Who knows? I think Laura probably knows. I don't think Cal does. And I just want to know how Game of Thrones is going to get because maybe Zala and Bruce have a relationship, but now that he knows that they're brother and sister, are they going to keep it going? But no. I do think it will go to brother against brother, though, by the end. Wonder Woman be pissed. It looks like they're a couple. So maybe that, and maybe that's the that's, play. that's island right? life over there. <laughs> is, I mean, when you leave the island, it's safe. But maybe that's the play. Like that Tom Taylor realizes that people who would know Game of Thrones would think that, but that, hey, look, that's not the case. Gross. Yeah, I, I, I really like this. This yeah, is. You're right. Let's I, keep I, you know, Let's keep Zala and Wonder Woman together. Let's not have Bruce Bang and sister. I'm yeah, cool with this no, idea. That, that isn't a great idea to have that, but I like how this is unfolding. It feels, and and I really actually like the progression of this, where we now, have ten more issues. Now, do you think Zala issues. is Lara's daughter? Um, or do you I, think that Jorel keeps getting around? <laughs> no, I think yeah, I think it's yeah. I think it's Laura's daughter. It even looks a little like her in yeah. a bit there, and I, I think that I just the art's saw her great. And I'm like, oh, who'd you fuck this time? Yeah, seriously, he's all over the place. That's all you need. Even doctors coming out all the time. Yeah. So yeah, by the end, I'm telling you, I loved it. I liked it more than the last issue. I'm fired up. I like seeing these things, and that Suicide Squad hint really got me excited. That. We're really going to expand this and not just have, oh, you know, Cal's going to get mad and go off and fight and Bruce is going to do this. It's going to have more layers than that. So uh, what would you give it? I am giving it an 8 out of 10. I still really enjoy this, but I thought that this issue just like, you know, went by a little bit too quick and didn't give me as much answers as I wanted going forward. And like, you know, kind of fleshing out what they brought up in the previous issue with the, you know, Bruce parentage and what that means for his powers and stuff like that. And just, uh, you know, here's Supergirl. And it didn't just do enough for me for this issue because it really is, was a quick read. But I liked what I had here, and I thought the art looked great. Yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was a quick read, like you said. And the idea of, like, say we were reading Deceased and we wanted issues, you know, but that was only six issues. And then we get to this, it's 12. So you, you have time, and I do, think, I do think that we'll have a bunch of spinoffs. I think that this is going to sell pretty well. I hope so. It's uh, good. So overall, I give it a 9.5, one of my highest scores I've given in a long, long time. Uh, well, maybe Nightwing, that first issue, but then I kind of went against. But I do love Tom Taylor when he hits, and this has that Injustice feel to me. I even thought it was kind of a funny deal where in Injustice, obviously, if you read it, you end up having Batman 
trying to, you know, hold the Joker and Superman comes in and kills the Joker. And this one, you end up having Batman cut off the arm of Oliver. And Superman actually seems pretty well, it's even level like headed where at one Superman point. cuts off Green Arrow's arm during uh, Return of the Dark. Yeah, now, and I now thought you have even, Batman doing well, it. And also, Superman killed Oliver in the injustice as well so i was like "Ooh, this is gonna go down again and it, it doesn't you end up having him almost pleading with oliver listen we're not that bad we're not the monsters that everybody thinks but so where oliver was the linchpin to a degree to help batman beat up superman in return of the dark knight now that batman has cut off his arm maybe he will go with superman at the end to try to take down bruce wayne when they go brother against yeah, brother I just for the don't kingdom see of this having enough of a brother brother thing and i think there's enough to tell about this who is right there um, later i don't again I think that if Bruce was really concerned with that, he would have stepped up right away. I don't think he's concerned with it. Well, he just I found out th- about it yeah, right now. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, he could have said when Superman said, oh, you're not part of the family. He could have just he's went straight up. But I don't know if he can prove it, number one, but I don't think he wants that. I think that he likes to be what he I is and protect enough. the family. I just think what we saw these first two issues, and he is really upset about failing, you know, protecting Jarrell. But yeah, when we when we get through all of this, I am intrigued to see some more characters. And again, you're really pushing that idea of that alien family that really plays up to Lex being the Green Man in my mind. But I think so too. Yeah, we'll 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 find out, and I hope we see more characters as but we go. It's which weird I'm sure because we it will. almost feels like a like almost like a Phantom Stranger aspect, or even a Lord of Chaos kind of thing yeah, going like on a, here. A with the way that the uh, the ring is talking to him, to just to like to have the dominoes not like knocked down periodically to make sure that the prophecy does happen, and he's less of a Green Lantern and a weird Spectre Phantom Stranger kind of being. Yeah, we'll see because it should be like a magic based type thing like he'll almost be the merlin but the green man in this but we'll see but we're going to go to the next issue which is delayed annual time for you eric because we have limitations uh but what are we talking about superman son of kal 2021 annual number one written by tom taylor with art by steve pure clayton henry ramiel fajardo jr steve bruchelato and dave sharp Lex Luthor's making his move to become what he once was before Apex Lex and Death Metal, and to do that, our boy needs to get his money back, and the way he goes about it is a pure badass Lex, and while that's great, I love the idea that Lex and our new Superman working together in some capacity in a way that Clark and Lex never could, but with this, but will this be a good relationship, or will Lex go and fuck things up with young John as well? Yeah, it seems like he's heading at the end to kind of fuck things up Give a me bit, Henry but... Bendix. I'm like, oh, Lex, immediately. And again, this is a weird deal because I ended up, and this was in the Slack deal, talking about and figuring out why at points I love, we just talked about the Tom Taylor issue that I loved in times when I kind of not love it as much. And it, I keep going with fan service. And I told you that I read an article, and I think it's cracked the code of the idea that he has his characters, his main characters in books, not just fan service but they can't do anything wrong you, you're always convincing people of how just stupendous and great they are even when we already know that and there are bits of it in this issue with john that's one of the things that he's doing with john here but having lex in this is awesome and i i take this more of a lex book than a john book and i thought it was really cool and it's kind of heartbreaking at points when you realize that both cal and you know lex john, realize oh, okay. that they 
could have gotten along a little better. And if they did, the world might have been a better place. But this is the game that they play. And, and well, they, they Lex can't needs change to control it now. It's too late. He's pissed off that he can't control Superman. Even when you have this whole cold opening with a flashback to when Bruce Wayne and uh, Bruce Wayne, but Batman and, and Superman were fighting uh, Lex Luthor and Metallo. And it turns out to be a Just League thing where it's not actually Metallo, but Martian Manhunter in disguise. And they take out Lex and they arrest him. And we have a little one on one time with Clark and Lex inside the, like a jail cell just playing chess with each other and talking about the idea of what they could have been if Lex hadn't have been such a dickhead this entire time, but we're never going to find out now. And where they're le- leaving off with this idea of the game they're playing, it seems like John, young John, is going to pick up where his father left off. Yeah, and you get maybe the opportunity that this is a restart that Lex could then. He could do what he it was always should be. It would be great. He seems like he's a bit like when John explains it, I think that John comes off, and especially when they go off and have him learn chess and stuff like that. Again, it's a little too much, but no, it's a little too much. But because I think that when that happens, now you're done fucked up because Lex doesn't need that. Lex doesn't need you to prove that you're smarter than him. This is just going to infuriate what I wish Tom Taylor centered on. And I wish that at one point, and I'm telling you, this would have won my heart, Eric, is when John left Lex, Lex says, you know what? You take after your mother. And that would have been the key deal of, oh, my God, like, he might like John because of Lois, and he's not that dirty, full-out alien. And that uh, this is something that maybe he can accept a little more. I wish that you had that, especially because, you know, I don't think that Lex really full-out thinks that Superman, Kal-El, is smart, smart. But he's always, always putting himself in front of him. I think that it would have been a cool move to have him intrigued even of, Okay, what does a human, more human version of this? Maybe I can deal with this and maybe I can work with this for a better future. But you immediately future. don't throw in the more human aspect because the idea that John in an instant goes off and reads every and chess book that he can find is able to retain all the knowledge and can come back and play, you know, Lex in a really quick chess match where he whoops Lex's ass because he's memorized everything that Lex has ever done with chess. It goes back to something I saw before. I think it was in the early day 52 where, like, uh, there's somebody needed surgery. I forget the, like, the instance of how it worked out, but Superman then read a medical book and used his thumbnail to use as a scalpel right there. I'm like, exactly. Ah, I, I, I really kind of remember that. that as well. Yeah. And so I think what that was John a Grant Morrison thing, but I'm not sure. What John does to just defeat Lex at chess and then pretty much spell it out and throw shade at him is kind of what I think that Lex is afraid of with John. with Cal. And I think that if he just would have went in, and I like this play. We needed a man, John, not a Superman. And this is the thing, again, of that idea of elevating a character but making him infallible. The idea that John, at at points, you you still want him to be stumbling and bumbling a bit as being Superman and trying to figure this out. But when he says to Lex, hey, listen, you want control and you know that you'll live forever because you'll find out some way but, 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 but down the line, it's too much for me for a John who's just facing Lex for the first time, even if it's not a fight, but it's just John is well, a little to a too well thought out at this time of what we've seen with him. And you never really see John being the guy of like, well... I ended up figuring, you know what I mean? To a degree, though, I can see the way that he's talking to Lex at the end here. It's almost like a kid who always hears his dad come home from work and is bitching about his coworkers or his boss and shit like this left and right to the point where this is all the kid knows about it. So he's able to recite the same stuff that he's always heard his father talking about. Well, that's the only thing that if this would have been something that you saw as a recap, like a flashback, that that's what he said at dinner. The one It just seemed a little too... Much forward thinking for a guy who, if we did get the future state, is going to bottle up Metropolis and get. But with all this, it just there's points where, again, 
after reading that article deal that I did about, hey, and it was more about Nightwing. And it was more about how Nightwing, no matter what, everything has to, you know, happen in a way that Nightwing and everybody involved is the best people ever and nothing could be a gray area. When you have John flying off to the fortress because he gets a message from Batman, I did like a lot the Lois and Batman back and forth. <sighs> I like that. I just like Look. that he realizes. and But it makes Lois tough. Bruce Wayne or Batman coming to the Kent house so he can drop off like as an information for John to go to the Fortress of Solitude and that Clark created a crystal form for a hologram so John would have a father figure just like Clark had as a kid at the, at the, or just a man as the for- Fortress of Solitude. I like all that. The idea that we have this back and forth banter with Lois talking about how tough she is to the idea that they always have Earl Grey in the house because Alfred always makes sure that there's Earl Grey wherever Batman would be even before he died make sure that they're stocked up for a year or whatever this whole thing like that's a little much and I don't ever really see Batman drinking Earl Grey, Earl Grey a lot well that's I think that he's always drinking the tea so I guess that would be what Tom Taylor thinks is what Alfred would like that the problem is I don't this is actually what Bruce would like I don't act well that's what Alfred serves him I mean I don't think Bruce likes a cucumber sandwich worth a shit but he's gonna eat it because that's what's given to him but yeah, he's a fancy dude but with that I don't like the idea of Alfred doing it as much as I would have liked him to say, well, my dad always has that just in case you drop it, it, by. See, that's better because even Alfred doing that, it feels more of a Mercy Graves, like something that you do for Alex Luthor instead of a Batman because it's like you've got to make sure that they're always accommodated for. Well, the funny thing is, is like it comes every month. Alfred's money all went to Dick Grayson. So I think that credit card was canceled. So this should, it should stop showing up. But I'd like it too if he opens up. And again, if he ended up saying, just think of this, he's like, Oh, my dad always had it around in case you stop by. Opens Great. up and they have 17 cabinets of it. Bruce never drops by. He's a jerk. They're, they're just wow. have tons. Why do but, they keep buying it, though, and not well, throwing out the old ones? Well, because they keep That's thinking that planning. they have to. Uh, but you end up having Lois. I like the idea, though, where Lois says, yeah, he learned about personal space and stuff by when he just showed up. In the you know in the kitchen the one time I thought that was nice it was a nice little shout out but they end up it, it is weird for Batman knocking on a door though yeah it's kind of funny though that he would respect Lois like that eh, you know this is Tom Taylor stuff but you end up where he, he, John goes off to use this crystal oh my God this was a message from my dad I got to go to the, the Fortress of, of Solitude so he goes off and has to stop and save a polar bear that's pregnant you didn't need this there was no reason to have him stop. And say, oh, I got to save a polar bear. Oh, she's pregnant. This is just adding on these weird layers of, man, he's a great guy. I know that. Him doing that is just, it's it's just an aside for two pages. It is just an aside, but for some reason I like the idea of him making friends with a pregnant polar bear outside of the Fortress of Solitude now. Just hanging out. Now we're just going to end up in the Fortress. We're going to end up having baby cubs and things. Which is, I kind of like that as well. But But again, this is exactly like Nightwing having a three-legged dog. It's the same thing of grabbing something to try to, oh, he's an animal lover. I must love well, We don't him have then. crypto anymore. Why not have fucking Polar? I don't need I don't know. We're gonna, or Gale as it is, yeah, actually. Gale. I don't need Gale. I, it's, it's just a weird aside. It, it reminds me of this thing that was talked about before when Kevin Smith was going to write like the, uh, the Death and Return of Superman movie back in the 90s. And there was the, that one guy who was the producer on Wild Wild West, but he was demanding. I don't know if it was that Brainiac had polar bears or if there were polar bear guard dogs outside of the outside uh, Fortress of, of the Solitude. Fortress so that's crazy. all I thought about. was just like, holy shit, why are we bringing up polar bears? As an aside, I I think I've read about three issues back in the day where every time you would go to the Fortress, you'd just see, because they're like, what's around there? Polar bears just drum. So, But it, it doesn't do anything for me. I'm like, let's go. 
And they get into the fortress then. And I do like this AI deal where you end up having Clark say, I had my dad. This is an AI. I've kind of went with all the things that I think you'll ask. I program all this. We could talk. And it's it's kind of an artificial way to allow a son to talk to his dad. You know what I mean? But I don't mind it. Yeah, I don't mind it uh, because it calls out that. It starts to end up talking a little too much, though, like going away from a you ask me questions. We're just going to. But it's okay. And the whole idea of what's going to happen. And yeah, yeah, I can't tell you where I am or where I'll come back, but we're going to do. And then out of nowhere. That's funny. Just the idea of the AI and just coming up with responses that they think would be okay. It's like, hey, what's been happening? Well, I saved a polar bear. I'm going to call her. It's a fine name for a bear, son. Yeah, like that. Like (laughs) I'd love it if he's like, uh, hey, uh, what's happening new, son? Well, I saved a polar bear. Yep. Those those Gotham Knights sure are sucky at the hockey. <laughs> I was like, what? And it just goes on. But even then, where I hope that we get some more of this because you get full yeah, out Greta. I think Greta's gotten them. Like, hey, what's going on? Well, the ice around the floor. Well, that's mostly what it's about in my mind, except for showing that John saves polar bears. It's more of talking about the idea of the, like, the polar ice caps melting. Well, they say that, and then it ends up just being a vehicle to say, Lex, he could have done something he didn't. I don't think we're going to get anything more of that except these surface think, level deals of reminding it. That because I don't know what you can John do. Being this, you know, personal kind of a guy who's going to go and sit, do as much as he can to be the Superman that saves the world on all these, you know, things that people are talking about with climate change and like personal injustice and stuff like that on the streets. Yeah, and then he ends up pretty much, in my mind, being a sad sack and saying nothing's going to change. I think that this is. Yeah, we're going to mention it one more time. We're really not going to deal with it. I don't, I mean, what is going to happen? He's not, I don't think in this book he's going to save the world from climate change. I think that he might be frustrated by things and mention it a couple of times, but it's almost like that whole idea like, of what can you do? Fly around here and like, just use your freeze breath. Exactly. Freeze breath this shit. Like, yeah. come to the Fortress of Solitude once a week. Just freeze breath your ass. I mean, up there. seriously, at the beginning, he's looking through galaxies it, for his it, dad. It, actually, so. it might actually cause some really bad, tr- like, things for the Earth, but who knows? We might have it like we had. I think I we said scientists. Kyle. Kyle ended up, oh, my God, I'm going to make the Gobi Desert, you know, fertile land and oh, yeah. fucking up the planet more. Well, no, because no, that's he what wasn't it fucking up happen. the planet. It's just that, you know, Superman said, like, you got to, like, slow your roll, kid, because it people would are worshiping you as a god. They've even talked about it, though. Like, if you ended up making the Sahara Desert like a, you know, a great plant, it would mess up the whole ecological system yeah, of the know. world. These things have to remain at least at part of what they are. That's the problem. When you have the Amazon. Being defoot, that's what's causing the issue of it getting smaller and smaller. But you can't just go and make things. It ends up really fucking things up. And they've had way big examples of that in real world situations. So with the end of this, I, I just it's almost like Tom Taylor just wants to keep reminding you, oh, look at him. He's worried about that. Here you go. But then they push it away. But it does lead you to Lex and so that idea. So they don't idea. push it away because we're going to Lex to continue on this conversation. But he doesn't though. really say that. He just says you should do things better for the future of the world. Well, you don't that come out Lex, right away. You don't freaking – you got to like you know work us up to this conversation and make sure that, that you Lex can talk about these things. I think that Lex is getting on the line with Kimura at the end. There ain't no later. I think that he's just like, fuck but this guy. But maybe it's ambiguous about what he's going to talk to Henry Bendix about. Maybe he's going to freaking, like, you know, take down Henry Bendix himself to save John. And that might be the deal. And I can't wait for that two trade story of stopping global warming. I I can't wait for it. But you end up having this. I can deal with it. I I don't think I could because you're doing something that is more advanced than what this surface level bullshit that he's throwing out. 
And I do get upset about some of this stuff where you that's bad. Yeah, you have this in comics all the time. And comics being political or socially deal, it, they always have been. But the idea of just like shaking your fist at a problem and then moving on because it's comics, I, I just don't need it. I want to see what more is going on. And then you end up John more upset that the LexCorp freaking symbol is shadowing off the Daily Planet. Well, that's uh, it, because just, Lex came back to town, and that's the thing is he's convinced everybody that everything he did during Death Metal leading up to that whole thing, he was brainwashed by Gorilla Grodd. I would have liked a better explanation of how Lex could dig himself out of this hole of all Apex Lex and selling out the planet to the Perpetua and stuff like that, convincing everybody that Doom is the way to go. I need something a little bit more than Gorilla Grodd brainwashing, but now he has to get back because the last time we saw him becoming Apex Lex, he was giving away all his fi- his goods, his money, and everything involved. So now he has to make it back. So we can communicate to all the crime families in different places all over the country and tell them, look, I might have uh, put something inside your bodies that's going to kill you, give you a stroke, make it look like a stroke if you don't give me billions of do- of your own do- like dollars kind of thing. And he's going to do this. I like the way that he does it because he plays this off as if, like even Mercy Graves, his assistant, doesn't know whether or not he actually did what he said he did by, you know, having nanobots go in and like, you know, will cause a stroke if they fuck with him and stuff like that. And then even by the end, when one of these guys drops dead of a stroke, he's like, shouldn't have fucked with me. And that's the funniest thing. What you play with with Lex here that I love. He's the smartest guy in the room. Sure is. But he's also the evilest one. So the idea that he's like, you think, oh, that Lex, he did it. He didn't even have the net. Oh, shit, he did. I <laughs> love that turnaround because I don't it's even great. know what I like better. The idea that he is so much fun that he can just say he did this and everybody's so afraid of him that he think he did. Because he, he actually did it because he fucking did. But that he did. I, it's crazy. <laughs> now, with that, I, a little wink, wink, the side deal. It does his plan is very much Death Note-esque in the manga world deal where you end up having these guys, they, you know, guys and gals, they end up getting this tablet and it's like, okay, you will die of a stroke. Nobody will know it was me if you don't follow the plan. And you do see, like, Bloodbuster, he gets pissed. Well, like, everybody's upset. Holes but they're listening because it's Lex. And, and I like, think that... Why'd you go against Black? The other people, as far as I know, are this kind of no-name nobody, so I don't recognize them off the top of my head. But Blockbuster, that's a dangerous proposition, Lex. I know. Yeah. It, but Lex is... But that's the thing. I said at the beginning, I'm, yeah, I got upset about John and the global warming stuff, whatever. We'll see if that plays out. I said, this is a Lex issue for me through and through, and I love it. I love it, and I love Lex, and having Lex at the end of that Batman, that's cool, but this is great, and really having Lex deal with John that is awesome. We'd always want to see that. But he does with this whole idea is that he makes sure to have the LexCorp like you know building put there with the LexCorp sign to make sure the shadow shines Lex across the Daily Planet. I'm like, oh, just you were just sh- an asshole. I mean, that is the most <laughs> example of solid throwing shade. That's what oh, yeah. he does. He puts the building in shade. Uh, also, I have to say that whoever built this, mwah, it must be the the you know Atlanteans again. This shit's going up quick, but. You That's end like up he having have a the same cool. building that he used to have. And I don't know. But Did he, he just blow up the top floor? And I just thought that, that the whole thing blew up. I thought it was just the top floor, but maybe I'm wrong. Still, I don't know. But it also looks a lot like the Gotham Tower, the way that it's going. But you end up, because he's insane, but in criminal genius. But yeah, you have this whole thing with Mercy. And did you do that? He's like, well, we'll never know. And I want to get I love this first thing because the whole idea what he says is like, you might have been aware that the like the uh, the president of the First National Bank or whatever it was, the First National Trust, tied of a stroke earlier this week. And you know why? Because he said something that I didn't like. And when he gets all the stuff and the funds start coming in, like Mercy's sitting there, it's like, 
Hey, Lex, did you kill the president of the Coast City Bank? No, he just had a stroke. He just had a stroke, and that's genius that he thinks that, okay, like, I can play that. Goodbye, Mercy. Yeah, yeah, because the whole Great deal Lex. where you end up having them that's what this book needs more than anything right now. Once you have John figure out what kind of Superman it's going to be, because I'm sure it's going to keep changing up because he is such a young Superman that he's going to go pretty much with whatever, like, you know, he thinks this is the big thing that like people are worried about right now. Lex needs to be the balance of what really drives him going forward in my mind, or even becomes that mentor figure against like, you know, what you think John would have as a mentor figure. And you see in this annual, the idea, you know, Philip County Johnson's doing his thing. He's trying to elevate Mongol and you have the whole war world stuff. But boy, when Lex shows up, shit gets real. And I love it. I love it. I mean, I'm telling you, we like with super Lex and we like all any Lex is not enough Lex for us. So it's great. But yeah, you end up having this and John does come to talk to him. With a cool hairdo. It's a little different here. I think I like it. But he ends up... It's almost like a young Tom Hanks hairdo. Yeah, yeah, it does. It actually does. It actually looks like the hairdo of the kid who played the young Tom Hanks in Big. Yeah. I like it. And he comes down. And again, it's this idea, me and your dad play games, you know, all the time. Yeah, I know. No, no, no. I mean, we had this chess game and he's gone. So can we... I like that. I actually like that as just a personal touch, too. I even like when I laugh. When Cal goes in to talk to Lex earlier when they put him in prison in the Cal open, and he goes in and Lex, take a seat, you know, have a seat. I'll stand, but then sits down because he just didn't want Lex to tell him to sit because they were going to play chess. And you even have that idea of a white knight in shining armor of Superman putting that knight ahead because he would put it ahead to protect the pawns, even though he's bigger and more important. You're terrible at chess, I like Superman. that. Yeah, he is. And I like the idea earlier that. Superman is terrible at chess, but he's going to play the game the way he wants, the, the way he lives, right? Powers, Clark. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so Lex thinks of that as, you know, something that he thinks is ridiculous, but that's Superman. But he kind of does feel like he realizes we got off on the wrong foot. We might have been able to do some things. I'd like to, when Superman says that to Lex earlier, Lex doesn't full out say, we could have saved the world. He's like, yeah, I could have gotten a lot of shit for myself if we would have done that. I really would have been cool. I just think he thinks of all the shit that he spent trying to get Superman. He just have that money now. Uh, but John comes in and they start playing the game. But, you know, well, and they before say, that we're going to play thing later. With John, though, because John goes over to LexCorp because Lex is being attacked by his Lexbox bots because one of the people that he's blackmailing, they created the processors for these Lexbox bots and now has to turn them against Lex. And, and you have a little Lex team up. Figure it out or yeah, you have a little team up between die. Lex and Superboy against these Lex cool. bots. And I just, I, it is very cool. I don't particularly care for this bit of Lex armor that he's wearing, the power suit. It's just a little too bulky, and I don't care for the clear dome that he has over it. Yeah, it, it is funny because I swear that's like me in the car. I got to put a couple books under there to see. It looks like he can't see as well as he should, but you have that. It's like the John- more slimming power suit, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. John saves his life. This looks like he the Imaginex up- power suit that I have for my little Imaginex Lex. Now, and that's where you get like Lex. He is evil. He is, you know, diabolical. He's a genius. But I get that idea that Lex does have a bit of honor and a bit of that, you know, I owe you one. And and John legitimately saves his life here. Lex would have died. And that's where John is such a shit talker, though, because even beating him in chess, talking about how he can do this, that and the other. And then goes 
for when the LexCorp logo blows up and then he has to go and put the L and he's like, here you go, take the L, Lex. I'm like, oh, god damn it, John. That's how, harsh. How close was John to killing Lex there? When he threw that, I mean, it really, he could have brought the whole building down, I he think. He didn't but throw it, he laid it down. It's like, I think he threw it, he was far away and it's like two inches from Lex. Lex, though, he don't flinch. He's like Kobe. You ever he see laid the, it You down. ever see the video of Kobe not flinching? No. I gotta send that to you. It's amazing. It is one of the most badass things you'll I ever see. I don't need to see a man not flinch. No, no, no. You'll 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 be impressed. But yeah, you end up having Lex. Like you said, John might have been better served to kind of just, just go a home. shit talker. Like you are trying to make an enemy right now, John. All I want are you and Lex to team up and be bosom fucking buddies with that hairdo you got going on here. But you got to be an asshole and make an enemy. Do you think that Cool Hair is also pissing off Lex? What if in the middle of Lex is like, <laughs> your father took my hair when we were kids, even though I don't know if that no, sticks now. Wouldn't now. that be I hilarious? Doomsday clock. Yeah. Wouldn't that be hilarious? He's like, look at you coming in no, with your hair. Is, if things work out the way I want them to, I want it to be an offhand comment later down the line. Yeah, that would be hilarious. It really, you know, your and father that would took be my a t- hair, right? Yeah, he's like, look, and and or if if John's like, listen, I have a hair, do you have a hair? Don't. He's like, that's Ooh, your father's John, fault. Stop talking shit. How about if that by the end of this, legitimately, that's all Tom Taylor's going to do is just show that all Lex needs is hair, and then he'll be fine. He's happy. He then. doesn't and, because I saw him as Lex Luthor Jr. in the '90s when he was all Australian, and he was that's still an what asshole. I need. If all of a sudden he shows up, shock of red hair, yelling, "Hello, Rolf." I'm in. I'm in. He's like, would you look the fetch of my sandwich? All of a sudden, Lex uses all his money to bring back Men at Work, the the band to to play Down Under constantly. It'd be great. But you end up where, like, Paul Hogan's his assistant. John, that would be great. Oh, my God. And somebody would have to that's show up with a, a knife. Somebody this is a report. That's all he does the whole time. That's not an HR I situation. I don't like this is an HR situation, and Goose is the nearest lady. Canceled there. Oh, you end up where John up dreamy. I'm telling you, when he you might says, be able to do that in the bush, you can't do that here. When he ends up saying and he's explaining how he was, he's going, he's a, <laughs> he's you're sexy, sexy, sleazy, You end up where John is explaining too much to Lex as if Lex is a dummy, and it's it's too much. But when he goes, I saw you trying that attack from the 2004 man, that is a dreamy looking John. I'm saying, get, pucker up, buddy. He's a child, John. uh, Look at him there. And so you have Lex, and Lex won't even look at him. He's pissed. And John goes, and the whole bet was, if I beat you in chess, though I'd never played before, which kind of seems like a little bit of a a deal that Cal should have taught him. But, hey, you end up where you have him grab that L. Superman obviously doesn't know how to play chess either. He led with his knight. He could have at least tried. But, yeah, the end up deal here was that if I win and I beat you in chess, you have to take down that LexCorp thing because it's it's putting the shade onto the Daily Planet. So he ends up winning so he can take it, grabs the L and throws it at him. I mean, throw it, it down again. gently. Telling. I love to see that. He's like, oh, right. Like, because it's a trash talk line. He's like, you know what, Lex? Okay, move over a bit. I'm going to lay it. Okay, wait. I don't want to. <laughs> take the L. And then he leaves. And the best is, does he mean E-L? Eric, oh my God! There's no, layers. There's layers. He he actually meant like go and date my mom. Like people no, thought was happening no. in Bendis's Ron deal, right? That's what he meant. Take the L. He's like little no. sexy rendezvous at the Drake Hotel in Chicago. Damn right, Eric. Damn right. Look at that. I'm I'm seriously this Lex. Eh, 
I don't like to the end of Batman. I'm heading to the Drake Hotel. So you're you're, right you're more now. of a white suit guy than a green suit guy. Yeah, I'm more of that. I, this this Lex, while he looks enough in shape, not this one looks like an older one. That other one, I don't know what he's been taking. Well, look at the businessman Luca, who like screwed up the processors on the Lexbox bots. He is just wearing a tracksuit, and now he is dead because he died of a stroke. I'm like, oh my god, you did do it, Lex. The best is the idea that they come in to investigate. And wait a second, he has a tracksuit on. That means he was in shape. Why would he have a stroke? But yeah, most that's the deal. Tracksuits when their adults are in shape. Well, that's true, bro. You end up where, yeah, the guy dies because he, he, he done messed up. He should have won against Lex and might have even thought, well, Lex doesn't have Honestly, anything. Honestly, he did like what? Take like, was it $2.8 billion from these people? Yeah, but he said that's just a little tip of the iceberg. I don't care how much of a little tip it is. Once you go to a billion dollars, you have crossed a serious line Listen, you cannot come no. back from. Just like you on Wednesday, if they just take the tip, that's fine. Eric, it doesn't upset you too much. You still have at least your dignity, right? I, I haven't had that in a while. I know. And who Look was at just him. giving the tip, honestly? Look at him, too. He's like right next to that pool in that tracksuit. He just falls over dead. Also, look at that. Nanites. Like He has that crazy, like, do you think that's just a chair? Do you think that's a vibrating, like, deck chair? It's just there? a chair. That probably gives you a reach around. That thing's Again, probably you have expensive. Ideas about billionaires. I see. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm right on, Eric. But. By the end of that, yeah, you end up, hey, mercy, have mercy. He ends up, get the president of Gamora on the line. Uh, tell Henry Bendix I'm ready to discuss the rising. And I'm like, I think that sounds really sexy. There it is. Is, is, that, is that Gamora or are you just happy to see me? Is what he's saying, right? No, I don't that get that. Stuff. And have mercy, Eric. The hair? Oh, no, he took that. That's why he's mad. He can't use that line. Oh, goodness gracious. But boy, John has a shit-eating grin when he's leaving after giving Lex the L. But yeah, uh, at the end of this, what'd you give it? I like the art in this a lot. I love Lex Luthor coming back and being like somebody who's a threat level that John could go up against, even though it seemed like we had Henry Bendix do that previously. But maybe with Lex going to be coming in here, he's going to show Henry Bendix who the real badass of DC Comics is and just take that guy right out and be the big bad. Or... Maybe even better, become the mentor that I always wanted him to be for John. Yeah, we wanted so, yeah. it for the Super Sons. We wanted at one 10, point. We yeah. meandered a bit with the ideas of like, you know, but you're talking about like uh, the flavor yeah, yeah. of the week with climate change or whatever kind of social justice he's trying to cure right now. It's always just like, I'm going to talk about that this week. And the next time he talks about it, he's like a child that's who just moves problem. from one thing to another. What is the flavor of the week? Yeah, and I, I agree. And that's why that really didn't. I got, you know, upset or whatever. It didn't affect my score because I went full out. Lex, and this is great, especially since me and you, yeah, it doesn't really spell out everything. Like, hey, you kind of sold out the whole planet. It, can, right? that, it just but upset I don't me mind. that they just said Gorilla Grodd brainwashed him and moved on. I'm like, bullshit. We saw his ass in the sky projecting doom fucking patterns to people saying, you got to vote this way, people. The mother of creation just destroyed everything and turned your world into a metal verse. I thought the idea was going to be that most people are like, hmm, I couldn't have voted for Lex because Doom did win. And maybe they're just like, yeah, let's forget about that. But the idea that he says that he ended up saying that Gorilla Grodd brainwashed, but then said his high priced lawyers are going to make that stick. But he didn't have money. So it's weird, you know, the whole idea. But I'm okay with it. I'm okay to just get Lex back. Let's go forward. This feels like classic. Feels like classic Lex. And I like that because there is a little bit of hope for the guy because it's John. And even with what Superman said, and I think that maybe it, again, though, it's weird too because 
maybe this is setting up because I feel like Lex would be infuriated that Superman is just gone and nobody knows where he is. And maybe that's where you get that him and John kind of team. I don't know how Superman will get back or whatnot. Who knows with Philip Kennedy Johnson, but I do think that that'd be a cool idea of what are you talking him about? I saw the being future. There. He doesn't get back, Jim. Not until, like, you know, years later with Imperious Lex. We're done with Superman and any sort of the DCU except in War World for the next 10, 15 years. But, yeah, I want to oh, see shit. how things plays out. We'll see how it does go down and, and all that. But, yeah, having Lex back and full out in this book feels right. So it feels great. cool. And so, yeah, I'm giving it an 8.5. And, I again, that's why I said I really like some of these books this week. But we're going to go off now to you know take a little break and then we'll be back with the second section a green section i hear eric maybe not loving everything but still uh, i think this is a positive deal eric you're showing your positive flavor here and i like it it's tasty it's very tasty you are but we're going to go off now to those books let me tell you a little bit about batman the audio adventures from hbo max bruce wayne may appear to be a wealthy playboy But beneath this facade, his true identity is that of the Batman, waging an endless war against crime. Join the Cape Crusader in Batman The Audio Adventures, the first scripted audio original featuring Batman and his villainous rogues gallery in a world premiere story of life and death in Gotham City, debuting exclusively on HBO Max. Starring Jeffrey Wright as Batman and a who's who of incredible Saturday Night Live alums, This rollicking adventure told across 10 episodes is written and directed by Emmy winner Dennis McNicholas, includes devilishly delightful original music by Doug Bossy and performances by Rosario Dawson, John Leguizamo, Chris Parnell, Melissa Villasenor, Seth Meyers, Jason Sudeikis, Brooke Shields, Fred Armisen, and many, many more. So go to hbomax.com slash Batman Audio Adventures for more and stream Batman the Audio Adventures only on HBO Max. You say Kara and I say Kara. You say robot, I say robot, Kara. Kara, robot, robot, let's call the whole thing off. You say red tornado, and I say red tornado. You say chemo, I say chemo. Tornado, tornado, chemo, chemo, let's call the whole thing off. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escape my sight. No war threats, evil mites. Aware of my power, green's light. Green's light, Eric. I, I, I always am aware and beware of those Warfords. You gotta be. <laughs> How crazy would it be? The Warfords. Storm out of nowhere. I'm telling you, I'm gonna, write, I am gonna write a TC Council one day. You gotta beware of those fucking Warfords. The Warfords. And the thing is, it's not that crazy a it's term. Not. 
the war force. These are freaking, you know, like like the Quarian weapons or some I'm, shit. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. I, I, every time I hear that war force. Coming like, out of that war world. I, I don't know what the hell he said. That's what I thought about when he said it this time. Ah, uh, that thing just keeps on giving. Uh, you, you just, and there's layers that you didn't even realize were there, Eric. Oh, my goodness now, gracious. Now, for the song that took place before the oath, though, which is new to me, I just want to know why you went with Chemo and Chemo when you could have done Dinosaur no, and Dinosaur. No, that's the thing. I didn't finish it. That's just a demo. Oh. I ended up where I, I also have, at one point in my notes, how I can work in tear and tear. Uh, You've somehow, already done that another song, right? I have that. Uh, there's there's Deron and Darren. There's a ton. I mean, I'm telling you, I have a whole. Oh, you list say Deron too? Yeah, I do. But it's still, uh, the the whole thing with tear and tear, though that that's like one of the that's the zinger. They right? are spelled the same way. It's just horseshit. I, I there's no threw, context. I threw those in. Uh, it was uh, Mark. Mark Jager uh, said that that should be a song, and I'm like, I got to do you it. Know but what? The You're problem right, is, Mark. I had to do it really quick. So I only could do the demo. That's just a little sneak peek, but I wanted you to hear that. I thought that you would Look, get a smile out of that I know I say some things one. weird every now and again, but how do you have an entire song's worth? Well, no, no, entire song. I think I have an album worth. Is what I think, and really, if we open up, album. if we start talking a bit about the Lord of the Rings and stuff, me and you would both have things that would be uh, crazy, and people would say that Look, we're the dumb. The thing but... is, it's not that people say it one way; it's just I've never heard certain things out loud. Like when I was a kid, and would call chemo chemo because yeah, I never the heard chemo it out loud. That's was, how it's was funny because and you could go with it, but you then know, you know, it's not he, that crazy. Cartoons and other media started picking up as I got older, more obscure characters and name drops started happening. Yeah, and I got yeah. informed. And I, I also like the, like the idea. They say well, that, that left and right. I like that some are just mistakes as a kid. Some are just a little twerk that you like to say just to make Oh, that GI giggle. robot. Yeah, robot. Uh, yeah, and dinosaur. Dinosaurs? Dinosaurs. Uh, yes, but we're not going to be talking about anything like that unless you call the swamp thing the swamp thang. What are you, you talking met, about? Aren't the right? Greenlanders fighting the Warfords? Well, they, well, they always are. I mean, that's the thing. Luckily, we have them out there as space cubs because those Warfords would kick our ass continuously. <laughs> uh, but this is a green Keeps section. kicking wrong turns, ass. Yeah, really. It's a, No, that's the English language oh. is what does that. But we're here with a green section. That's a proper green section. We have Greenlanders and like the Swamp. Who's Green Arrow at? Uh, really, that's what we need. Maybe we need the that trifecta. deep target, right? No. We have that. There, there's a, a bunch of things going on in that book. Ah, uh, yes. But uh, the the thing is, I was thinking, too, because you end up when we get the Swamp Thing, that's been continued. A lot of people were rejoicing. I saw people dancing in the streets, Eric. It was weird. That was they not for were. that. We have a real bad drug problem in uh, this area. That, that was true. It was actually stumbling in the streets. I just took it as dancing. Um, This Green Lantern run is weird. People are not digging it, right? And it made me think, is this going to be the run of Green Lantern that is almost going to be the Rick Grayson of the Nightwing? The next person who comes in to get an up-to-the-plate home run if they only just do the greatest hey, hits. I mean, you know what you I mean? Green Lanterns and everybody cheers. Yeah, I- I'm telling the person who would take over from this, unless things change, right? Boy, it's just it's, the they, they are really going to have the opportunity to just get people in their corner immediately by first page. Hal Jordan, Kyle Rayner, Guy Gardner, all of them just the there. Four people, yeah, yeah, people will go nuts. And that's all you need to do. That, I, I want to write this book. Every other page is just them and 
various poses. <laughs> it really, all you need is a Sears catalog of the underwear section of just all the lanterns. Yeah, they'll, they'll applaud you. John's and, doing some architect work. The house flying a plane. Kyle's drawing. Freaking guys drinking a beer. It's all working out fine. Exactly. Kyle has some art in a museum. No, I don't right? want that. Yeah. yeah, that was weird. Uh, so with all of that, we're going to start with Green Lantern since we just had the oath. And again, though, I read this book and I, I do want to like it. And you know me. I, I usually want to crack the code. Well, you don't, but you do. I, I know, you know you th- like, uh, you don't like Green Lantern stuff. Well, I, it's not my thing. But you also know that when people are really against something, I want to swoop in and, and change it. I want to end up. And it's not like I just want to like it because people hate it. No, I no, want it to is. crack You're the contrarian. Code. Now, remember when I was Stormwatch? Yeah, and no, birds of I prey. You tried because you wanted to be a contrarian. Books. I tried. No, I tried. I said to you, I'm going to read Boy, this. These I books think that maybe, I'm going to like these. Maybe I'll be able to figure it out because I thought the idea, and this is where this I all goes to. I thought that because Stormwatch, right? Yeah. Do I ever sit around and talk about Stormwatch with Sometimes. you? Sometimes. It's not my thing. Wait, we have a comics podcast. Well, it's not my thing, though. So I always think, and with this Green Lantern, I think that maybe. You know, oh, the people who don't like it are just they're set in their Green Lantern ways. Oh, I'm not. Happen. I don't have Green Lantern ways, so I read it and this I could think be that, for me. I think that I'm going to be able to like say like, listen, if you can get away, you know, away from this sort of Green Lantern thing, this is new and exciting and fun. It's not. It, it ends up. I don't know. It, it, it's a slog to get through. It really is. And when I get done, I just don't know who it's for. I really don't. And I had a I don't know if it's an epiphany in this one, but with Joe Mullen in this book, this issue really spelled out to me that Jeffrey Thorne likes to write Joe Mullen, but doesn't really have a lot for Joe Mullen to really do except talk and, you know, prove that she's tough. And I, I need more from this. Just book. like and God just, had planned for you. Yeah. I just I talk a big Didn't game. have much for him. He sits it's, around it's and just, talks. It's, it's, that's what I do. Well, yeah. See, I act up. I sit around and talk. And nobody likes me. But no, I, just the idea where Joe Mullen, me and you both like the character. We no, want to yeah. know more about her and how she fits in the grand scheme of the, of the Green Lantern Corps. You can't get that now because there is no real Green Lantern Corps. But. When she's there and she's just like, she's just a, a hot, not a hothead, but she's she is just a cop a, trying to get to the bottom yeah, of a mystery. But, and that the weird thing is though, is he really seems to want to just center on her being the cop. I want to know more and I want the mystery to be more exciting, not the dialogue of Joe saying, don't you ever call me a slave again and being tough and yelling because yeah, by the end, crossing the line you right know there. what I mean? But by the end, she does get cut like she ends up being under the it's weird but you give me your stats and we'll talk about it green Lantern number nine written by jeffrey thorne with art by tom rainey marco santucci maria labra sinapo michael atea and rob lee in this issue we learn the person behind the attack on oa is the apocalyptian isak because he plans on brainwashing people to steal their life force to make their their gods and our willpower uh-huh. loving heroes are <laughs> hold on <laughs> to make us to make their god and our willpower loving heroes aren't able to get controlled so easily but instead of some green lantern goodness or a further explanation about john Stewart's mortal guardianhood we get new god nonsense and i'm not for that Back on our Joe Mullen gets a t- magic fucked by a sorceress until we learn that Koyos, the dead guardian, was looking to restore the star heart with the people of Xerox. But for some reason, <laughs> for some reason, him is now resurrected as a rogue guardian. Yes. And yeah. 
you you say that uh, I I liked your blurb and it made me laugh. I wasn't laughing at you messing no, no, up. I was I wasn't even messing up because I'm I was laughing this. at the I'm convoluted like, this is stuff. With, I was thinking of the convoluted. That's the problem. You actually did a very good job of explaining the issue, and it made me giggle. Because then that's my big point here. It's my main point that I'll keep you know going that on. Isak, he's making his own gotcha on the Lightbringer world. You like that? You put a little, you know, you, you plug your phone into it. The Isak, I, I keep don't think that it's going to catch right? Yeah. It's not. It's going to be uncomfortable, Aaron. No, here's where here's where I get and and my idea of what this book ends up being. It's not really a story. It's more of Jeffrey Thorne. Trying to prove to people who we all know John Stewart's awesome, right? I sure think is. so. Uh, but when people start getting mad, they think that he's showing John Stewart's awesome at the expense of not showing any of the other lanterns. That's not my problem here. It's just that I already know that John Stewart's awesome. Let's get to it. Then he throws in Isa and he throws in even later Xerox and stuff. These things the are not world of Xerox. Yeah, these things are not, not the real exciting. But what I think that he's doing is he's throwing in concepts to impress people that he knows them and then also trying to elevate characters that Look, don't I wasn't quite need that elevation. But that's that's a deep cut. So even when he does that, I think that he thinks all of that's impressive. The problem is it's a boring story that is very convoluted when you're reading it. I, this issue especially, I couldn't remember what happened last issue when you just Not jump much. into this. I know, but that's the problem. What are we going to think next? Issue? You, you end up where it's more concept than story in my mind, and the concept, I think, is going over some people's heads like me. Well, just who break aren't a real it down a little deal. bit for a second here. You have a comic book issue that has two stories in the issue. With the oversized, like It's an oversized book with an extended page count. And in that, you have half the story is a John Stewart story and half of it is a Joe Mullen story. And in the John Stewart story, it seems like it's taking place a year and a half in the future from where Joe Mullen is in her, our timeline. And in that, he's already lived on a planet without his ring for a while, made it back to Oa with a bunch of refugees, and then had to go save freaking Hanu and the Kilowog on uh, the, like, uh, I forget what the freaking planet was called now. But they were being attacked by the Lightbringers angels who were taking my controlling them and sucking them into a portal. So then they went there. And on that trip there... Lonar was there, you know, the new god Lonar, and he's telling John Stewart, hey man, do you know that you're one of those mortal guardians? You're like a, a freaking new god yourself. The, the guardians, they just made you forget about this shit, but I'm going to take you back in time where you're going to punch Darkseid in his jerk-off face before it becomes Darkseid, and you're going to unleash your own power. And then when we get snap out of this, we're going to fight some like Lightbringer angels. You're going to go through a portal to the Lightbringer homeworld, meet another new god who uh, freaking like uh, he went over to Apocalypse, and now he's trying to create a god by stealing the life force of other people. And we still don't know about your mortal guardianhood that you started back in the mid 1990s and quickly forgotten about. Yeah, there you go, Eric. It's just that simple. I mean, Fuck. and that's half the story. Right, but, but so, the thing is, that's the story leading up that, like, you know, the little drips and drabs. When you have this, and you want to know about the mortal guardianhood, and like, pretty much what it means right here with the energy that John Stewart is emanating, he's almost like what Kyle Rayner was, or Sodom Yacht, the, the torchbearer, the ion entity, where he can just, you know, have the energy like that. But we're not exploring it. He is just a guy who now has power, and he's taking on a new god and a fucking giant lightbringer construct. Yeah. Now, with all of that, this is where I wonder what this book is doing. Because what you said, it, it really, you, you might as well be talking some ancient alien, you know, I think lingo. I might have just brought Cthulhu right? into this I, world. I think I don't so. Know. I, there's a portal, magic. the hell mouth open. 
because I don't quite get And You said a lot of this is going back to mosaics. Like that is not going to be what's going to get new fans in. Right. But unfortunately, I see some big Green Lantern fans who aren't like including you who aren't liking it either. So who is this for? And I said that at one point, Jeffrey Thorne ended up saying bad things about Hal Jordan, all this story. Everybody knows it by now. They should. That he said some things, and I don't like Hal Jordan. It was when he was younger I get it. and on a message board. Kyle Raiders People shit. reacted I to that and said, oh, my God. I. But now it seems like Jeffrey Thorne, I said, it's almost like he drew a line in the sand. He's like, I'm going to do my story, and I'm going to show you this, and I don't care if people like it or not. Honestly, I'm going to tell this. And it's not working out. I would do the same thing. Whether it worked out or not, at least I got my story out there. You did, but you might end up being able to have a hundred issues run. Yeah, I I don't know at this point that this book is being well served by Jeffrey Thorne. It's a shame. Came back with a conscience. Yeah, yeah, but still, (laughs) I don't think that you would tell a story where it is so out there that nobody seems to oh, be no, able the to whole crack thing the is, code with the idea of the continuity that you're trying to like throw out there and like have a whole like you know the history element of the green arrows that you're trying to incorporate new to get the old fans like oh man this is never to like go you know, talk about when it ended in the mid-1990s when the core went down this is cool we're calling back this but doing this cosmic shit by all when also saying all oh, the green lanterns they don't have any powers anymore, but John Stewart does, and this other character, you don't really know why, Joe Mullen, she's new, but she's got a different ring, she's doing other stuff, but we're not really going to talk about the details, we're doing cosmic fighting stuff while the majority of the Green Lanterns ain't got shit to do. Simon's a goddamn cyborg. Yeah, exactly. Now, when you end up coming out of metal, coming out of the two months of future state, and then you get to this book. Now, I, I said, the Nightwing stuff. With Tom Taylor, everybody seems to love it. I'm back and forth. At one point, I was saying that it was too much fan service, too much fan service, not realizing that a lot of people wanted that. And new Other people jumping. Jump like, this is the dope shit, well, Eric. And I new love th- it. Yeah, I, I do. And I go back and forth with it. That first issue, I love. And then I kind of, come on, we got to get more with the story, whatever. But it's serving well coming out of a Rick Grayson. Because oh, people yeah. were like, I'm, you know, a lot of people they just failed. On that. So... You're going into a Green Lantern book that the only thing that people had was a Grant Morrison book that might be continuity, might not. And a lot of people <laughs> were is. thrown off by it. I know. I'm not going to count it, and I'm probably I'm never going to read it. That was a wacky book. It would have thrown a lot of people off, especially new readers. When you come out of the big death metal and then two more months of Future State, you really have an opportunity in some of these books that you haven't had a lot of since you know, a while back when you had a lot of Lantern books, but then they all got canceled. We went, it's been a while since we've seen, and you go with this and it feels like that's a missed opportunity that you should have started at least six issues of having how the whole core, you can get to your lights out story that we've seen a hundred times. Maybe you should have done six issues of fan service deal to get people excited, get people in. And then you could even have people because you've already had how Kyle guy, now you, you want to see the story. Oh, my God, I want them back. That was so awesome. But you just, boom, hit with this right after the future state where it was lights out as well. And yeah. it just ends up and like. And then we're told after the fact by Jeffrey Thorne, oh, no, this is a different lights a out different because that one, one takes place like 30 years in the future. And said you have like, to be patient. My and ass. so here's the thing with me and you of, and we did not like the Green Lantern stories in the the future state no. either. We like some of the I like backups. Jesse Cruz. Yeah, that, that. I Guy like Gardner. Guy Gardner, right? So there's shows you there. 
the two things that we liked are one character that we haven't even seen, Guy Gardner. So the yeah, thing Ryan is, Ryan Cady's right now, Jessica Cruz story was strong. Yeah, it was awesome. And nine issues into this, why does it feel like I have fatigue? Like I've gone through fifty. It feels like this. Like you all, you sit here and go. Man, the story's gone on way, way too long. It is only nine issues. It's still a lot, but it just, you needed something. You needed something at the beginning to at least show the coolness, you know, the hotness that we want to get back oh, to. Oh, you need that because hot we shit right away. That a while. We, we need the hot shit, and we never got it. So now when you don't get it, now it's nine issues in, you're like, why the fuck am I reading this? This is starting to annoy a lot of people, including me. I mean, I have well, defended even the this idea book. That- I would get excited for bringing back Mosaic, but not because I like Mosaic. I actually think Mosaic was a terrible story in the mid-90s, but it was just dropped like a freaking sack of bricks back then because they were doing new stuff at DC with the Green Lantern, like overall just bringing Kyle Rayner and getting rid of the core. So it was just completely dropped and never really brought up again. So when you start doing that stuff, I get excited just for continuity-wise, and I'm a goddamn nerd. But the way he is playing this now, he's not coming out really saying how it's connected. He's playing it like a he's, he's playing it so coy it's getting infuriating because nobody, unless you are in the know, will ever pick up on this. It's just a weird status quo for change for John Stewart that nobody will be able to understand. And that's my problem. Me coming into this again every time a Green Lantern book comes out, that's hopefully my opportunity to enjoy it because it's not my thing, and I have enjoyed some things. I mean. Quite frankly, I love first, that willpower spiking shit. At, no, at first, yes. I really actually did like even Renegade because I'm like, oh, this will be kind of neat. This will be new. It's how Jordan with a power gauntlet wearing a trench coat in space with long yeah, hair. Right. That's badass it, right there. The problem is the things that we really wanted didn't play out as much. We were, we were upset about that. But it, it's that whole deal when you end up having rebirth and you have the, you know, Jessica and Simon. I, I was all excited. Yeah, Sam Humphreys kind of did some wacky things and people didn't understand how the lantern rings work and stuff like that. But I was still excited about things. This is starting to get to the point where I'm just, I, I just don't get it. I don't get why he is so entrenched in the story and not giving people, you are providing something. You know what I mean? You're, you're doing something, hoping fans will like it and then you can continue on. And he does pretty much seem like he's screw that i'm gonna tell the story and i'm gonna take my time and it's it's not selling it's not being reviewed well i mean all around it well, it's not doing it's well it's not being and, reviewed well but if you look at different reviews some people are going to give us a 10 and nine. Well, people but i'm saying overall when i see overall scores nowadays and those tens don't end up jiving that up if that's a term eric and then I realized the that it, we're in a time frame right now where every book that comes out will get a 10 out of 10, if not more. So when you see the sliding scale of reviews and you see this getting an aggregate score of like six, seven, things like that, you realize something's wrong. Plus, not many people are reviewing it anymore. People have kind of been, and that, that, it's a shame. What's well, leaving is, people behind in its convoluted at nature? At one and point, and also, Eric Shea told me that Hal Jordan was actually part of the Trinity. You said that a Green yeah, Lantern should Lantern. be. I mean, when you end up having books that you have this concept. Look, I told where, you that Barry Allen had just broken the universe, too. And Wonder Woman, nobody was talking about. And I actually hated with the whole New 52 stuff. So I was saying Superman, Batman, Hal Jordan, because that Hal was Jordan. my trinity. Now, with that, so if you have time. most people, when they kind of get together and say, hey, let's come up with a Justice League team. There's going to be a lot of people who say we need a Green Lantern. Green Lantern has to be on. That, that right there shows you how important 
these characters are. But DC itself lately has not even seemed to recognize that. And Jeffrey Thorne just wants to well, tell his story. It's not even DC. They're willing to give freaking their flagship book over to Brian Michael Bendis. Obviously, don't they don't care about the characters. Well, yeah, you're right there. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you, you're right. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we also, the other thing, before we get into the actual story here, but again, your blurb probably spelled it out more than I could ever go page by page. But with that, you end up where we get upset sometimes when, Writers will try to elevate a character by making another one less. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, you have yeah. this a lot of times, and it's happened it really recently. Really grinds argues. It does. And and a lot of people even thought that that was the push for getting John to be Superman. All of a sudden, John, but you said it on the podcast, John was the one who was saving everything while Superman was kind of floundering around and being duped. But in this, it's weird because he's doing it. He's not doing that, but... Without the other lanterns and anything, it just ends up like the book feels just really thin. Like, you need more. This is a Green Lantern Well, even the idea of having the two dual stories going on, but apparently going on at different times where John is like like a year ahead in the future while, you know, Joe is trying to figure out the mystery of who destroyed the central power battery and killed the Guardian Koyos. It just feels disconnected because as she's doing it's like... I guess we're going to have to wait a year for John to get back to help, you know, with Owen, well, see what the hell year, is, and, is and going I on just, there. I just think it'll end up being time travel. That, that's what we're having here to get back there. I, and I think even that a that's year why in you the future or whatever we have here going on, because that's what it felt like. I'm pretty sure they said that in the, when the issue when John got back to Owen and stuff like that. But even in the, in the own comics timeline of that, even if Joe figures everything out, they're still not gonna, we're not, we're not going to get our Green Lanterns back. There's no power battery and there's no fucking Green Lantern core. So what the hell are we doing here? I know. Yeah, that's that, you just said exactly what I think at the end of each issue. More and more as we go on, I was into it at first. I thought that it was unique. I thought that it we're was. seeing a little bit of a, a focus on something that we hadn't seen. Jeffy came hard with deal. that blowing up that central power battery. Yeah, we right did. Away. That was big. But now it's like, what the hell are we doing? It, it feels like that right now. And even if you throw in pretty much a reference to Stand by Me. With uh, with Edward James almost in here, uh, it still doesn't get me, right? Almost there, I know. Almost. Did you ever see that? Did you ever see Stand by Me of course with Lou Diamond Stand Phillips? That was a good. No, I'm talking about or Stand and Deliver. It was. I'm gonna say like, Did you ever I've see that him, with like, Edward James almost being in there? But no, no, it was, it was Stand I, and I, Deliver. Maybe I saw Stand. It and Deliver. It was one of those, you know, let's turn the seat around and and talk to the kids' movies. Edward, I feel like Ed I've James seen almost. every one of those movies. Edward James almost is a uh, principal. And there's a bunch of bad guys, including our man Lou Diamond Phillips. But yeah, when they when I saw Almost, and it was about the things, I even went back to see if the kids that he's talking about were actually characters in that, but they they were not there. But even then, like okay, I'm just sitting a, here like the idea that you're talking about for some reason. I'm like, well, who was Almost? Oh, you're talking about the flat, the weird flashback that John is yeah, having when he's knocked Mr. out by the Lightbringers Angels. And even that, talking, did that play out to you? No, it, it didn't because seemed... it's, a, it's a weird flashback where a teacher in high school said, if you have the strength and you have the power, you need to protect people and not bully them. Even if you are, you know, going after bullies right now, you're still causing violence instead of just protecting people in general. And then it leads to everybody around him turning into the Guardians, essentially telling him the same thing. So. Everybody's entire life telling, this is who you need to be, John, and step up. And But we don't know what that means in this new status quo for John Stewart being a new god slash mortal guardian, whatever you want to go with here, where he just has the power and he can't be hurt. He is nigh invulnerable here. Even when Lonar says, like, he wakes up, he's like, Lonar, oh, my God, I'm alive. Oh, yeah, you're alive. It's going to be really hard to even hurt your ass. I'm like, motherfucker was just knocked out. What are you yeah, talking really? about? He, he was thought he was dead. Cold. Yeah. 
He's like, yeah. And even then, like, where where are the stakes, Eric? With the idea, like, well, there nobody's gonna really be able to hurt you, and we'll have this, but. I just we'll go into this because you start off and it ends up just if you have to kind of remember what's going on with this fight going on here. It's, it's John fighting Lightbringer Angels. Yeah, Lightbringer and, and Angels. No, I'm saying that when you end up starting off, it really threw me off because I couldn't remember what was at the end. And he's fighting them. And then all this leads to, like you said, him being knocked out and remembering this deal. And then to go forward, though, it for does this nothing. half it's, of the thing, nothing happens. This part of the story, when all I want to know more about is the new status quo of John Stewart, and what 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 it means to the character. Well, Lodar's fucking talking in riddles around his ass. This idea, like you know, you have the power. Like the Guardians think it's a part of your emotional spectrum, but that is what you are mostly like, like uh, emanating right now. I'm like. So he's just like Ion that we had with Kyle Rayner or Sodom or any of the torchbearers before. It's not a new concept. This talk about the mortal mortal guardianship. And Isak, he's like, yep, shit's been tough lately. New gods, apocalyptians. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make my own god. Steal some life force. Make a light construct. Here you go, everybody. Light bringer. And then John uses his newfound godhood powers to blast it. And all of a sudden, you know what we have, Jim? We have a fucking god storm. What yeah. the hell is a god, god storm? God storm. Oh We're my just god. gods know. in front of everything. Now we call it. It is. Man, that's what my I god thought. laptop I'm yeah, talking I'm with. like, oh my god, this god podcast we're on. Holy moly. Yeah. Uh, it's but a god even storm. The, even the progression. It's, you know fighting the angels then they get on the planet again okay we're, we're nobody can see us for what we are oh my god he's like he sees us and well, then they fight then, again what is that because even then we have john show up he's fighting people gets knocked out comes to mrs man what the hell is going on lodar who's that that's isak why isn't anybody attacking us anymore i'm a god a new god i'm making everybody not see us until the new god sees them and then tells everybody to attack them once again this entire yeah. part is just padded out <laughs> like you know, he couldn't fill the page space for a fucking micro part of the story and we just have assholes standing around doing nothing is the problem that he doesn't have that much story and he has to wait till they connect or is the problem that he needs more room so he can't tell the whole thing whatever it is Something has working. to be done because you can't. This story is going like a drip. And then when you get to this and that's what you get, you just like. And the, the problem I really have with this book now is that and you I think you'll agree at, at points we have flip flopped of, well, the, the Joe Mullen stuff wasn't great. But, man, that was cool stuff going on with John or the John. That yeah, was OK. But oh, yeah. the, the Joe. We're starting to have nothing. We're starting to just meander. And maybe you need to use the larger page space to just this month we do John. Boom. Well, even we the whole thing where Joe, Joe, Joe was always my saving grace in this, getting to the mystery of what's going on in Oa. And when we get to this whole different side of the story where she's then questioning the bright circle inmate from the planet Xerox, uh, Yurdian, I'm going to say mm-hmm. this wrong every time, but Yurdian. Yurdian. And all we do then is we stand around, she gets magic mind fucked, goes to another holographic kind of world where we just kind of stand around and have the almost same kind of storytelling experience that we just had with Jon Stewart fighting somebody else while Joe is just kind of trying to get a question going on, a questioning going on. And then yeah, she's, she's attacked to interrogate by, her in you know, a hologram fa- type fantasy of the mind. world. Yeah. And, and it's, it's so frustrating. The idea, like you said, though, the big thing going on and why I like the Joe Mullins, I like Joe Mullins, but yeah. I like the Joe Mullins stuff because that's the important stuff. That's right. the battery. That's the lights out. That's the Kelly stuff. That's all the stuff that I'm really interested in. Well, even and oh, we're know, not we, getting enough. We even forgot to talk about the idea because there's so much just layered on top of where when we had to go save Hanu and kill Wag, 
that was in the dark sector, which we found out before the Guardians got all time fucked. Is something going on with a hyper a hyper time barrier in the dark sector? And I don't know what any of those means, but we have a group of non-powered Green Lanterns going to the dark sector to save them when they just happen to come across a bunch of angels mind-fucking people and taking them to another world where an apocalyptic new god is trying to make a new god construct. And I'm like, what? What? That, and that's the nonsense, Warren. John Stewart is a goddamn god himself. <laughs> you know what's funny about it is I, I, I hit the nonsense, Warren. It's back here. It's that not time. nonsense. It is. It's all it's nonsense. It's nonsense the way it's being told. And I think I don't that maybe. Know anything. Well, that's the problem is it, I shouldn't say it's not nonsense. It might not be. But the way it is told, the delivery system of this story I is I feel like whack. an asshole saying all that. <laughs> asshole? I, I feel like my head's spinning. I don't know what's going on. I have problems as it is. And I'm reading this. And at the end of, of reading an issue, you, it's one thing to say, man, you know what? That reveal at an end of an issue, that made me want to go back and read it again to see, oh, my God, the layers of this. I end up finishing, and I'm like, because I have problems, I don't know if you realize, I I have very big problems with focus and stuff. So at the end, I actually think, was I wandering during this? Because I'll start going and thinking the thing, but I'm not. I just can't follow. I I can't follow that it's so, it's almost impenetrable. Two people, especially if you don't know the lore, and even if you do, you're going to be it's a convoluted deal. But at least you have some concepts that are already ingrained in you that you can at least grab onto something. When I'm doing this, I have not. I'm, I'm falling up a bag. Trying to grab on the ledge. Please tell me what happened. Yeah, in I'm, I'm sitting there. The, the funniest thing is, I was going to send you a note that basically would say, "I'm leaning heavy on you in this because I don't know." What happened? I don't know. I do, but I don't because not much happens. No. So I get that. But when you even have Joe and she's going to do this interrogation, like I said, you end up having a real big emphasis. I think for some reason that Jeffrey Thorne really wants to make people love Joe, but people are going to love Joe because people love Joe or they go read Far Sector, all that. But where he plays this off, there's just such a focus on her type of dialogue and her being tough. I want to know the mystery, and I want to well, do. It's not and, only her because even Noridian, the, the like the sorceress that she's, she's talking that's to what about I'm this saying. whole she thing, she even goes against it, and she's actually tougher. And by that, hand, I, right? Well, she's all like yees and stuff like yeah, that, which is annoying as shit. Old, that, but but the thing villain. is, what we're talking about here is the star heart, the heart of magic in the universe that our the guardians are being accused of getting rid of. So the magic is only half to resist. It is in their mind buried within O and stuff like that to get all that chaos magic out of there. But with you know, like the thing that like you know charges up. Alan Scott's ring and stuff like that, where his magic ring comes from. So when we're talking about the Starheart, this is a big important thing to DC Comics. But again, like the John Stewart thing and what his status quo means, we he, Jeffrey Thorne is playing it close to the chest. He is being coy about this and not coming out and saying and talking about what this actually means. And then when we have the Guardian Koyos, who's going to the planet Xerox because he needs to come up with some kind of treaty or pact with them because he realizes. There's something mysterious going on. Like, maybe this is all going to be revealed and make sense later on and be like a really great reveal. But the way it's being told, this guardian going off because he's mad that the rest of his brothers and sister guardians aren't like agreeing with him about what they need to be done. And him going and say, fuck you guys. I'm going to go do this over here. Only for this to be a convoluted plan where he is then struck down by a sorcerer where his body is then put in the central power battery. But when the, the magical arrow that killed him changed his body, sent him to what is Joe calls a shadow vault here. So 
he blow, this magic blows the central power battery. It just reminds Koyos, me again like an impurity that ends up being a you know of, a suicide but then, bomb. That, but then Koyos isn't dead. He ends up going to a shadow vault, but then it seems like he's magically like you know transformed into the anti guardian at the end. I'm like, no, You're stop. saying a lot of things, right? I like that. No, here's no. The, here's here's how I'll explain some other things too. Here is the idea that the star heart you said it's huge. Yeah. It's a big thing. Tell but me Jeffrey about Thorne, it. Talk. Jeffrey Thorne seems to want to just think that either words. he thinks that everybody knows about it. And, and really, since this book has started, I'll give you credit, which I don't often do, Eric. You know what I mean? I don't I like guess. to do that. But you have taught me more of the star heart in just like a couple sentences. Each podcast we talk about this than Jeffrey Thorne has. And he is really, like you said, by the end, maybe this will be this big thing. The reveals. But the problem it is, just feels in my like mind, it's going to come out of nowhere and not make any sense because like, we yeah. haven't had any lead up that made sense to go along with it. This feels like a foundation of sand. Like oh my god, say. you can't build and anything on that. No, you can't unless maybe a sandcastle. I mean, you would no, build the that, take that on away. a foundation of sand, right? But yeah, so when when the time comes, I'm really scared that it's going to be this. Hey guys, boom! Just like he does in some of these too. Isak, like everybody's just with. I can imagine. Just imagine this is like a, you know, a show and somebody's like, hey, everybody, are you ready to rock? Here comes Isak. And Isak like would walk out and there'd be crickets. They'd be like, well, the thing the is, is you this? say that, but I feel like it's the same thing when Lonar showed up. Uh, that's, it's all of it. That's what I'm saying. At the end, hey, everybody, you want to get ready for this anti-guardian? What? Everybody's just like he's got some shit on his head. Get back here. Get back in your seats. You, you better have seatbelts on him because people are leaving. Because these big reveals aren't being set up to make them big. You need to set things up. This is a really odd way of telling a story as if you're actually in a boxing match trying to get some info out of Jeffrey Thorne. But just imagine this, though, where Joe is trying to get to the bottom of the thing. And, like, uh, Neridian is talking, like, you know, all in riddles like fucking Lonar is and shit like that. But eventually she uses her magic. It can actually, she can leave whatever she wants. She's not stuck in a science cell. She opens up a gateway, sucks Joe Mullen into a freaking, which Joe calls a shadow vault, which is just a space of darkness where then she finds herself falling through the shadow vault back to Oa, where she is now depowered and says, oh my God, it's a freaking shadow vault. Koyos isn't dead. And now he's a gigantic anti-guardian construct with some shit on his head. Yeah. You end up having you see Kelly a little. They're talking about getting that gauntlet off, and then all of a sudden you end up having. This is the weird part. Why? Would, why do we need freaking a weird off? Like it, it just shoots over to freaking Simon and and uh, Tina Lennon. The child's condition is baffling. There is no medical reason for her comatose state, and yet she's stable, though, right? She is, and we will continue to monitor her and her weapon. Oh, thank that, you. So we did that's nothing. It. That's it. Like you had it's two panels like, hey, to talk her? about. Freaking Teen Lantern still being comatose while Joe Mullen comes out of a shadow vault powerless and then rockets down to Oa where she looks really cool and kind of really sexy without any power fucking Green Lantern <laughs> costume on. <laughs> and Simon's running at her. Hey, baby. Oh, uh, yes. Now, again, you have all this going on and I'm reading it and I'm so confused. I can't understand a thing. So that makes me not enjoy it. Eric, I am a huge right now Blackpink fan, right? I, I can't that. stand a word that they, I, I don't know what they're saying and I love it. Uh, why can't I do that with this? I sit here and I'm, I don't know what's going on. I have no idea. I just sit and at the end, you're just slapping me in the face with, 
Anti-Corbyn. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. He's got some weird thing on his head there. It looks like, you know, almost like it's playing off the idea of even like a Starro type deal where he's being controlled, not being controlled. It's I like don't a weird Cthulhu on his head. Yeah, it's weird, it's right? magic shit. I'm sure it's just the magic shit. But again, but like, even when you go think about like, you know, uh, Koyas' sister, Nemo Sini, from the last issue when she went and killed the Kaluan freaking head of the head, like United Federation of Planets, I'm like, What's what's that little blue bitch up to? Why did we go back to that? That's that's offensive, Eric. Even blue when I look, feel I'm like, pissed? I think they're just going to beat the anti guardian. Use his heart there. The, that's the new battery. Life. Look at that thing. And yes, it looks like he is wearing a. a I'm going to guess it's going to be a star heart from the center. I think of it's the, a star like, heart. Yes, but it's making a, a lantern new lantern battery. Yeah, and the the necklace will be the new lantern battery, and then we'll. But again, but that's the thing is it, maybe. is it it is different than the Green Lantern Corps stuff. It is a magic based thing. Gotta make, that's how we're going to bring it all together, Eric. We're going to bring it all. They're going to have to. That accept shit don't affect magic. wood. They're going to have to accept this magic stuff. I don't know. I see Simon there. He thinks the wood is good, right? He's got to look. Oh, my, Eric. I just want it to be offensive like you. But by the end, I think this this, uh, book, I think it looks good. The colors are great, which the colors should be in a Green Lantern book. We talked about that before. Not quite like the new Guardians book that you told me was the Oh, my God. All those different colors popping at every page. Oh, my God. Remember when Kyle was on his freaking path to become a White Lantern and becoming a new different Lantern each issue leading up to like, mwah. Yeah, yeah. I, every time an issue would come out, we'd both I miss say, New Guardians. Boy, I wish I was a colorist on this one. You really get to, you know, <laughs> explore the space. Uh, but what would you give this? It's not a very good issue. It looks good. I like the characters involved, and I like what they're leading to. I just don't think the story's told very well, and you really don't get a lot out of this, even though you have a gigantic cliffhanger for the ending Joe Malin part. But it just doesn't read like a really good issue to me, a 5 out of 10. Bing yeah, bong. and that's just a regular five. It's regular five. With. Yeah, I don't want to go fuck you. It's just because it's not like this issue made everything convoluted. It's been convoluted from the get go. It is staying right proper with what it's brought it us before. It would be funny because if you gave this one an fu five, you almost would have to go back and and alter some things because, like you said, this just continues the party. It doesn't, you know, start it out. It's a shame. Even if I can it. understand what's happening, I want to know more because these are new concepts, and I find myself my mind wandering when I think about it and making up my own canon because I'm not getting enough here. Well, and that's the problem. Sometimes that happens with both of us when we end up reading something and it's so convoluted like that. You do start to make up your own story, and that's not good. You know, on the opposite side, as we often complain about, like a Tom King, that sort of writing that's ambiguous. You start and almost like he wants you to make up stuff, but that yeah. doesn't play out well with us either. So I'm five. Uh, no, actually, I'm going to go four point five. I'm a little less because I don't know what's going on, and I just wonder why I'm reading it. And Jeffrey Thorne is not giving because it's Green any Lantern. Sort of, well, Green and, Lantern's but Jeffrey ass. Thorne is not giving me any sort of inkling of why of the I should be. I mean, I mean, seriously, everybody's running scared from the Warfords, including the next book. Oh, I don't know why the next book would be running from the Warfords, but still Swamp Thing or the Swamp Everybody Thing, number 10 it. by Ram V with art by Mike Perkins, Mike Spicer and Adida Bidakar. Ram V finishes what is now the first phase of a Swamp Thing run as we don't get much more answers than before, but set up what may be even more anatomy lesson vibes come March. Correct. I know people love this book, but every time I read it, I just wonder why with Alan Moore's Swamp Thing easily available, I need to read this one. Maybe when we return in March for another six issues, it'll start feeling more important in the overall DCO and get me more invested. And that's this book has always felt, even with it being a tie in to Suicide Squad for three issues, it still doesn't feel like 
a real connected book because we want to know what's going on with the green, with the swamp thing. Alec Holland is kind of a mystery and an enigma out there. We're not he's seeing off much doing of him, but, the green stuff right now. Yeah, but again, there's actually I say that he, in my mind. Thing and, no, no, the thing is, Swamp he's Thing is in a the new green era. In this. But no, the thing is, everybody who's been an Avatar is in the green. Like it's a, a, a thing where it's like you know, use your body, but your consciousness, or at least a part of it, or your soul, whatever you want to go with, is always going to be in the green. Then, yeah, and he actually helped Levi at one yeah. point. So. That was kind of set up almost like it was passing on. But I still don't feel like this is the Swamp Thing, even though it's called the Swamp Thing. I just seem like this is like a little bit of a stop. And then let's see. I don't think that in two years, Levi will be the Swamp Thing. I think it'll be Alakon. It'll just be standard Swamp Thing. I don't think that this will will be Swamp Things. Swamp Things. And But again, though, this 10th issue... People are excited. It's going to six. I wanted now. to see how this was supposed to be the finale. I want. I was trying. Well, to that's what I was just going to say. How could this to see be a finale? How this worked? Like what was changed when or where? Kind of thing to see how this was supposed to be a finale originally before they extended. But I don't know because even this issue t- kind of didn't want to tell much of a story. No, and that's the weird thing about it is, is this the original finale? And then DC got said it. no. No, said, what are you what? doing? Like, what are you doing? Did you this just put the nothing. end with the question mark? You can't do but that. If that's it, I mean, I, we said I, I I looked into Ram V's past and things like that. Like I went wow. back in his past. No, he's a very smart guy. A private detective and everything. A, a, he also he changed his look into a real sexy one, Eric. He yeah, knows right. what how you do. to you do it, right? Yourself. Exactly. But he's a real smart guy. I mean, smart beyond what you normally see in, in our neck of the woods, right? So he, he writes this, and is this his diabolical genius where he says, I'll just do these 10 issues, I'll end in not an ending, and really force them. And keep, he, I could see him at, in what we think is the office building of oh, yeah. the old DC, and he's like, yeah, you know what? Real shame that I didn't get much more time on this. I really could have done. And then when this comes All in, right. they're like, oh, my God, we better give him more because the story doesn't really end. Or did that be, it's weird to think that, all along, it was 16 issues, and he knew that to make this, because this finale really is nothing. It's pseudo-finale. Or so was it changed because it, they extended it on? I like, don't what, know. Did they never actually write the ending that was intended because they knew they are going to have more time? But it's weird because then I get the idea that then you're swerving the deal. More, like You know what I mean? Like If it was going to be the ending... Now, is that original ending going to come after the next six issues? But then you have a lot of space to fill to get to what would have been here. It's weird. But you end up, it really feels, really feels like an homage maybe or a sequel to Anatomy. Just the Anatomy lesson of Alan Moore, which which was second issue of style and stuff like this. But the feel of it, I think you want a flavor of Swamp Thing. If you want an overall flavor, a symmetry to the Swamp Thing is... You know, the different series to make it feel like a like a cohesive kind of narration, like a book. Why not go for the Alan Moore style well, in your storytelling? Th- but that's the thing. In my mind, this is more of an aping than a style. And it's almost like in my mind where Tom King, again, we'll go back to him. And that the when same he thing, had, When he had, no. Because remember, this is the thing. In this, the there's no thing. real thing. There's no, yeah, <laughs> here's the swamp thing. Is It's almost the idea of, Oh, I'll say it's an homage if somebody calls me on it. It's not really doing it. It's like when we had the gentleman and the super friends deal with Wonder Woman, where it really was kind of a ripoff of an action comics story that Tom King was going with until somebody realized that. And then he's like, oh, 
I might have read that. It might have been the background. It's an homage like that. This, I wish that it would have just, just come out the and said. And the way it looks and the narration box and stuff like that, it, it feels like a swamp thing. Even book. them trying to capture the swamp thing and get him and so that they can, you know, do. At the end, it really feels exactly like, even with Woodrow showing up, I'm going to look into this. It's almost exact. I mean, it's not exact, but it's so much like. Anatomy Did lesson. Anatomy, le- I can't even anatomy say that. lesson. And Did my anatomy point is, anatomy lesson have Woodrow eating a pale wanderer to become an avatar of the desert. What they did though was, <laughs> even in that, the setup was that Linda Holland they wanted to get first, and right. you know, almost. It's a shame we don't have the two samples here. And she was nothing, so they had to figure out the swamp thing. Brought him in, cryogenically you. froze him, like here, and then start picking and choosing, and you know, getting the thing. It just. Everything feels like, and I wish well, thing that this is, was that, a, I wish, because it does feel like this is even almost a sequel. Well, to, to a degree it things. is, because even if you go back to things before, when you saw like the beginnings of, you know, Mr. Pilgrim and the Prescott Corporation, he had General Sunderland's freaking notes and stuff like that from leading back to everything that would have happened before. So he knew how to deal with a swamp thing. And that's what, but I want it more. If you're going to do that, be on Front Street about it. It seems, again, almost like Jeffrey Thorne, not as bad, but you're being coy. About it tying in now again, it really feels like that anatomy lesson vibe. But that that was the second issue that Alan Moore wrote. There was so many more Second's after that. Best, Jim. Yeah, and but even before that, the first issue jumps on. He ends up tearing down everything and shooting up and capturing swamp. I'm sorry, that almost feels what he did was oh, he ended up burning shooting, the swamp. He ended up pretty much tearing down everything that was before him to get to an that's swamp. That's what this feels like. Like the whole idea of Levi and Jacob and we're going to just rip through them. We're going to capture them. We're going to get them and kill them. And we're going to, it just felt like it. And, but the, the big thing about it is, and I think it looks really good. We've talked about not really loving Mike Perkins art in other things. Oh, I like it in this. It looks great. I, I really do. And I don't mind. The way the greens and the oranges contrast and pop with each other like that. I think it works really well. I don't mind. And, and, all I'm saying, and then we'll get into this, is actually, and when I say that I'd rather just go read Alan Moore, the problem is this doesn't feel like, except for Levi, but we don't know enough about him. It doesn't feel like we actually have its own thing even yet after 10 issues. It feels well, you, you like say that, things Jim. are still being set up. I read this issue and thinking the entire time like I would because it was supposed to be the finale, but obviously things changed. But going into this, like, Besides for Levi and Jacob getting like, you know, magicked up as kids to be a chosen one for India's woods and to become an avatar of the green one day or just the protector of this area's forests and jungles and stuff like that. Besides for that, what, how did Levi become the swamp thing? Cause I have no goddamn idea or even how Jacob became hetera and somehow corrupted the green and had all the side story that is going on in the background, but never expressed here and hasn't been expressed for quite a few issues now. I am so kind of lost on all the details about the individual characters. And then you have Mr. Fucking Pilgrim firing Levi's girlfriend. Like, what was like? We hardly knew you. Like, Jennifer, him, like, what was going on with her in the background of all this other stuff? And how much did she know against what she didn't know? Because I don't know anybody's motives or intents in the long run or how anything happened. And here, here again, th- this is I, I, Except I'm Mr. Just, Pilgrim. He's a piece of shit. I know what he wants. Yeah, I'm trying desperately to to explain how I feel about this, and and I think that when you're Brr, saying I'm that, angry. <laughs> maybe I realized it's this. How about this? Is that you're right? It has the the 100 vibes the of the Alan Moore, the flavor, right? Yeah. But that's all you got. 
you're really relying. This book is all flavor. This book is all spread pages with so little bits like of Tom the Taylor vegetation bit. and stuff. So, when, but the fan service. Well, it's not even fan service because again, this flavor. isn't like fan service to me is. Hey, remember when yeah, I was a cop? Cool, right? <laughs> you know, but this isn't like remember this. And this is trying to give you the vibe of it and try to get yeah. like you said. It's all flavor. Yeah. There's not a lot of substance yet, and. In the deal again, I think that Jennifer will come back and bite them in their ass, you know, quite like when you had an anatomy lesson when Woodrow gets fired. We don't need you anymore. And the idea that we're above everybody. I'm this guy that can do anything. I'm going to fire your ass. Get the hell out. And that was his undoing. And I think that, again, that'll be Jennifer there. But overall, like you said, it's all just flavor it's all and the flavor's great eric i'll eat it up oh yeah it's tasty because it does if i sent you a picture that i ended up seeing i'm like yep that's what i kept thinking it's definitely that vibe and even with the mike perkins art he's doing this it's obvious and i don't think that they're trying to hide that but we need more and luckily we're going to get six issues that's what i said i need more i need to find out what levi means to a green where like we're saying about the green lantern book we don't know what's going on with the green right now we end up having an infinite frontier and before that ship was going bad and we didn't know there's the parliament of trees parliament of flowers what's going on and this book kind of cool he was writing that though but he never resolved that we never saw a clear path of what the green really means and he's not doing it here either. I just and like to think about it, though. Like, you know, Jason Woodrow had the the, the Parliament of Flowers, like, the power taken away from him. He's no longer the king of petals. And then all of a sudden he's like, well, I guess it's back to, like, you know, business work and doing doctory stuff. And now I'm going to eat me a desert avatar. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. And uh, remember, we really like that Justice League Dark Annual. Oh, yeah, it was really good. And remember, it was Rand V who wrote it. That was still when Tynan was doing the run and he oh, came yeah. in and did that. So he he's he's a good writer. It's just that he likes to man, like he likes feel over real story, and he said this. Well, he likes is, to right get now, that. He is fruit stripe gum, where it tastes great right away, but there's, it doesn't last very long. Yeah. Oh, again, it's like one of those things that I don't Flavor know. Doesn't that, last, that, Jim. And and with that, when you're so excited about it, when it goes away afterwards down the line, when somebody says, "What's your favorite gum?" You're not going to say fruit stripe. You're going to say, you know. I don't know. Bubblicious. <laughs> you know, that, that crazy shit. Uh, but yeah, it, and I see people loving it, and I think that they are loving it. I'm not going to say that they're hacks or anything like that, Eric, because it does have that flavor. Because there's but, limitations to this podcast? Well, there's, well, no, there's no limit. <laughs> no, there is. Aaron, there but, is. No, it's just that idea that each issue does wow you at points, but Great. it's more of art. It's more of a spread page. It's more of a flowery narration. It's more of the whole thing, like you said, though, because you said to me, page, like, yes, this does feel, look, and act a lot like anatomy lesson, and I, and I like need, that. And, and even I like just all the right yeah, But I need more than that. I need more than a feel. And that's what, like I said, I that's agree. what I think it really goes down to it at the end is because I think it feels great. It, you, you know, have but it's a less fight filling, here. Eric. It's a civil war, brother against brother, with like Jacob versus Levi for who's going to be controlling the green right now. And ultimately, the fight's interrupted or freaking disqualification because Mister Pilgrim says, "Fuck it, I'm going to send like nitro, like uh, what was it freaking? What's the uh, stuff called? The uh, the liquid nitrogen through 
throughout my building, and I'm also going to use that plant of suppressant that the Suicide Squad had in that jungle, but didn't really talk about, and really didn't affect Levi all the much, but we're going to freaking flood the entire building with, ni- with uh, liquid nitrogen and this plant screw-up system, and this just does it. And Levi just surrounds Jacob in his swamp thingness, and this goes in, and you have a long flower- flowery pro- prose of you know, the former Avatar talking about why plants do what they do, why the trees do this way. And from what I got from this whole thing is that, like eventually Levi will still be the Swamp Thing later on and he will be the motherfucker that kills humanity because like either, you know, they do stuff for the like the good of the world or for the worst part of it. This is why the plants like humanity because they have the will to do this or that, but it doesn't really matter because they're always going to strive for something better. And I'm like, oh shit, Levi's going to kill humanity like a future state because he thinks it's what the best. Yeah, I'm telling you, before, you know, that comes, we'll have 80 other swamp things. You just had him like, and, like 80,000 years in the future? Yeah, it was so far. I, I think that what happens at that point, you could play the idea that, like you said, everybody goes into the green. I think that the green would go dormant at a point, and then they need an avatar well, I don't 80 even know. million years in the future, and they pick Levi because he's pissed. Like, even the idea, though, that, like, you know, Mr. Pilgrim using all the notes and information that he has on how to take out a, you know, avatar of the green, because it's just too dangerous. He wants to have Levi, he wants him to have it like a living subject like this, but shit's just gotten too real for him. All right, let's fucking destroy both of them because this goddamn brother showed up. He's got fucking deer antlers for some reason. It's crazy. Just kill the fuckers both. But we had this happen as along the lines of like the anti Tom King when he did that weird Swamp Thing winter special, like, you know, Swamp Thing surrounded by pine trees, like, I can't feel the green. I'm like, well, that's some bullshit. In this People thing, love that issue. I know, but <laughs> in this it. thing, yeah. where Swamp Thing is completely frozen and then has is just surrounded with, you know, a thing that will cut off all pheromones or connection to any kind of plant life. Or I'm trying to figure out how to explain it well, but pretty much it negates plant powers, I'll say. When you have this happen and like, you know, Levi is just contacted spiritually by the avatars of old, which is this seems to be, you know, one avatar who keeps jumping bodies, and I'm like, that's not the way the parliament works, but whatever. That's what you're going with, that's what you're going with. But one looks I don't like Alan Moore, by the way. I don't know how Levi comes out ahead of this because he's just giving a rah rah speech and says, Yeah, I'm gonna break free of this shit, and then does it. But Eric, at one point you get my thing where he says swamp thing and you get the the thing in the symbol in the uh, in the yeah. font. And then he comes through. But again, when you have him and he's cryogenically frozen, again, I mean I I hate to keep beating the drum here, but that's how he is presented in anatomy lesson yeah. when you have Woodrow go and Woodrow sets it up because he's pissed where I am, turn the thermostat down over here. And then he falls out and he's just dormant. He comes in and he's not yeah. dead. He goes. And I think that we get kind of that same thing here, but with a rah-rah speech and with that. But yeah, you, you set this up, but at the end. So listen, you are not done yet. There is still time to act. Listen beneath the falling snow. There is yet a faint heartbeat. Listen and rise, Swamp Thing. There it is. And there is yet a life to be saved. Really feels like the Tom King thing at the end. Dragon a room, a rum. I don't know how to say it, though. That crimson flower, that obsidian stamen. I don't know what that word means either, but remember its its ability to make heat, even in the unforgiving cold. I'm like, you can remember all you want. You had your powers taken away and you were frozen. I don't know what the (laughs) fuck you're doing here. He remembers, Eric. That's all you need. And then, you know, his brother gets pulled out of his chest like a goddamn chest burster from Alien. Yeah, oh, thank God like Jacob's that, right? alive. Oh, uh, thank God and he's he alive And he seems to maybe have his burster. powers taken away from him, but I don't know. And I also don't know because it's never brought up in this issue or the last couple about the corruption of the greed and why or yeah, that, that was a big thing, remember? And the whole thing of the, the Indian, just everything just kind of is 
But Jason Woodrow, everybody, and he's got that pale wanderer that you might remember from the first two issues, the desert avatar. And now when you talk about the ideas like what the pale wanderer was telling Levi in those first two issues, when it seemed like he was going to be like a weird mentor figure to Levi who didn't understand being a swamp thing at that point, the, 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 the thought process of something that is an idea, like, you know, these avatars, are they real? Are they not? It doesn't matter because they're an idea that can manifest and ideas are hard to forget and get like, you know, take away. So the idea that we now just have this avatar, which they're calling the avatar of the desert, the pale wanderer. I'm like, they freaking Mr. Pilgrim has hired Jason Woodrow, the pharaonic man to work on. I'm like, oh shit, I want to see you with some fucking desert powers, Jason. Well, and, and you see them going through and maybe that's the thing you're saying that about the the avatars and is there avatars? Are they the deal? Maybe that's the play here. Instead of it being a story about, oh my God, he's not really Alec Collins in that deal. Maybe you find out that you can have more than one. Well, that's the avatar, thing is too, because they're not real avatars. They're just well, part just of an extended scene. Even you know the what way I mean? it worked before, because that was a great revelation. T- finding out about Alec Collins not being the actual swamp thing. Alec Collins died as a plant that thinks it's a man. So it's an amazing story to plot point. But the idea that even like when you get to the brightest day where Alec Collins brought back to life and it's a whole conundrum that has to become swamp thing. It's some fun stuff that took a lot of years to tell some really good stories. But then you have Levi Kamei here. He's the new Swamp Thing. And all I want to know is how and why, because he seems to be a living man. And it just seemed like it was pulling an immortal Hulk where the fucking nighttime was the right time and he would just turn into this. Seriously, a lot of people are saying that now. I actually saw two articles when I was looking up some things saying that this is more of Ram V trying to get that immortal Hulk deal. Now, if you go back to... The Alan Moore stuff. The reason he did anatomy lesson is because he said that you ended up having a character that always wanted to find his humanity, right? He wanted to bit, get back to human, but you have a stop thing. If you, if you do that, if he accomplishes that, you don't have a book anymore. Yeah. So you can't have that be the main focus. So that's why he ended up saying, I did that so that it ends up making the book different. And now just Alex Smith, like, like, just like Bendis did when he said Superman giving his identity. Yeah, we'll have well, a thousand and one stories. Different. But like you said, when Alan Moore, Alan Moore knows the things and says the book has a problem here where you're trying desperately to get to something that you never can get to because you won't be allowed. That'll end the book. So maybe that's what Ram V is doing in a way that you can have multiple swamp things. Maybe he's doing a thing where he's changing things up, but I need to know. What's going on? Like you said, to do that, I need to know how, why of the green Levi. I want to know about the green, except just, hey, we're wise old green men in here telling you how to do this. The, the I want to know more of the deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the I don't need more of that bullshit. The Warfords. You, you end up, I just need something coming out of this. If it is as big as that, if it is something that might be as, you know, you can. Game changing? Yeah, game changing. Swamp Thing is a character that you don't get a ton of, and maybe you need to do a game changing thing here. So if that's the case, you can't be coy about it. If you have that, if he has this idea that he thinks could just change everything and end up wowing, just tell it. Give us the information. Don't keep it from us. Again, like a Jeffrey Thorne. You got to tell us a story with some facts and some info where, again, everybody's loving it. So maybe I'm wrong. But for me, I want to be wowed by what he's saying and doing, not just wowed by the flavor of it. And the, oh, my God, this feels like it does feel like a Swamp Thing book. It should. It's Swamp Thing. But I need more. I need something else besides that. And we're not getting it yet. But maybe that's what he's waiting for these six issues. I'll, I'll give him. You know, that deal. I wonder 
how well it'll hit with that delay. It better hit great, though, because this whole thing for the 10 issues that we felt we were going to get out of this, it meandered a lot and didn't want to tell a lot of story. It had some cool concepts, but then it quickly got away from those concepts to do bullshit like a thought fucking bomb, Nazi well, we had, bomb. We had 10 issues. Things. Four Suicide of them squad, weren't really the thing. Yeah, there's four issues right there of a 10-issue mini. Give me a real got, origin. Yeah, that's what we want. And and give me a reason why I want Lee like. I want to end this book with me saying, I want Levi as the Swamp Thing. If you end up at the end saying, I'm saying if you have a poll at the end of this series, 16 issues now, I want to know so much and love this character so much that I don't mind that he replaced Alec Collin. Look, you I say that. Him. Naomi had six issues and her, her ass got a TV show. Yeah. yeah I don't know shit we'll, about her. We'll see how that goes. Well, they have season two of the book coming I out know. in March as well. And we'll see how that, again, delays and weird things. But again, that's Bendis stuff. But what I was going to say, not so. just leave, not just uh, Ram V hitting. I'm saying like any sort of book that has a delay, even if it's something like this where it's going to come back in March. I wonder if people – the weird thing is, though, is if this had a solid ending, then I'd really worry because people would say, okay, I had enough, but we didn't really get an ending. So I guess you would continue, but – It's going to be rough I like because the way even we had the Batman, the detective, and that was always going to be delayed for yeah. the way it came out. Delays of any sort momentum. will kill the momentum and now that we're going to so. jump ahead, like, you know, now we're not going to get the next part of Swamp Thing until March. Is anybody still going to care? I want to say That's yes, because I think they will. Swamp Thing is that niche, lovable character that everybody always wants to grab a hold of, and I'm one of those assholes. Yeah. I was just going to say, well, like uh, uh, Batman the Detective, you have so many other Batman books you can go yeah. to instead, but – we are having a Swamp Thing we have like, label book coming out, up, yeah. right? So that's kind of cool. And that's kind of a deal. If you didn't like this and you're like, Alec Cohen, you're nothing, you'll get that in that too. So you get a little bit of a you know back and forth deal. And I like where Swamp Thing, when he busts out here, Levi, he looks like he's got shoulder pads on him. But yeah, like all this stuff, though, it, it does have that feeling. I, I'm telling you, once you get Woodrow and that coloring, and stuff, I'm like, holy crap, you're really laying heavy on it. But I do like the feel of it. I, I do like the vibes that come out because it is Swamp Thing. It really feels like it. I just need more story. Uh, you, I do love the last page, though, because then you have, you know, it's, it's become almost like a nuclear winter, though. It's just really snowing and ice because why it all reminds the, me like, of the, the liquid King. nitrogen and stuff like that. But the whole thing is like it pans back to Swamp Thing. He's laying there. You see the footsteps walking away where I think Jacob got up and left the whole thing while Swamp Thing is just laying there dead after it was seemingly dead after this whole thing. But it has this conversation laid over top of where Mr. Pilgrim's talking to Woodrow. It's all like, if things had gone differently, I could have had two avatars, two ideas instead of one. And there's Jason Woodrow. Oh, I wouldn't be so critical of myself, Harper. In my experience, an idea, particularly this one, is notoriously difficult to kill. And then you see the glow of the eye turning back on. I'm like, there we go. The Swamp Thing's alive like a fucking like, T-100 from Terminator. It. That's what it looks like. I, yeah, Actually, when you end up having Jennifer in trouble in the next six issues and he comes and says, come with me if you want to live, then they did it, Eric. Then I'll be excited, right? Be awesome. <laughs> Look, and he's just aping Terminator. That'd be awesome. But yeah, Jim, well, why he's not? aping Terminator too. If you're going to ape something, ape the best. Well, you, like you said, that is the <laughs> deal. If you want to get feels and vibes, why not go from the best? But I need something to make it its own. And right now, I, this I just, just feels like a 
you know, walk through a meandering deal that isn't telling you much, but feeling like it's like more visuals. Well, and maybe more it's along the lines of the Force Awakens, where people were upset about that because it felt so much like New Hope, but also people loved it because it felt so much like New Hope. Yeah, that's how I feel about the Tom, uh, the Tom Taylor Nightwing that you yeah. had, right? That's why I'm got, and I'm torn between because I did like Force Awakens at first, then when I realized, wait a second, oh, they tricked me. Oh, well, I had fun. I just want to see behind the panels, though, like a little extra page put on here, because when you have Swamp Thing laying there just trying to rejuvenate himself and you see those footsteps in the snow, I'm like, I want to see Jacob's naked ass walking out of here freaking through the snow. That would be funny. Suddenly look at him like, holy shit, what's that naked man doing there? And then he just dies. He dies Like, what are you more shocked at? The idea that there's a freaking snowstorm out of nowhere. This giant corporation's building is completely wrecked and a dude just walking there trying to hide his shame. And he ends up hiding his shame. He, He ends up going into a biker bar and getting an outfit it's Give all coming together <laughs> it's all coming together eric it is it's working uh do you think that the jeffrey thorn green lantern is the last jedi would you say that eric? no would i would along not those? Okay. i would not do that to somebody uh, do you think that the teen titans academy is the rise of skywalker that nobody likes it. Well, that's so. the thing is, I don't remember that movie well enough to say that. Yeah, nobody really likes it. They thought that it was a convoluted mess. Watched it one time. And I I'm still like, okay, I got the gist. Star Wars is my favorite thing. I still haven't even watched the whole thing of it that. It was but. your favorite thing. It was. Just it the was. idea of The Simpsons. Like you have freaking you know more seasons that you haven't watched than you've actually enjoyed. Well, but you're not I really a Simpsons that, fan. Then. That hurts me. I know. To say it, but like some books that we say are one shots, that's like a nine and a half season show. I mean, it did. It was good for those. Times it was a the shame. It got, it's a shame it got canceled, Eric. After those nine and a half seasons, I had a good run, Jim. Believe it, right? Ah, uh, yes. But with all of that, what would you give this? Um, this is the thing is it doesn't give you much of the story that I want to know the details on. What it does give you is a pretty decent feeling of a continuation, and like it ends on a decent cliffhanger that well, I want to come back to. And I like the way that it feels like, you know, a Swamp Thing book, all this different stuff. And I like the way that it was written. It's just it doesn't give you a lot of answers. A lot of it's just characters like Jennifer being fired from the like, you know, the Prescott Corporation and, like, and not really knowing anything about the, like the yeah. origins of it anyway. So it doesn't really matter to you. But when you and even that, like Jacob and Hedera, it's like, yes, I want to see more of this. But you're also just fighting your brother against brother. And I don't understand how either of you have these powers or why the Greens corrupted. It's a problem here. But I still had fun with the book, and I look forward to the continuation of it. I'm glad we have a continuation of, a continuation of it. So a 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm, I'm 6.5. I actually, at one point, I was kind of getting, like, could I give this a 7? But I, I, I just can't because it doesn't really end it, even though it's not an ending now. But still, you have to wait. The one thing I was going to bring up, too, because at the beginning, you end up having the brothers, and they have a tire that they're going to make a swing. You, you like the tire swings? I don't. Eric. No, twice you're gonna get your ass wet because there's gonna be water all beside that tire. T- twice in that, I went on and they there were snakes in it. And they stink. Freaking, holy shit! These snakes were gonna get me here. Bad, bad news. Those things. You gotta and watch. Also for being a, also being a fat kid, I was always kind of like uh, a little worried about the idea of getting on no. there and the rope breaking, and, it would and then break. everybody laughing at me, and everybody would call me a fat kid. Ah, uh, that would be the worst. That so I stayed away from situations like that. I just I was always afraid of snakes. I I never actually went on one of those where you have that classic in a movie or even like a music video. I'm sure that some kid rock video has it where you end up it's right next to a lake and you can like jump off into the lake and stuff. That'd be pretty cool. 
still snakes though. No, I, I don't want I, that. I, I worry about that. Because I've seen enough videos. No, you're eventually going to fuck up and really just you know eat shit. It's not going to work out for you. Oh my god! It also it's like also I would have been afraid as a kid. Like somebody would have been like, oh what? You can't afford a real swing. Look at you, asshole. I'm like, ah oh, well. I'm I just thinking about where we grew up. Who are the pretentious pricks? You know, we we're the, all poor. The Southies in in Quaker Town, Eric. You know them. I mean, seriously though. If if there was a place where the the, the kids that didn't have a lot, like you up, lived, it was where me and you, you grew, lived grew on grew the up. richest street though of our poor neighborhood. Why? Because it had that name. Yeah, yes, what, was no, it no, fancy? The thing is that just was the way it was. I don't know how it worked that way. Well, if you looked at that way and you think about the idea of the houses it's not that like you, you think Pennington. the rich were in. Oh, no, and I wasn't Tierney Court. Holy moly. <laughs> Holy moly. Uh, but so we were, know. we legitimately later, I did find out that on our street, we had the Tudor house. I was middle house. lower class. You were upper lower yeah, middle well, class. We had, we had Tudor, the Tudor house. That was the least expensive of no. all those houses. So uh, I was kind of like, maybe we were on the thing. Maybe we were just trying to play up some airs, Eric. We were just trying to pretend that we had gone to the top. We didn't. But yeah, yeah. Then I did. I I thought of. I was thinking there was a other that part street, maybe like the end of Hickory, all the uh-huh. way down. That that place they have oh, a once freaking. Once you get down there, that's actually more of a rich kind of neighborhood. I'm telling you, you go down there and the Parthenon is that down there. For got, that one house has yeah. pillars like it's that's the White I'm House saying. out of it's nowhere, coming out of a poor neighborhood. It's just there. I'm like. What the fuck happened? What does Athena live there? I'm, I, I always shit. like used to walk past there, just looking at that when they put it in, and I was still like in high school. So like, a, everybody hates you. Yeah, you know who that is. You no. know who owns that? Miss Cindy, the oh, dance. Really? I'm, that I, makes I, sense. Every time I went by, I'm like, you're charging so much for those dance lessons, you bitch. I get it's so funny angry. too thinking because I don't think they ever like gave out sugar or treat candy either. Yeah, no, no, that, you, really, Bunch first of assholes. off, how are you going to get, doing tonight. you can't get up to them, the secret go service will fucking stop you, and I a sat there and like, man over here, going to go buy some eggs, get back at somebody for not giving me trick or treat candy in middle school, the idea of, there, there's things that go on, and like, people like, oh my god, in a neighborhood, like, all of a sudden, somebody wants to build something fancy, and it sticks out, I mean, that was so over the top, I mean, it does look like the White House, they are or the fucking, or they, they are, <laughs> they're just you go huge. in there they're to like worship the Corinthian, a Greek god. Yeah, they do. They're the Corinthian pillars. I think Wonder Woman lives in that fucking place. If I went by, oh, I, I. The funny thing is, we've never talked about this. I would get angry when I went, but like everybody must be angry, right? Now the everybody thing is, hated them. If you think about where I live and in the street, you don't know the exact house, but. To get to like Kmart and stuff wait, wait, wait. back in the where, day, where you live now, yeah, or where, where you live? No, as a no, kid? where I live then. I knew the house because okay, the house. I used to get I, drunk and walk down there. Oh well, I would actually be able to go out the ba- my back door, yeah. and then walk through that field to get to like the Kmart and the McDonald's where it is. It wasn't there then, but where it is now. And uh, the problem is, is that if I would go through, they would yell at me. I wasn't, yard, yard, I wasn't even in their yard. I wasn't even in their yard. That's a secure field. <laughs> it might have been. They're like, get out of here. No you man don't shall understand step foot. The property that Miss Cindy's dance school I mean, can it buy. Was, it was the mascara, for Christ's sake. They would yell at me all the time. But every other house there, I would just be one kid, little me, two foot three, oh, yeah. walking through there. I, I, there was never a time in my life that you would have seen me. As a kid and thought that, oh, there's that troublemaker. You'd be like, look at that timid ass kid. I'd probably be looking at the ground walking, fixing him on myself. Yeah. 
But yet they would yell, what are you doing out here? We're going to call the cop. And I'm like, doing out here? I'm walking to go see my mom who works at Kmart. La-di-da. You, oh, your mother works, you poor ass bitch. They yell at me and just get all upset. Also, my dog would get <laughs> away and run that way. Bit. Yeah, really? <laughs> And then they they go. Every sentence in. was end with a punctuation Holy of tap shit. dance. And they, they really, and then they go and you know heal themselves in their purple ray and do some fucking ceremonies or something. I at one point I was convinced that they were doing human sacrifices as well. You said that about everybody though. You were just a scared kid That's and had shit, panic, panic everywhere. That's true. I was also when you would walk through that yard, uh, you know that I field. Just, I there just were walked lot, through the There were a lot of walks. people who were sitting out sunbathing, but you would have to go all the way around. And I did to go through. It was easy. Like I for bet. me to get to the old uh, Dairy Queen. Just on my back door, it's 30 seconds and I was there. <laughs> Boy, I was there. I, I like that place. But overall, yeah, there's the I green. I like that place. <laughs> I like that place. My dad, <laughs> I told you at one point, my dad had yeah, this scanner. Ice good, man. And yeah. he, he would listen to the drive through from McDonald's, but he'd also send me to that Dairy Queen a lot. I would have to run out the back door. I'd have money going to get stuff. Oh, my. The good old days, Eric. The good old days, yeah. We were poor. Yes, the we were. Moral of the story. Uh, but yours but, was the the richest of the poor folks. Street. Yeah, and and with that, I'm not a guy. Maybe that was what was good. I'm not a guy who's really hung up on any sort of money or looking handsome or presentable or clean hygiene. Right. Yeah. So it never really affected me. I'm not somebody because of my issues. I think too. You. I never had like toys or anything, but that's something that doesn't really bother yeah, me. Yeah, me either. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Really, you're you're trying I'm desperately to get right the now. stuff that you didn't get. I'm fine with not having anything because I reacquired the stuff I had. Yeah, yeah. I'm, that's not that's not my deal. So there you go. Thanks. Well, you, had, you just had a bunch of kids. Those are like fucking bunch of like five for toys there to play with for fucking twenty that's years. That's true. They're not fun though. It's like having Chucky. You know, they they attack me. That's not fun. I I had video games. Is they what walk, I was they really walk into the house. They say, want to play? You scream in terror. Damn right. I run out. No, I was more. And that's the other thing. Like most of my stuff was sports. I say I didn't have things. I had all my sports stuff, you know, equipment and stuff. But I wasn't I'm just thinking it. back. Like, I just want like a five dollar action figure. Like, like you got really expensive sports gears and computer. Well, equipment. Yeah, you're saying that. And that is true. But at points like for Christmas, I'd ask for a new baseball glove or, yeah. you know, a bat, something like that. So. Uh, instead of, you know, stupid toys. I, I was a little they more were mature. My only friends. I was a little more mature than that. See, but then that's why I was on sports. You join sports, you're going to meet some friends there. You just weren't no, good at them. No, I mean, no, and I that's the problem. I mean, I think you had to have gone. Like, I, I could have, like, you know, th- at home, I could, like, use my imagination to become Batman. If I was out there on the freaking field, I would just be Bat Boy. Yeah, Bat Boy. <laughs> Water Boy. <laughs> to me, you would probably have problems, especially going through school. Once you hit like junior high or whatever, you probably did hate like, say, the winter months because I, I'm serious. You had to have been told a million times you should join the basketball team. You had to have been one of the tallest guys, and they just Football did not. Wrestling, really. They just did not understand. I, I'm, I'm serious. I don't know why they didn't say anything about basketball because of the idea of being tall but maybe they saw the way you're walking around they're like this guy couldn't do that strutting all fat and shit yeah yeah to look at this guy but you could have been the round mound of rebound look at you you would have been awesome how dare you can't even hit a rebound (laughs) just that you said i can't hit a rebound just says it all eric it said it all 
Oh, my goodness. But that's the end of that section there. I hope everybody enjoys these books maybe more than us. But I think that Swamp Thing is a book that continues to have quality to it. I just want more of a story. But that Green Lantern, something has to give. Something has to be done. We'll go off now to something else. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself, and he really thinks that tear is tear. Well, that's just every shade. Looking for a star screen, or maybe a hot cap. Spends all his money buying all that crap. Well, that's just every shade. That is Eric Shea, Eric. That is the Limitations remix. You say that, but I don't know how well it's going to turn out because every time you've played that since the beginning of the show, know, it comes out. Yeah, that's what everything probably does right now. Let's see. Nope, that's fine. Here we go. Do we have limitations, there? <laughs> that makes it better. When you did that originally after the get-go, like when you first did that, it really did seem like you did that one on purpose. And I realized, no, it's just this no, slow sound No, I think actually bite. before, it's, what happened is, is that Doug Peterson, one of those bites, uh, he ended up going against Lex. He had a stroke here. He didn't die. He just had the stroke. God damn, it's, it's bad to say. That Hansel's so hot well, right he now. He is so hot right now, Eric. But we end up where you're not buying toys right now. You're getting them given to you because well, it's your my birthday, birthday week. And so, I want to buy toys, but then I don't want to because what happens if I get it for my birthday and or Christmas, Jim? This time true. of the year kills I mean, me. It does doesn't it kill well, the us thing all? is i say that i really can because i make a list out of what i can like you know i want people to get me and stuff like that oh but for my birthday i didn't get anything on that list oh well well that's what what do you think strokey doug peterson oh man he had limitations eric i, so I, I don't know I should understand make a list it there maybe you shouldn't maybe you're just like they ain't paying attention to those but it's nice to have that to say later Nobody got me that shit, and then you buy it. That's your excuse to buy it. Well, but, I don't want to have to buy well, it. That's on my list. <laughs> well, that's true. But with all of that, we have two books left on the podcast. I think that we've been pretty positive so far. Keep that's going to take a, a weird turn here, especially by the end. I do like the book that we're going to talk about next that is one of yours, and one of the books that is a pleasant surprise since we had the Infinite Frontier stuff out of Death Metal and Future State. Kinda. What is that, Eric? Suicide Squad number 10, written by Robbie Thompson, with Arp Eduardo Pansica, Julio Ferreira, Dexter Soy, Marcelo Maiello, and Alan Pasoacqua. Our squad's continuing to going over, this is continuing in going over their pay grade in the assault on Oa, find themselves up against the United Federation of Planets wingmen, wingman guard, and as you'd imagine, they find themselves locked up in the science cells. It turns out, though, the bird skulled prisoner that they freed previously isn't the only mission they came to Oa for. One of the coolest cliffhangers we've seen so far finds our squad released, releasing Black, Ad- Black Hand from the Crane Lantern Corps. You have stolen my dreams. Ah, uh, yes. Now, with that, you Gosh, said that you thought, it, you thought it right away. There was a point where Black Hand was going to be a full out on the Suicide Squad back in the day. That Years was the Sean yeah. Ryan deal, too, with Poison Ivy and a talent. Yeah. It's very similar. Never happened, though. Uh, no, it didn't. It ended up being like almost like that, you know, all ye who enter type deal. That that whole, you know, pushed aside and whatnot. But they did well, release. Didn't that whole thing like the idea where they had the promo where there was Black Hand, Poison Ivy, and all these different characters. And then it just became like, all right, we're going to do weird, like, you know, versions of the characters we have. Like, you know, here's Deathstroke to Deadshot. Here's Joker's daughter to Harley Quinn. And I don't remember who else. That's what they ended up doing. It was that show, which we really liked. It, was good, uh, yeah. it eventually got better. 
But yeah, you ended up having even that thing printed in the books. You'd have like a little thing at the end to advertise that. And they had the deal and, and Black Ham was on it. And I remember, if I'm not wrong, then you ended up saying that seems a little too crazy. Like that's too above and beyond. How things. do you freaking lock up yeah. and put on a team somebody who's already dead with a freaking with a brain mob, but also is the avatar for the living dead Necron? Yeah, now with that, you end up having some dead characters with the Lazarus. Like, I think it's intriguing, and it's a really great cliffhanger. I mean, it's awesome. I just don't like how we get there, because even the whole idea, I was upset last issue for the idea that we had a squad going off to Oa to go release some bird skull looking dude they called Yorick this whole time. I'm like, okay, that's weird. Like, this feels out of the pay grade for our Suicide Squad, and it definitely was, because then they somehow were able to beat Joe Mullen, but then were taken down by some Thanagarian wingmen at the end of the issue. And then we jump into this issue, and I'm like, okay, we have uh, the little background on Calebra, which is, it's about time we've had that, where she was a little girl bit by a snake, and then, you know... She can't catch a break, right? Can't catch a break at all, and then Spiral's all like, hey, look, we're going to cure your daughter by giving her superpowers, but then you're going to owe us, and then it became this whole thing where she was arrested, and to save her parents from Spiral, she joined the Suicide yeah, Squad. everybody else down the line, she had to do but more and more stuff. But it seems weird, even with that, for the idea of Spiral. Now, is this Spiral, as we know it, as the super spy organization, or is it Spiral actually as Leviathan, the, the organization the I Spiral think created that what we to go get, up against? I think that you're not supposed to look that much into it. It's just flavor for the Don't background and stuff I'm like that. Everything. I just, I think that once you end up having the Suicide Squad come in to kind of save her from that, you could just push that aside. But it is but something that is weird. she's a bad person who went to hell and it really bothers her. And now she's been brought back to life and wants to stay that way. Yeah. And with that, Eric, it's going to set up my favorite Buffy I moment. I want to see when she went with the freaking green. Like when this background, when she's doing it, she looks like she's fought Wonder Woman, yeah, Green yeah, Arrow. I'm like, I want to see all this shit. Yeah. Blue Beetle? Yeah. Yeah. All that. Uh, but yeah, I, I really do think that it's going to be that whole Buffy moment where eventually she will die and she'll and go, go to heaven, heaven and, and then they'll back. yank her out. And she'll be like, <laughs> oh, my God. But. And wouldn't that well, like, you have a musical episode for her to tell talent? Maybe that, she was that would heaven. be awesome. I was in heaven. Oh, once more with feeling. Hopefully she sings better than Sarah Michelle. How but dare you. where all this is going on, I like the idea because Song again, of our generation. It, it, How dare you? <laughs> no, that was Tara. And I mean, hell of, hell of a pipe she had. But when you end She's up dead. having all this going on, uh, I think that you get even more of a moment because when she ends up, if she does wake up in heaven, I did it, mom. I finally made you proud. When she gets yanked off, there is always that possibility that she's going to done mess up because she has to and whatnot. So it will be heartbreaking. I think we're we're leading to that, or we're just leading to if the character does get pushed out of the book, that she'll get her death. You know, is this a good death, mom and dad? I don't want her yeah. to die though. Because no, I, I don't either. Really enjoy but the I think character. I think that it would be a real, real feels moment if she ends up finally. Waking up in heaven and they yank her the hell right and out. That she could die, she can go to heaven, she can redeem herself and then be yanked out of the whole thing. But I want to see the finite solution that, you know, um, Amanda Waller or the the Halperin like corporation has where they have like Task Force Z going on where you are able to bring people back fully to life yeah, and they I think don't that need that pills. just goes with this that if you give them too much of a cure, they're just cured. You overdose on death and become back to life? Yeah, it's weird. It's like that weird deal where this is where you need that overdose. Now I gotta pay taxes again. This is bullshit. Ah, This sucks. It's it's weird because they they just, they were wanting to, they died for it, Eric, and now they, I can't go. I was gonna try to do that whole thing and they never lived. It didn't work, Eric. It usually doesn't. Well, I just felt like I had to kind of emulate that mess of a blurb they had early, but you end up where I like this. I can't now, read. The Nocturna stuff and the, the, the it's okay. 
No, no, the thing is, this is, I like that part a lot. You actually get the thing that you wanted to last issue. You were pissed off the ambush bug interrupted. Yeah, but I'm saying now that I see it, like you already, I need, I just needed the C3PO kind of going. I already know they want to kiss, but then having this and wasting this time too. What are we getting from it? And I wonder if this love, is going to be a love. I don't know if Nocturne really loves him. I, I want to see what's going on here. But you do see you don't this want plan. Nocturne to have, I like, don't really care. You don't I mean, I wanted Match to see actually it. Has a heart. No, I, I don't really care. But I'm here for talent and collaboration. You were and when, so upset last issue that you didn't get to have this. Yeah, have because like, I, I don't thought care. That it was, but again, now you're going double up now. Again, we you're knew that it was going to happen. But it's the moment. It's now. It's too much. I knew that issue. they were going to have the moment. No, I'm saying we already knew they were going to do that. To have them do this, and why would they be locked in cells with each other anyway? It, it didn't play off. This ended up seeming like now it's as I said. Maybe if you tell a joke, and ah, but now you're explaining the joke here, and it just didn't hit like I you're wanted having it your to last. What you're having? Yeah, I just had no feels for this this issue where I didn't have feels for a lot of things because ambush bug still ends up. Putting his dick prints and everything And just throws everything off He needs to get the fuck out of this book He is the thing that is ruining it for me With these side comments Oh my god you want to watch the Hannibals I'm like I want to watch you get the hell out of here It's what I want and I hope he does soon Because it's just wasted space And stupid jokes that just They're cringe And so with that though I like the Calabra stuff And I do like this issue enough And it has a great cliffhanger but I do like that Calabra and Talon deal, especially when Talon says, I'm not going to let you die again. I got your back. And that's pretty cool. That well, is such a screwed cool. up situation because I don't know how things work. Because while I end up really enjoying this, you know, cliffhanger to this story, and I am personally a fan of the Nocturna freaking match ship going on right now. When you have the idea that it's revealed to us that there's more than one mission going on here, like we thought we were looking for Yurik to go and do something. He's just a plan B to get us out of here. What we're actually here for is stuck in another science cell. But the way we get there is that Calabra has to die. And why does she have to die? So her soul can leave her body and she can ghost walk to another cell and find out where Black Hand is. And I'm like, why doesn't her soul immediately go to why hell? Why isn't she in hell? And why isn't heaven? she like, in the why afterlife? Why is this an option right now? Why is she fucking Swayze in this shit? And I don't know how or and why. And everybody they don't do seems to see her. I mean, and, she's and just and they going can around. See her, yeah. And they seem to have known that this is exactly what was going to happen. I'm like, how? How? It makes no sense. This is a weird play here. Uh, and then again, yeah, we're breaking through the walls. Erica, I, well, I thought I was the only one who broke the walls. I'm, I'm the ambush bug. But it makes no sense. Now, if you ended up having her do this, and she's the ghost walker, right? She's going. The ghost walker? Yeah. Well, she's a ghost and she's walking. She ends up walking. And then Ambush like Bug's you, the only one who like sees her. If you a ghost in a wheelchair, is it the ghost wheeler then? Maybe. I don't know. I'd probably call him, you know, Hot Wheels Don't be ableist. They're going to have that right? wheelchair when they die, yeah, too. Uh, yeah, really. You have the haunted wheelchair. It's just like this, you know, the, the haunted tank. You end up where. Amazing. I, I wouldn't have minded there where I don't like. Ambush bug at all in this but if he Actually saw and only the one who could See her that would have made more sense as They go through this as this plan to Escape ends up feeling like it Wants to be an ocean's 11 But it ends up being again an ocean's Half because it's just thrown at You it's like oh this is what we're going to do And part of it is collaborate dying and Ghost walking through walls and Things to go and get to the end Which again is black hand which is Awesome and looks great. great and it's crazy But even that like okay there's quote unquote Yorick who's making a ship and that's gonna come blast him out. And it, it makes it like 
and I know that we're having problems well, he's, with he's the ma- Green he's Lantern making stuff. A deal but right now, as far as I know, to put the pieces of their ship that blew up back together again, so that it can come and blow a hole in the wall and like you know allow them to escape. And so he's using this tech to do it. But they've even said that the size cells would end up, you know blocking stuff it just it just ended up like here's what we're going to do it doesn't matter if it makes sense this is how they're going to get out of there so bang, that's the thing boom, is with bang. this going on like i'm all into the nocturna match ship and stuff like that even ambush bug who i hate on this team i didn't think he was that bad this issue because he wasn't really given a lot of page space yeah i'm telling you he had so many lines that just came up out of nowhere while they're there through the comms he's almost the whole com deal of yelling stuff like i said the hannibal show hey we're gonna do that and i'm so i'm the only one who breaks the walls i'm doing this i don't understand what the plan is i'm like it just every time he opens his mouth it it makes me angry and i want to get more explanation of things and i want to have a book that's a little more serious an ambush book comes in and he's gonna make everything you know goofy and shit like that but with that whole nocturnal match thing you can only think that you decide which one's gonna get Killed because, and I mean killed, killed, like pushed aside because that's the only thing I think that you're getting. They here. can't live happily ever after, Jim. No, I do not think a clone that's of happening. Superboy and a freaking vampire woman from another Earth kidnapped to think she's from our Earth. And Come again, on, I, they can I, live happily yeah, ever after. And I think that it's gonna. That's all just set up to almost be like a Tom Taylor type deal to kind of set up some feels and then rip it apart. But well, I like, I love when Talon ends up and hey, Tally, just come on. I know that you're nonsense and stuff like that. Now, one of the things that I thought was interesting is it did seem as if the comms came on and they said that. And then afterwards, Nocturna and Match still talk about maybe going against Amanda Waller. And I think that she might have heard some of the stuff that they were saying. They actually talk a little, like I said, after they say, oh, it looks like the brain bombs. And I do think it's like uh, ambush bug might say he says yeah. i love where your head's at but i hear this ringing waller's neck bombs are back and then you end up having match i don't know how not yet but we're getting out of the squad alive that should be something that possibly amanda waller hears well, and we'll see just, how that how goes it helps. it's not like we're gonna fuck that amanda waller up so bad we're gonna betray her to the point where she can't come back ever again but again how do, you do, how do you do that i think that if you're somebody who's going you don't need to hear that plus the two of them together, that seems to be something maybe Amanda Waller hears this and says they can't be together and kind of takes one out of the equation, maybe. But we end up seeing also there's the other team. Rick Flagg and his suicide squad have a submarine and they're making themselves their way to Task Force X Island. Yeah. So and you even see, as we said, the one issue you didn't have after showing Peacemaker, Peacemaker was kind of there but then he wasn't but he's there in the shadows here so that's cool so you don't have to worry about old peacemaker he's back yeah he's there the i guess attack. he was just walking around and uh you end up having you know like you said black hand where amanda well is like this is the final piece i needed this it's like we have warzod here cheetah a parademon mirror master and peacemaker i'm like motherfuckers just brought back black hand i don't care who you have yeah, anymore. I, that's the thing i mean really it does really you know skew the odds here and i don't mind she that just i got don't crazy. mind the deal but again, it's a real quick issue. But I do want to see Lorzad versus Match for some reason. Yeah, that'd be cool. Pretty much just because I want Lorzad to get out of this at some point and still go power around with John. And even though it's not Connor and stuff like that, because, you know, Match is the, the clone of Connor, not John. But I want there to be this weird kind of Super Sons aspect with Lorzad and uh, John Kent for some reason, because you can't deal with Damien I mean, much we'll anymore. See. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how that goes and all that. But yeah, it looks Lord good. Will be the bad kid. Yeah, really. It looks good. And. 
I mean, that that Black Hand deal is cool as hell. Oh, when that's you such see an it, it was pretty reveal. shocking. Yeah, and again, we say it's a cliffhanger. It's not. You kind of get a double I feel cliffhanger like it is because then you go off to Task Force X Island. It's like Rick Flag is making his way here. I'm telling you, the way I saw it, that's the cliffhanger. Then you have an epilogue another cliffhanger where you see you know what we were waiting for and red flag coming now. so that's cool i just need robbie thompson to think these things through with like a little bit more clearly in my mind to get us from point a to point b and also do his own thing and not you know put the suicide squad in all these different areas where other books are covering right now like whether it's hell or freaking swamp thing like hell i mean from like the shazam mini swamp thing like leading in there and now we're on ella doing green yeah, Lantern oh, stuff. And it, it seems a little weird. separated but it does feel weird but it feels bigger and i think that that's what they're playing the at, idea of going out of black three. hand it's such a big concept like for some reason being able to go to earth three seems like a lot easier thing in my mind than actually going to ella and breaking a supervillain out of a science cell uh but at the end like we have talked in some of the books and well, i'll probably mention it next book it's not selling well and they need something, and and maybe you need like to get these hypes. Never really sells well, though. I, well, it's not selling well at all. I mean, I'm telling you, it's like one of the worst selling books at DC. There's like a group of them that like are kind of hanging. Them, in but this I think the deal. luster is washed off a little bit here. It might be, but you need, you know, maybe this is where they say, "Well, we have the luster is washed off." Dying. I don't think that's the and phrase I was looking for. It is going bigger than what we usually see, so maybe that's the play. But you're right. I mean, it is a little too big at points, but. You are talking multiversal stuff with Amanda Waller. She seems to want to be stepping up her game. I would have liked in a little bit of a wink-wink here where it's like, hey, we'll go and get this thing from Oa because right now, you know, the Green Lantern Corps ain't nothing. They're it just done. Seemed, and, but, and I don't know how much it just felt weird that. here. It feels weird that we're stepping things up or taking a step back at the same time because Amanda Waller has pretty much in my mind – the least amount of power that she's ever had with being like on the run and having this like only an island facility and nothing to really back her up with what she wants to do. And yet we're doing things way above the Suicide Squad's pay grade that they couldn't do when they were associated with Argus. And it is true. But again, I mean, I guess that Robbie Thompson's going with that whole deal where the setup was she's sick of losing. Now, yeah, she's crazy. She's, shit. she's going way over the she's top. And how does she have these resources? Over. But she is with that. I am, you know, I'm sick of losing, so I'm going to do some wacky stuff. And I mean, even involving the idea of zombies and pills and resin, it is wonky, but I do like it. Oh, yeah, because even that, I'm not even going to call that a Suicide Squad thing because we got Lazarus resin all over. I'm still going to call like a Task Force X about Z thing. So even that feels like another thing that is taking on to itself that's going on in other books. It is, because there's less of brain bomb stuff here and more of zombie pill stuff. And we'll see. We'll see how it all goes down. But... What would you give it? I ended up giving this a 7 out of 10. I think the art's great and everything I just said right there. I just want the concepts to be – I want them to feel like at least better in my mind. Something that feels Suicide Squad-esque and just not you know, tagging the Suicide Squad onto something that's going on somewhere else while not explaining your reasons uh, why things are happening or what you're actually doing. You know, it just feels a little odd to me, but I still have fun enjoying this book because I think the character's written very well. And this black hand thing just really blew my tits off That's by the huge. end. Yeah, it's huge. And get your tits back, Eric. I'm trying. Blown off. Uh, but yeah, like the ending, that cliffhanger there, 9-5. But the, the issue, I'm giving it a cliffhanger. Yeah, I'm giving it a 7-5 overall. Like you said, I, I like some of the stuff. I hate ambush. I want to see Nocturne and match smooch some more. I don't need the smoochins as much now that that it's time is coming guys, on. I got issue. interrupted. Again, that's like the idea where when C-3PO interrupted the kiss, right? I'm like, oh, man, you jerk C-3PO. But I don't need then in the Return of the Jedi of sitting there in the Ewok village, you know, Han and Leia. And I'm like, yeah, I've had enough. 
So with all of that, I, I did like it. But you're right. It needs to be its own thing. And we need more of a clear path of what exactly is going on. And then maybe you will get more of its own thing. But I'm still liking it. I still think it's one of the solid deals. And that that first cliffhanger of two, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> even seeing, you know, that, that thing, even seeing Rick Flag and seeing the like, oh, right. like, I love this. This is cool. Yeah, really. And and when you start thinking about it, you're like, well, they do have like kind of zombie cap, or are they going to do that? Like, what is? Yeah, she, it's crazy. What, what, is what does it mean? Can, like, do? The thing is, is there going to be a Black Lantern ring that goes on Kleber then because she is technically dead right now? Yeah, or like when she, and how does the idea of it? I mean, it's a big deal. Like, if you're taking the resin to, to remain a, are you still dead at that point? And could you be? I don't and know. Even we'll at that point, is Black Hand able to be a Black Lantern because was he brought back alive at this point in time? Exactly. It's it's crazy. I don't know why in the science. Where you end up having him just sitting in bones, but I guess you let him do what he does, right? <laughs> They're nice. Oh, no. Matt, you said you want to hang with your girlfriend at Science Cell? Okay, put those two together. Oh, Black Adam, you like dead? I mean, Black Hand, you like dead shit? Put you like some bones dead in the cell, everybody. Just, just throw some stupid. It, it's all the Joe bones. Mullen's leader now. This is how the we do things. Joe Mullen just ended up like, <laughs> well, in one hand, you got Black Hand there, one hand there. But in the other, we got to clean up a lot of shit from that battery blowing up. Just throw that shit in the cell. Like, hooey, we did it. We did it, boys. Ah, but with that, we'll go to the last book. Not so positive one. Crush and Love, oh, no. number seven. No. Written by Mariko Tamaki. No, it didn't. It didn't blow my tits off there. Art by Amon K. Noapolon, Tamrat Bolvalontlock, and Ariana Mayer. I, I'm sure if if Tamra saw my reviews I just for this series. She would block me twice, Eric, you if that's be, possible. You'd be saying this all the time if you talked about everybody who's blocked us. Yeah. No, that that just kind of it sticks with me. Because I like that name, and I think she's an awesome colorist. But blocked, Eric. I blocked and reported. That's I don't know if she saw a conversation me. you have with somebody. No, no. I think that it was one of those blockchain things. And I was probably following somebody that she didn't like. I, I just get that. What well, the hell would she know about us? Can we stop at this issue and pretend this is Hyper Time 7 issue miniseries, Eric? Because I don't want to think this book is actually happening for real. Looking at the sales figures, it really isn't for most people. That's shade there, Tamra. And while we run uh, the danger of upsetting the 17.5 people who are actually reading and liking this, it is our duty to head out into the shit once more. Uh, the book looks great, but that's not saving me and my 20-yard stare from hating the her. shit out of this. <laughs> Take that, Tamara. You hear that? And I why love your colors. You're the best colorist there is out there, except maybe, you know, some others. Yeah. I like some others. I like but a she, is, she is a great colorist. She really is. And this book does look great, very colorful, in like a neon sort of way. Oh, yeah, neon. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like Blade so, Runner in here? Yeah, Blade no, Runner. No, it's, it's Jim running the other way. I just this book. What what, what what does this book want to be? You know what I mean. Where you end up, and we talked Goofy? about it many times. Where you end up having pretty much the most, you know, room to explore the space that is crush. I'm really center on the idea of setting up the character to go. You forward. could write what would be a master class on the character of yeah, crush. Oh, you could. You're uh, not just, doing it. Some people might think it's happening, Eric. I don't know, but all you're doing is jokes, and these jokes. Didn't hit the first seven times. Who is telling Rico Tamaki and going, oh, my God, that joke about the mad coffeeologist. Oh, my goodness. That's solid gold here. You got to keep going. 
Check it out. Tamra Bonville on Twitter right now. Recurring jokes don't mean great jokes. Uh, You know, recurring jokes might be just nonsense that keeps coming up. And it is even at the beginning where you're going to play off where you have Crush and Lobo. And a lot of people were like, oh, my God, thank God we get a Lobo book. Yeah, no Lobo. I was saying, thank God we have a Crush book. Yeah, well, some people wanted Lobo as well. And you even have Mariko Tamaki explain Oh, yeah, we didn't get a lot of Lobo here. And in this here, this is her characterization. It's come to my attention that some of you might be wondering what Lobo has been up to while I was living some sort of twisted queer flashback accountability nightmare. Now, she says that as like a wink-wink joke. The problem is, is even the stuff with her and Katie has gone nowhere. It's just her like, oh, Remember that date we didn't go on? All right, let's do it. Oh, remember. But nothing is ever anything beyond surface level in this. And so that even upsets well, me. I think both she's feeling the attempt of talking about, well, like, Crush is in this relationship, but she's so self conscious about being who her father is, this person who can't commit and be this person who's there, like, you know, emotionally, physically, mentally for somebody that wants her to be there, that she is technically taking herself out of the game so she can't do that. But then she's almost like a self fulfilling prophecy where she is being that person because she's afraid of being. No, I know that, but that's not what Mariko Tamaki's been telling us. She really hasn't, though. But I'm saying she's telling this tale poorly in my mind for how she's expressing it. And with that, is is it weird that by the end of this issue, it almost seems like Mariko Tamaki didn't have – she thinks we didn't realize that Crush is the narrator this whole time? Because it's always been – Full she out not the ambush book. Where, she keeps breaking the fourth wall. Well, she does. And that's, again, that's setting up the character as that's part of her character now. So if people go with the main thing that's been written, she can just break the fourth wall. If well, she's just writing in that. a diary. Yeah. Well, with that, she even says at the end, oh, yeah, guess what? I'm the narrator. I'm like, no shit, Sherlock. We know this all along. But so when you get this, you end up having a, everything is like wasted pages. Like, oh, I just found out that Lobo was out doing things with the kids and the cookies. Well, we already saw some things. We know that. Oh, are you serious? You really thought that? No. He's in Vegas. And you know what Vegas Vegas. is like? Space Vegas is like real Vegas. And there's Galaxy Vegas. Deep deep Galaxy Vegas. Vegas. I said in my blurb, my blurb was just like space, insert, whatever. Oh, my God. You like tennis? We got space tennis and deep galaxy space no you think you like ambrosia on earth wait till you have space ambrosia so then you see lobo just knocking some heads in he's running around then he is in a hot tub where you even have a guy come and like oh that's not me that's just another bounty hunter and then with that you end up having is this the most disturbing scene in the whole comic no it really isn't anything and now you're gonna play the trouble hanging yeah, you're going to play the trope of Lobo, Looking run by, and, and there's right balloons. By. Then you run by, and there's a hot dog. Yeah, it's This is all Why do we get to see a bat shit. wang, but not a Lobo wang? Yeah, That's what I Lobo wang. And again, Lobo, he's awful. Remember, one of the biggest things pushing all of this forward was that Lobo ended up talking and pretty much repeating what the robot psychologist, the robot therapist, therapist had yeah. said. But what's wrong with that? I had a problem back then. With what's wrong with it It is the dupe that he uses But nothing has come about And I think that Mariko Tamaki also has Pushed aside the idea that Crush has spent probably 10 minutes with Lobo In her entire life And yet she seems to think that The play here is that Lobo has just been Not just a 
distant or not involved father, but has really screwed her over and has really been well, mean towards stuff. Well, there was that big long time when he, you know, magically took over her mind with Lex Luthor's help yeah, but and again, like, had to try to kill her friends. He wasn't with her, though. That's what I'm saying, he though. They've never degree. really talked to each other or been in the same room. At one point, they were on the moon together for about two minutes, and then he took her over and then left. They, 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 she makes it seem like she has hung out with him on weekends when he got the visitations and she's had enough and wants to figure it out. I get the idea by the end that she wants to realize, am I more like you or am I myself? Well, there's a little bit of a weird deal. Who's, this, who's the mother? We're never finding that out Man, I can't to wait see to find what out. might be. I think, you think that's going to be the cliffhanger and they're going to have something like later on down the line where she's well, crush is going to be able to explore that somewhere. I, I think that she's some weird clone. I, I don't even think there is a mother. I, I don't think in in that sort of way. Oh, you, you just think like she's a straight up Laura. Yeah. From like X-23. That's what I'm saying. Laura, then Gabby. Yeah, I think that that's what she is. I think that they're playing off the idea or else I think that she would have. But why wouldn't she want to know that? Oh, I'm but I just the know. idea. Like, I want to know her coming, like, you know, down to earth kind of thing, having a sentient chain and hook that protected her for a while and stuff like that. I need well, that. The, the, look. That's an interesting story, too. If she has no mother and that's some space corporation or, like, fucking some dominators trying to fucking, like, you know, clone a Lobo, and this is what it turned out to be, and they said, oh, this is a reject, get rid of it, I want to know that goddamn well, story. wouldn't that have been a cool story where at the beginning, Crush goes to Lobo and says, listen, I'm your daughter, you kind of went against me. And it kind of gets a little wonky because of what we saw, like you said before, but when goes, I want to know who my mother is, and then we find out, because I don't know that Lobo would be too happy. Well, I don't think they're cloning him. He's knocking right? boots left and right. Well, no, I'm galaxy. saying if he ends up like, huh, well, if he this finds is out weird. That he's being cloned, and, fuck, yeah, he's going to go haywire. Like that is an interesting he's the story last to me. They can't fuck that shit up. And that makes it the idea where you know Crush wants to be different, but boy, I'm a clone. You get that clone deal in there, but also Loba. They're a team that. Because even in this one, they kind of team then up you together. Get there and then you have like a Gabby character, but then it's going to be the Slowbo who yeah, like, you know, you Crush is going to team up with. Again, but what we get We're here gonna is We're going to take just, out all of the different factories across space that have Lobo cloning facilities. We, we get jokes here. And really, it just becomes what, X-23. what amounts, yeah, I know. But what, we, what this amounts to is jokes and almost like vaudeville situations and real old sitcom tropes. This isn't e- even pressure is going to end up being the bad guy who's doing all this. That'd be, maybe it would be. You know, we have he broke things, his but... ass out of that brainiac tube that he was shrunk down in and got to work trying to freaking make an army of Lobos to go I mean, against if, his enemy. I mean, if it's one of the Lobos that ended up being in death metal that Wonder Woman helped make and that went off and he was knocking poops. And it was like a weird deal. But well, she was there before. Sense. I'm just saying, just none of this does either. You end up where <laughs> Mariko Tamaki. It's just no, it doesn't. Because Mariko Tamaki is writing this book, correct? Uh-huh. She's writing it and spending so much time on, okay, let's have Lobo run through some showgirls. Let's have him get a boa. Let's have him right, get now, look, the thing a is, deal. That, that whole scene doesn't make any sense what you're well, describing no, because right because that is the vaudeville old movie trope of, you know, the Keystone cops riding around. Oh, my God, almost like a Ferris Bueller even going through well, backyards. Think, the thing is, the progression of this, though, we have a bunch of people who want to take Lobo out because he's pissed off a lot of people throughout the galaxy. And then Crush and Lobo are trying to take these people out. And during the skirmish, Lobo runs away and runs into a building with a bunch of showgirls and stuff like that. And after Crush goes and beats these people up, she runs in then after him, comes across a bunch of showgirls. But then we're expected to believe during this whole time, she then takes some of the showgirls' costumes, walks back outside where she came, and then waited for Lobo to come back out where he came. 
and I don't understand this progression. So she's working on that progression. The problem is in this book, how many times has she painted herself into a corner where she either doesn't have the page space left or nothing else can happen except being saved by space lizards? That happens again here. The idea that space lizard shit is fucking annoying. The idea that she is writing a book where she comes dead into a brick wall. That, oh, my God, I didn't realize I'd already said the time. There's, oh, okay. Sp-. Then, even then, because Lobo goes, and here's the jokes you get. There's a bunch of chads on oh, the chads. boat. Oh, those chads. Look at those hotness that they are. Space chads. Space. But you end up having <laughs> low, crushed, like, you're not going anywhere in this giant ship that has a motor that looks like it could be in it's some a, it's sort of space yacht. Yeah, but the motor is the size of something that would be in a car. That's not even the case. The idea of this, though, is how do you get the times a ticking? Oh, get this. The space lizards, they're great mechanics. They ended up fixing it. So the space lizards twice were the deus ex machina to get the shit going on. They knock out Lobo and fix the ship so that they can get back to the space prison. Oh, my God. It was a dupe. That whole countdown wasn't anything. Oh my god! Well, it wouldn't have been now anyway. Like we said all along, that the idea of this was they have a healing factor. Well, apparently the warden said before that this was an explosion that could even kill Azani and stuff like that. I don't know how that they know that, but apparently that's what he said. Now, in this whole fight though, with Crush and Lobo and these other assholes who came to town looking for Lobo, we also have that brainiac—not brainiac, but that uh, yeah, that's the looking coffeeist kind of guy that we saw in the first issue, and then I think in the third or fourth issue, he happens to be here. And Crush gets covered in his goo once again, which ruined her his her girlfriend's birthday party in the first issue. And now when she goes back to prison with Lobo and Tell, and we, he gets put back in jail, she goes off to become some sort of te- test subject because they've double-crossed her. Do you think his goo that's still on her is going to save the day? Well, it would save the day by making people angry and weird. Well, I'm saying, though, because remember it came off as a, like almost like a weird toxic thing though, and it was mixed with other stuff, like could. cake on the floor the or whatever The problem I have is if anything like this, you would definitely, I mean, again, a forced deal, you would definitely go through some sort of decontamination deal if they came in. So, well, but that's probably what it is. I was but, just yeah, curious. It's revealed there was no bomb. No, no bomb. It, it's it all was bullshit. no bomb. And now that Space they're back, Lizard saved the day. Even even though this was all about the numbers, now they're just going to experiment on like, both of them. I don't know them. what we're doing on this prison planet now, this prison facility in space where it's just robots double crossing, crushed, so they can get freaking you know Lobo back as his number and whatever test subject she's going to be. I'm like, I'm, I don't know what the again, plot is. Where you end up having Christ so weird because I almost get the idea that maybe. We're going to find out, again, if you go, cl- like, this isn't even the real Lobo, is this the, maybe. Is this the facility that's quoting Lobos and she's well, that's the what I'm subject? Saying. And she, but with that, you already had her. You didn't need, but maybe I, they I need understand. Lobo, the original. Maybe we'll know. find out there is cloning shit maybe. going on in the next deal. But like you said, she may have the goo, but I would think that that was that. I don't know. I don't know either. And even that that seemed more like instead of a story beat a recurring lame joke oh my god i can't get rid of this crush and she can't get rid of me i love the coffee oh my god i'm a, a modok who loves coffee and oh my thank god for this the space lizards but the, love i love the idea she's like oh my god here they are the space lizards they save me but they're always late that was just because you needed to take a page space. Lobo loves space dolphins. Space lizards love crush. Yeah, and they are the be-all, end-all. Not only do they have, you know, a toxic fight stupid. that can knock off, knock out Lobo, 
so they can chill. But they also are great mechanics that can fix a space yacht. How stupid like, who, is that? Who is the artist in this? Who did you say it this was? is? This is Amon Apollon. I, I believe uh, not, like that, that. I can't say what you just said, but I believe they actually just really like drawing these spaces because essentially what you have are humanoid lizards, kind of like Mondo Gecko from freaking yeah, like, uh, yeah, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You have them with the long, jagged smiles holding guns, and I think this is just added because they like to draw these little freaking space lizards. Because and I like the way they look. They're make crazy. Sense. But yeah, they're they're locked and loaded. They're going to take down Lobo. They're going to bite him with the bell. So, so you can't pan? just have. The, uh, yeah, I believe so. a hole, Pam? Yeah, yeah. You can't have just the venomous bite. They also have the bacteria because they don't brush their teeth, the space lizards. So it gets, uh. Well, they like the Komodo dragons. The space Komodo dragons. Is that something that, like you said, that when all comes down to it, if they say it is cloning and she has the goo, but now he has the space lizard bacteria in his. Oh, now we got to go against a Lobo lizard? I'm telling you, all of a sudden they make a Lobo lizard. I don't know. But a really, we have, we have one more issue. And when I read can't this. Wait. This issue. One more, Jim. <laughs> you can't wait. That's what I should have put in my blurb. I can't wait for next day. <laughs> this issue, by this point, it's silly for me to say that I was angry at it because it's what it is. But I still end up thinking of it as a huge missed opportunity. And I saw somebody, I even sent you, said I found the one person who ended up on Twitter saying, man, I, I hope that this continues. And I just want to say, like, this is one of the worst-selling books. And, and again, I bring up sales a lot, and it's true. Sometimes real quality books don't sell. Sometimes real shitty books do. Sometimes, though, it works out. Sometimes you see that the third lowest-selling book at DC is this, selling thousands and thousands less than, you know, Batman and Scooby-Doo Mysteries. Like that is this is supposed the to be hot like this. Scooby Doo mysteries. Simon loves it. I'm sure it's I great. But the thing I'm is, saying, I hear it's a lot of fun. So obviously, I would like those books. But the importance <laughs> of a book and having this, who ended up greenlighting this to be more than even four issues, eight issues for this? And Look, you, boy, you she has done not nothing. Well. It's a shame. Obviously, I personally want a better story. But you were seeing somebody on Twitter last night who. Wants this to be an ongoing, and the Crushing Logo is one of their favorite series, apparently. Yeah, well, you have that, but... It's always it only, something for somebody, it only just ship, not enough people. It ships like 16,000, and who knows how many of those are still on the shelves. Now, oh, yeah, you ain't so with old, that, man. the big problem I had, and I said this in my review, Eric, not to toot my own horn here. here. I, I don't want to do that, right? You ready for some toots, but everybody? I, I said, like we have said in the past, I don't, I'm worried. I'm worried that DC looks at Crush as a non-viable character. Oh, she's, nobody likes her. There, she's not important. No, nobody's going to go when it's not that. It's that some people jumped in and this is nothing. This is a nothingness book. And I just worry that this is it for Crush, that we'll see her in the background and stuff like that. But I thought that if you would have been able to really, really develop the character going forward, you might have been able to continue a character that me and you are both really into Love as crush. much as we know. We really want to know more about her. It's and like, so feels through like this, this idea we're not of a lot it. of these characters we got, though, I feel like when I was a kid in the 90s stuff, when we had all these next generation of heroes that were going to take over, like a Kyle Rayner, a Connor Hawk, even like a Connor Kent Superboy, all this idea, even Wally West taking on like, you know, the main role of, you know, the Flash throughout the 90s after uh, Barry died during the crisis, stuff like that. It just felt like a time for all these new heroes, even the Ray, like the Ray Terrell for the Ray book. I liked that as well during the 90s. But you had all these heroes coming out and the young kids, and I like young kid heroes. And Crush should be, you know, me as a little, like a teen, well, 
preteen kind of kid or teenage kid thinking to myself, man, I can't wait to hear learn more about Crush because it's the next generation of heroes right here. But I don't feel it because nobody's doing enough with the character. Yeah. And, and it, is, it is a shame. And Tim because, Drake, obviously, is one of those in the 90s yeah, that I loved. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see more about the character. And it just ends up where the P and, and it upsets me because the, there are people out there that, oh, what? This is bullshit 5G stuff. And you're trying to get these like some people are hateful. This character yes. sucks. Yes, they are. And this book is almost Mariko Tamaki proving their point in a way like showing like yeah there isn't much of this character and nobody really has anything to say but that's not the truth this boy what one, i want to say like stuff a, a about this character that, a book that was really good that didn't sell that it's a shame if they don't sell that you know you don't is that freedom fighters that we really really cool enjoyed but again it didn't gym. sell so it goes away so it, it did stinks it, go away? it did its own thing it well, had it its did, own run it's not continuing i'm saying this is doing its own thing and doing its own run you could have had a sequel you could have went and done a bunch of. If that book would have sold like a deceased, we would have had three minis by now. I mean, I always think it's a mini type book, but it's I think that maxi. you could have continued. Uh, but you, you're not. Gonna, sure. They're saying, but well, didn't we win be... the war at the end of that? I forget what the ending was. Yeah, now. but you still could have like, done shit, especially though at a point where we have an infinite frontier. I mean, I would have liked to have seen more, but. Well, that's the thing where, is Earth X would have been destroyed and recreated now. So fucking Uncle Sam and the rest, they're back to square one. Yeah, we, we, I'd like to see some things. But you end up where I think that this ends up like, oh, cool Crush, book. look at her. Let's see the numbers. Oh, it didn't sell. Yeah, nobody likes Well, crush. even think about how that works now if we're going to put in like, you know, Mark Russell's one star squadron in the continuity where you have the Earth X characters doing their thing over there, the Freedom Fighters, but you still have Black Condor here doing one star star squadron stuff, but it's the original Black uh it was Condor. The original. Yeah, fishing and looking sexy. Not a court yeah. escort service. Yeah, by the end of this we have one more issue to deal with in and out and then we'll, we'll just forget about this. And then down this the line will. down the line I'll see somebody like, you know what? I really like that Crushing Lobo book. Probably did you? All right. Yeah. Really, they'll just go contrarian deal, but nobody's even revealed. That's the whole thing with this, too, is that nobody's really even paying attention to it. Nobody's really reviewing it. I know I'm not. I didn't review the last issue, and I saw the aggregate score of them with me not included was way too high. So I'm like, yep, looks like I'm going to have to screw this shit up, Tamra. Right? What That's what do? I said. I don't know. I just shake my fist at her. You have to have I'm some motivation. Black. I'm good. You need motivation in life. Yeah, you don't reveal. You review one issue, you're done. I don't know. Like I said, I don't even think that our name of our site or podcast ever crossed her lips. So I think that it was a blockchain. Well, we have deal. way more followers than yeah. she does. It's okay. Well, there you go. You know, there you go, Eric. We're not colorists, but we're realistic assholes, right? <laughs> She's the colors. We're an asshole. You're an asshole. That's what she said to me. I can't be two yeah. assholes. This is a single asshole, and we share that yeah, shit. Yeah, that is true. We do. We do. We're, that's we're like Janice. They stitched us up, and we share an asshole. Oh, but no, with human all centipede. that, what would you give this? Four point five. Ah, fuck that. Four out of ten. I was going to go four point five, but I don't care to go that high because it's too close to a five that I gave Green Lantern this week. So I'm like, you know what? Four out of ten. Still think the art is great. Love that all the way through. Tamra Bombin on colors the shit out of this book, but. The story is pure garbage, and it does nothing for either character Lobo or Crush. It is pure garbage. It really is. I don't think that this is your book of the week, but what is your book of the week, Eric? That is a very good question. And for some reason, I'm usually Johnny on the spot when that happens. But I wrote mine down this week. What the hell am I? (laughs) Is my book of the week because I gave an eight out of ten to both 
Okay, it was the Dark Knights of Steel, and it was also Superman, Son of Kal-El, 2021 annual number one. Yeah, awesome. Mine was Dark Knights of Steel number two. So there's our books of the week. And with that, what do we got next week, Eric? What's what on the we docket, as we say? Docket? Yeah, it's on the docket. We're stocking. You end up where we have a bunch of books. Two of these that we mentioned will be picked by the badasses, the Get Fresh crew. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And... That is something you have to go over to the Patreon to hear our spotlight episode, and that is patreon.com slash weird science. Again, right now, if you went over, you could end up continuing this grand old fun that you're having here by hearing us talk about the world of Krypton number one. Well, not and only that, also, Joe, but well, that also gives you to access that. to the Slack. You can go in and talk to the rest of the Get Fresh crew about all the stuff going on and what nonsense and it was what and what is nonsense and not nonsense each that and every is week. True. You can. But also, we also did, what was it now? Now my train of thought is all off uh, One Star Squadron. Yes. Number one, that we actually liked parts of that a little more than we thought. And seven hour and 20 minute podcast from last week is there as well. A bunch of other shows. Now I look, we're almost at 2,200 episodes of shows on the Patreon, which seems completely insane. Like crazy At least 10 of them are good. Crazy Eddie. Erica, those to 10 with you on it, I think. We end up next Hopefully. week, a big week. We end up having Batgirls number one, the big Batgirls book. It is Conrad you can and Clonin. Wait. I can't. Yeah, yeah. Conrad and Clonin. I don't like I, the, the I, creative team, but I, I like wait. these characters and want to see. That's the thing about the book. As long as we have the book right now, the creative team can change. As long as the book keeps going, though, it has a chance it's to weird, be good. Though, books like that seem to, if you're going to change the creative team, it's because the sales aren't there and they end up just canceling it. So I, I hope that's Bad not girls. the case, but I don't really like from the art that we saw uh, in those backups. Didn't really like the art either. I think it's a little too busy for my head, Eric. But yeah, we have that. We also have uh, Batman Urban Legends number 10. That's a continuation, at least one of the stories of the Tim Drake stuff. So that'll be interesting. Oh, shit. I didn't realize also that. Other stuff. That. Yep. Black Mana number four. We got that book here. Rain is slamming against my window so hard right now. I just heard you say Tim Drake. I'm like, oh, wait, I, I blocked everything else out you said because I'm scared. We got to get going because I'm going to have to go out and make sure that there's no flooding going on in this. Cars if driving they do, by, I'm, splashing you. I'll be screwed because it costs us thousands of dollars every time this basement floods because of our heater. But we end up Black Mana number four. That goes into that Aquaman of, as well as the Aquaman, the Becoming I book. So that starts becoming easier to understand. And we also have I Am Batman number two, Teen Titans Academy number nine. We'll see if we end up having that starting to give us hints of going off to New York City. We have Teen Titans Academy number nine, probably not finding out who Red X is yet. You know how that (laughs) goes. He's right there on the cover, though. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The Joker number 10. Cool, right? They also have the Tis the Season to be freezing. You can freeze your ass somewhere else. I don't think we're going to be looking doing that, that Joker, we'll Looking at that Joker number 10, though, right on there, you have Joker playing chess, bringing well, you know, Jim Gordon out to play. But right there, it's Vengeance and Punchline looking like they're going to go up against each other. I don't know if that, that's going to be part of the book, but that's exciting. We'll see. Titans Unlimited or Titans Un- United. Yeah. Number four. Hyper time. You've been a little down on that since Black that fire. first issue, but we'll see. Wonder Girl number six trying to catch up there. So we said. Teen Titans Academy is trying to catch up as well, but Wonder Girl number six and Wonder Woman 782 as those are heading to the trial. It's like, of you know, the Amazon might actually get to the Esquisita. Yeah, they want to do the trial of the Amazon's deal. So that has to happen. But with all of that, like I said, two of those books will be a Patreon only. And there's a couple black label stuff just to point out that me and Carlos started a black label show. So we'll probably be doing that and doing Batman the Imposter 
and the uh, Robin and Batman book that we like both of those. But with all that said and done, go over to Twitter at Weird Science DC. Also go to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. And as we said over and over, go to the Patreon, Patreon.com slash Weird Science and rate, review, and subscribe wherever you can. But that is it, Eric. I see some water creeping oh, in. I'm, I'm screwed. Uh, usually I would have talked about a little bit of your trials and tribulations of your birthday week, but I think I'm going to have to go. But, Eric, what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. week. Keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you at 7. See you in 7. You have stolen my dreams. That Hansel's so hot right now.
with this tour.